participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. On this Wednesday, March 16, 2022. Hello again, everyone. I hope you're doing well. It is such a great time to be alive. A little extra buzz in the air, not only because it's springtime almost five days away, four days away, five days away. Uh, but because the UFC is returning to London this Saturday, it feels like a big event. The crowd is hyped. The fans are hyped. The fighters are hyped. In fact, it was three years ago today, the last time the UFC was in London. Of course, that was the event headlined by Jorge Marvidal against Darren Till. Big knockout win for Gamebred. Pretty much kicked off his uh, 2019 epic year. Uh, I remember being in Oklahoma City that day. I was working on a show called Hoop Streams with uh, Steven Jackson and Cassidy Hubberth, 
And this was a big deal for me. I was at a game. It was Warriors Thunder Saturday night. My first chance to really get to do some NBA stuff. And it was, you know, a late evening game. So it was kind of coinciding with the main event. Malabidad versus uh, Till. And I remember being on the court. And I'm like, holy crap. There's Clay Thompson. There's Stephen Curry. There's Russell Westbrook. And Jonas Jerebko, friend of the program, playing for the Warriors, in the layup line, comes up to me and says, did you see what happened in the main event? I said, no, I've been here. I've been doing the show. He said, Darren Till just got knocked out by Jorge Maldividad. Now, he didn't say it that way. He didn't say Jorge Maldividad. But, you know, that's what I thought. That's how I interpreted it and digested it. And uh, I'll never forget it, of course, afterwards. Three pieces. So, anyways, they're back after three years. It's a big deal. we got a lot to discuss on today's program. A lot going on. A lot of guests. A lot of questions to answer. I love Wednesday. Wednesday just has a different kind of feel than Monday. So, I hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all sitting back, relaxing, wherever you may be. On a walk, in your car, on a plane, at home running, whatever you're doing, thank you for choosing us. Thank you for your support. Now, we also appreciate uh, DraftKings support. This show, as always, is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, they are the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, but the MMAR as well. And I think that's even more significant. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code VMMAR for a special offer when you sign up again. That's code VMMAR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. GC will stop by later in the program, give us his uh, picks for the weekend. Also tell us about our uh, March Madness pool over there. So there's a lot going on with our good friends over at DraftKings. Please support them because they support us. Back into the show around 4 o'clock. I'll answer your questions. Arielhawani.substack.com is where you can leave them. There's already a ton. I will hope to get to as many as possible. I was uh, perusing ever so briefly before the show, some good ones there. So everyone loves On the Nose, everyone's favorite segment of the week, of course. Uh, Stay tuned for that. 3.30, no, sorry, 3.40 or so will be joined by GC to get his picks. So stay tuned. He's on a, I mean, he's on a roll. He's on fire. I'm not on fire. He is on fire. So stay tuned for that. We'll get his picks for the weekend. Uh, At 3.20, we'll be joined by El Matador, Ilya Taporia, who faces... Jai Herbert this weekend, but no one's really talking about that, at least as of right now. They're talking about the incident that happened yesterday at the host hotel between Ilya and Patty the Batty Pimblet. Uh, they got into a bit of a, a fracas, if you will, a kerfuffle, if you will. Punches thrown, words said, exchanged, sanitizers thrown as well, uh, thrown as well. So uh, it was a bit of a scene. They've been going back and forth on social media for the last couple months. It finally came to a head. I don't think anything of note happened really, but you know, we'll talk to him. He was fired up. He was fired up. Patty responded today at the media day. We'll get into all that with Ilya, who competes this weekend. Three o'clock, we'll be joined by Kevin Holland, a.k.a. Batman, a.k.a. Superman, a.k.a. Iron Man, a.k.a. The Incredible Hulk. This guy, every couple months, is uh, stopping crimes from happening. Remember back in October, he took down a car thief? Well, on Monday night, he's at a sushi restaurant in Houston with two buddies, and a gunman walks into the restaurant and just starts shooting. Kevin Holland, yes, Kevin Holland of the UFC, who just defeated Alex Oliveira, helps take down the gunman, helps subdue him, helps take his gun away until the cops show up and arrest the guy. No one got hurt. 40 to 50 people, according to reports in the restaurant, 
Kevin Holland, who has a lot to live for, who's a trained fighter, is out there just stopping people left and right. What a legend. We'll talk to him about that at 3 o'clock. 2.30, we'll talk to Demetrius Johnson. He, of course, is competing next weekend um, on that 1X card, the 10th anniversary show. It's a tremendous card. He's going up against Rotang in that mixed rules fight. Remember? Muay Thai MMA, Muay Thai MMA. Uh, So it's finally happening. DJ, one of the greatest fighters of all time, Mighty Mouse, will be joining us. All hail the greatest flyweight of all time. Three o'clock, we'll talk to another legend, Matt Brown, the immortal. He's also fighting next weekend in his home state of Ohio against Brian Barberina, approaching the end of his career. It's amazing how long he's been doing this for. Um, One of the good guys in the game, and he's getting an opportunity to fight at home in the first fight night in America to happen since February of 2020. So this is a big deal. It's happening in Columbus. That's the one headlined by uh, Chris Dacus versus Curtis Blades. 130, one of our favorites in the game, Molly McCann, Meatball Molly. She'll join us. She's fighting this weekend. Of course, she's one of the big stars fighting on the London card. She's the pride of Liverpool. She's my fellow Evertonian. She's going up against Luana Carolina. And uh, I believe she's making history. First British woman to fight on the main card of a UK card ever. That's what I'm being told. So Meatball Molly deserves that distinction. As you guys know, March 19th is a big day. Saturday is a big day. UFC's return to the O2 Arena in London. There's also KSW. I mean, there's a lot of MMA going on. There's PFL. There's, uh, like I said, KSW. There's all kinds of things going on. But we here at MMA Fighting, while we acknowledge all of those big events, while we think they're all worthy of our time, our coverage, our consideration, we're actually not most excited for those events. Not even UFC London is at the very top of our leaderboard. The event that we are most excited about is going down at the same time as UFC London at around 3 o'clock. It's Celtic Gladiator 31 going down in Commerce, California at the Commerce Casino. Everyone knows about the Commerce Casino. It is world-renowned Celtic Gladiator 31. That's this Saturday, March 19th, and the people's main event, the most anticipated fight on the card, is a battle between two undefeated fighters, uh, Fritz Fraudendorf, Freudendorf, I might have screwed that up, going up against a very familiar name and face, a pillar of MMAfighting.com. There's the poster right over there. You've probably seen it by now all over the internet. It is a massive, massive deal. It's the battle of the unbeatens. Someone's O has got to go. It's Frauendorf versus Leiden. E. Casey Leiden, a.k.a. Eugene Casey Leiden, a.k.a. the head videographer slash editor at MMA Fighting, dating back to 2009 when we were known as AOL Fan House, our good friend, E. Casey Lydon making his MMA debut after weeks and months of training this Saturday at Celtic Gladiator 31. And if you're fighting on a weekend and we're doing a show called the MMA Hour, it's a rite of passage, if you ask me, to come on the show before the big fight. We had to have our good pal E. Casey Lydon on the program before his highly anticipated mixed martial arts debut. And so without further ado, for the very first time, I do believe, let us go to the Zoom machine and there he is, Mr. Casey. Hey, there you go. How are you, sir? This is amazing. 
Oh my god, this is uh, this is um this, this, um this is that intro. I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm more nervous. I'm more nervous right now than I think. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm more nervous now than I will be on Saturday. That's absurd. That was um yeah. <laughs> I don't believe I, that I, was just, I was waiting. I was just like, my heart was like, just see my name. I'm going to start I know, this. And my I heart you got to like, build it up. Dun, dun, dun. You got to build know. it up. Good job. Good job. Did I butcher good, your good opponent's job. name? You know him, right? He's kind of like a friend of yours. Oh, uh, he's not, he's not a friend, but um, we have, we do, we have trained together throughout the entire um, uh, program that I guess we'll talk about that later. Yeah, the, yeah. the Winter Warrior program. And um, he was one of the uh, other 19 guys in the class. And, um, so we've, um, we know each other, but, uh, once, once they paired us up together about halfway through, we, we knew we we're going to fight. Then I think we kind of, um, we were just, you know, we were polite. Sure. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. which is, you know, cordial, respectful, classy. Cordial, yeah. I want to go all the way back. Let's go all the yeah. way back here. We need to build up to this. Your introduction to the world of mixed martial arts, I do believe was back in 2006, when you were hired to work on a project for a promotion that eventually became known as Elite XC. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, I was living in LA. Um, I was just a, I was an editor and a documentarian and um, a producer from Jimmy Kim, uh, the executive producer from Jimmy Kimmel Live was working on a little side business that would eventually be proleak.com. And essentially I was at the Jimmy Kimmel offices and they're like, hey, Casey, uh, are you are you busy right now? I'm like, no. And it's like, uh, here's $500 and a bunch of uh, Jungle Fight DVDs. Can you rip these and make a highlight a highlight sales reel? And um, that was the eventual sales reel, the sizzle reel that they um, used to um, get money for ProLeak.com uh, or ProLeak. And then ProLeak eventually became Elite XC. And I eventually came on as an editor and worked on promos and um, video videos for Elite XC. And um, that was kind of my um, introduction to uh, the world of mixed martial arts. And that's where I met you. Yes. Uh, but you did work on a project that has never seen the light of day, which I think is one of the all-time oh, great things. You. Did you lose me? Because I hear you. Oh, why did my sound go out? Not now. <laughs> I, I hear you just fine. Oh no! Oh, turn, turn that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it went to the phone. You hear me now? Oh, hello. Oh, there you go. I hear you now. What Sorry. an amateur this guy! Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Um, that, that was actually Esther Lynn's fault. That was I know. Esther I saw Lynn's someone fault. over there. I don't know. You have a whole like video crew following you now. That's how yeah. big of a big shot you are. Jeez. Yeah, Louise. it was Esther Lynn's fault. Yeah. Esther, of course. So, legend, uh, all elbows. Um, so I have to. Oh, here's uh, A.K. Lee. Everyone writing me here. Okay, so you <laughs> shot on. You shot a project. Um, in that so the original, period, yeah, the original that never saw the light of day, which I think still would be like a piece of MMA gold. You followed the great Jared Shaw, A.K. Scala. You know what bumps me out? I feel like most fans don't even know who Jared Shaw is right now. That's a shame. Isn't that Scala, a shame? Schooling the streets. Yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. So I was hired. Yeah, I did a a pilot, and we called it Son of Shaw. It was um, it was. It was basically to kind of sell uh, Jared Shaw, a.k.a. Scala, the son of Gary Shaw, the head promoter of Elite XC. And he was going to be the next kind of the new Don King, the new, right. the young Dana White. Yes. And uh, I just followed him around. And um, yeah, uh, it was weird. <laughs> uh, it and, was weird. And I believe the first, I, I'll never forget this. Uh, I believe the first UFC pay-per-view that you ordered was UFC 69 when Matt Sarah knocked out GSP, correct? Yes. And... Um, 
And my big takeaway from that was like, everyone talks now like, oh, that was like the biggest upset ever. But I remember watching that and going, I don't know, G- Matt Sarah looks pretty tough. His arms are big. I didn't think it was upset at all. Right. Like it wasn't until like years, like it's like years, like I didn't follow it where it was strictly a job. Right. This was just a job. It paid the bills. And I was like, cool, cage fighting. This seems crazy. And um, yeah, it was just, it was simply a job. For the longest time, it was really just a job. So 2006, 2007, I start to travel to events, 2007, 2008. I'm going to Elite XC, Strike Force, Affliction, et cetera. And I would see you at these Elite XC events because you were working for the promotion in the back. Mm-hmm. 2007, 2008, 2009, uh, you part ways with Elite XC. And I tell the head of AOL Fanhouse, who I'm working for at the time, because when I was going to events, I, every time I would go to a different location, I would uh, have to hire a local videographer via Craigslist. So if I'm in Stockton, I have to peruse <laughs> Stockton videographers on Craigslist to find someone. I got some okay ones, some total lemons, and I was tired of doing that. So 2009, I make the pitch to Brian, Brian Tucker, who's still with MMA Fighting, the leader over there. Uh, can we hire Casey, who's no longer working for Elite XC, to be the guy so that we don't have to f- you know, find a new person every time we go to these events? The first event that we worked on was, do you remember? UFC 104. UFC 104 in Los Angeles. We waited in for Los Dana Angeles. White at the mall over yep. there. The mall. Uh, yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> I remember him. And so basically from October to 2000, of 2009 till uh, June of 2018 when I left, we went all over the world together. And you were the only guy to shoot any of the stuff. All the walk and talks. I tell people this. I was just talking about the uh, Bisping walk and talk where it was just you and, Kay, uh, you and Esther walking backwards mm-hmm. uh Eddie Alvarez in, in <laughs> Philly, uh, Rampage in Japan. You Rampage shot, Japan. yes, you shot all of those. Connor in Dublin. Connor, Connor in, in Dublin. Dublin, of course. Yes, you shot yeah. all of those. So I want to give people context as to, you know, because they may not know. You did all of that on your own, edited yeah. them up, would, 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 would like turn it around in hours. No audio person, no lighting person, nothing. Like we're going to DC's room. We're going to John Jones's room before these big fights. You, okay, so this is great. You're doing that. This is your job. <laughs> when does it become... I'm shooting stuff, I'm in MMA media, to I want to start training and getting active in this, and then I'm starting to think about actually competing. Um, it, it, actually, it's really uh, Greg Jackson. I met Greg Jackson, and, and he was like the first kind of uh, person in the sport I met as an, on the fighter kind of coaching air, uh, part of it, where I was like, oh, this is – there's there's more to this than just you know you know bad tattoos and you no know, bright you no know, crazy shirts you know that's that's what the, it was like I can't I can't say it stayed enough like for the first like I don't know six years or whatever or whatever it was just a job but I met Greg and um, he just kind of I know we just got along we hit it off well and he just kind of I just he I I realized there's more to the sport I, I realized these are actual people. And then once I realized these are people and like, oh, this, these are like dreams and they try so hard and there's so, there, there's so much sacrifice that come, goes into this. And, um, and I think uh, maybe once I, met, once I met Greg, then I was introduced to like Brandon Gibson, you know, Gibson was like, you want to hit some pads? I'm like, okay, you know, so we'll, we'll go to like the workout rooms and he'll hold pads for me and I was, you know, I'll try it out. And um, yeah, and that's kind of how I kind of learned to uh, just, I um, kind of, I, I wanted to do more. And then just as a professional who took, just taking pride in my work, like um, 
like be um i would do a lot of backstage videos no not, not with you but like say i'll be like with uh, lima mcfarland i'll go backstage i'll follow her and i and there was like just a bit of a disconnect i felt between me being behind the camera and what they're going through and i felt training what i would just know more and understand more and essentially the next logical step was just like freak it i mean that's 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 fight <laughs> and so, that's pretty much how i got there and so you do this through this program that you just mentioned wimp warrior yeah. which is no longer called wimp warrior right it's now called alta yeah yeah they 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 currently rebranded it it's called alta now so if i if i go if i say alter or wimp to war it's the same thing yeah but yeah so and, that, that and that was with um well the guy that runs the i guess the american part of it um is rich chow yeah rich chow uh, former Bellator matchmaker, former Strikeforce matchmaker, and also former Elite XC uh, matchmaker. And that's how I met Rich Chow way back then. And we've always kind of stayed in touch. We were, we always, you know, we we're always friends. And so essentially, this only happened because pandemic happened too. It's, that's important to note because, you know, like you said, we traveled all the time, man. Like it was just ridiculous. But once pandemic happened, like, like kind of all our lives changed. So I was just at home. So I actually had a lot of time to train. And that was when uh, Rich called me about six months ago and just kind of pitched this idea. And I was like, yeah, I don't have anything better to do. And that, that was like, and really, I, was, I just felt like I just didn't want to miss the opportunity. He gave me an opportunity. I just didn't want to pass up on it because I felt well, I'm really going to regret this if I pass up on because I really had no excuse to not do this. So, uh, yeah, Rich gave me the opportunity and I did it. And since I'm not traveling to all these people, I'm not like before pandemic, you and me would be in London right now, pretty much. <laughs> but we're not. We're, we're at home. We're working. We're doing this stuff. And it made it just it, the, it made it a possibility. So I just um, did it. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 44. 44. I think that's important because I think some people would be afraid mm -hmm. if they're in their 40s to do something like this. Um, up until this point, how long have you been training? I've been training about, I would say about four years, but it was nothing consistent. It was like, I'll go to a couple like, Muay Thai classes down the street at a local gym. Um, and, but, but then you know, I'll do it for a couple of days, but then I'm on the road for two weeks right. and everything. And it wasn't really, it, it wasn't until I just got stuck at home that, you know, I just started like, all right, I'm just going to do this for real, for real. And um, yeah. And be, I don't know like, if you remember, like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say I was like a, you know, big dude or anything, but like I was over 200 pounds right? and now I'm under 170. Wow. You yeah. Know? I was going to ask so, you when you started, how much did you weigh? I, I, I topped out about 210. 210. And, and now 210, like yeah. today, how much do you weigh? Uh, uh, but 168, 169. Yeah. And, and the fight, the weight class on, on Saturday? The weight class actually would be uh, it's technically is a middleweight fight, but um, because um, it's an amateur fight, uh, our coaches didn't want us to really cut weight. So both both, both of us are kind of have a gentleman's agreement. We're gonna come we're gonna come in. He's gonna come in around uh, under one eighty. I'll be around one seventy one. I actually have to gain a little bit of weight. Okay. Um, so and, it, and yeah. When did you find out about this date? Like, how long has this date, this opponent, been on your mind? Uh, we found out about this day probably about two months ago. So we, we, we the, the whole time we knew we were going to fight the end, but they didn't tell us kind of, they want us to go through about 10 weeks of the program, about halfway through the program before they kind of uh, matched us up. 
And then about halfway through, two thirds through, they um, they asked everyone in the class, uh, you know, kind of privately, who do you want to fight? You know, do you want to fight? You don't have to fight if you're in the right. league, but who do you want to fight? And um, I actually picked him because um, uh, he's he was, I thought he was the toughest dude. Um, he's, he's, he's only 23. I think he's only 23. Wow. Um, we've, we've sparred a lot. Um, he's faster. I think, uh, he's a little longer than me. He's taller. Um, and, um, I was like, okay, um, this will be a tough fight. And, uh, you know, and I felt I needed that motivation, um, to really you know to do this. And, um, it turns out, it turns out fear of getting your butt kicked is really for me, the best motivator to make myself a better, uh, mixed martial artist. Yeah. Like having that date, having that opponent in your mind. Now you're like, okay, it's, it's January 19th. It's February. Is there a lot of anxiety? Are you nervous? Are you, are you dreading it? How would you describe the emotions as you are approaching that date? It goes, man, it's a road. It's a roller coaster. It really is. Um, I can't like. I have a hard time sleeping at night because you know you're just you're just visualizing. I'm not even trying to visualize. I'm not even trying to visualize it, but like I just can't get it out of my head. I'm go, I'm going through best case scenario, worst case scenario. Oh, go out there, take him down, sub him in like thirty seconds. Oh, I go out there, he does a flying you know a flying switch kick and knocks my knocks me out. You know, I'm I I kind of I go back and forth all the time. So it's. It's, it's a lot of anxiety. It's a lot of fun. Um, most, I, I always just go mostly anxiety <laughs> and, and, um, it's, yeah, it's all over the place. Um, but it's, it's even more than that. Like now that the fight's coming up, like there's a lot of things I just didn't realize are such a big pain in the butt. Like we have to go, this is actually a, a commissioned fight. So we go through camo. So I have to do a lot of licensing. If I had, I've had to see, you know, I did, I did a cardiologist, I had to do EKG, I had to run on a treadmill. Wow. I had to do all that blood test, you know, uh, just, you know, do my physicals, you know, just, just dealing with all the kind of bureaucracy of mm -hmm. fighting too was something I wasn't expecting. And, um, that's been kind of a, a new thing. And, um, and doing this just, I, this is the first time I've ever talked about myself. This is it's weird talking about myself for this long. It's just odd. Like, you know, I'm on like podcasts and yeah. stuff. I'm talking about other people. I'm talking about, you know, fights and stuff. Right. Like, this is just talking about me. So everything just feels weird. And so it's just a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very unique experience. Uh, I, I, I love the experience. I, I love that. I, I love that I'm going to have this story to tell, but um, in the process of getting to, the process of creating that story, it's a, it's a ride. Like I, I, I really have just, New emotions, honestly. Yeah. Uh, are you in your mind thinking this is a one and done, or do you think you'll do it again? Obviously, tough question to ask before, but in your mind, what are you feeling? <laughs> in my mind, I want to do it three times. Oh, damn! Yeah, okay. so it's, yeah, in my in my, but I, but we'll, but everything really. I'll see how I feel Sunday, right? Because um, and, and a lot of it has to do with um Esther, my wife, um, all elbows. Um, it's just because I. I, I, so many, well, I, one of the coolest parts about this is actually going through this process. I hear, you know, we hear so many interviews with fighters and they say certain things, you know, whatever. And I, a lot of times we hear, you know, this isn't a, this is a team sport. It's not an individual sport, mm -hmm. but like we get that. But now I, I understand it because there is zero, I don't want to say zero chance. I couldn't done this by myself, but like, it would just been much more miserable to this, to do this by myself, to, um, 
not have Esther kind of help me with my meals, do the, oops, sorry, do the grocery shopping, um, just wash all my dirty laundry. I have, I have so much dirty laundry. I have so many wet rash guards. It's, 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 it's incredible. And, um, and, just, and even my coaches um, just taking time out of their day to support me and help me. And uh, these are things that, uh, that if I do it again, like Esther is part of that journey too. Like as much as, I'm fighting and doing all this. She's going through the same type of um, just anxiety and work too, because to take care of me, to make sure, you know, I'm going to show up fight day the best I can be. Yeah. So it's, um, I want, I want to do it two more times. Um, we'll see though. We'll see. Who's your corner. Um, I, uh, actually my corner, this is kind of unique too. Um, actually I'm not using the women to warrior coaches, um, using my coaches that I originally started uh, training mixed martial arts with. So um, I actually, uh, my garage is right here. And in my garage, I converted it into a dojo. And just right before I came out here, we were, uh, my coach came over with one of my training partners and we were you know, just working on takedowns on the wall. So um, he will be coach. He will be uh, cornering me along with um, one of my training partners. I thought maybe like Greg would come. I mean, you could have an all star. No, you no. could have Patrick Cummins, ne- Angela next fight. Hill. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> next uh, fight. Next fight. I mean, but like, like I said, I, I owe so I owe so much to my yeah, coach. Of course, of um, course. I, yeah, I just I, I he has he has to be in my corner. He's been there. He's been with me so long. And um, yeah. <laughs> and for those that don't know, this is an amateur fight. So what are you wearing and what are the rules? Like, is it the same amount of rounds, same length? And you're wearing, be, you're wearing rash guard, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have us wear rash guards. Um, uh, we, we have thin shin pads. They're not like sparring shin pads are pretty thin, but um, we, we will be wearing, you've seen like amateur fights. Yeah, yeah. They just have the shin pads and regular MMA gloves. But uh, and it's gonna be. I thought it was gonna be three threes. Actually, it's three two minute rounds. So uh, so two minute rounds are a freaking sprint. Yeah. So uh, I've been. Yeah. So it's that kind of the, the two minute. I, I wish it was a longer round actually because I feel I'm more of a a cardio as a weapon type fighter. So with two minutes, it's just like there's just no stalling. You just go 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 go. And that's what we've been training for the last like three weeks. It's just like six minutes of you no know, basically six minutes of hell you know so uh that's yeah three two minute rounds what's your walkout song i don't i'm not sure yet oh, okay All right. i don't know I, I, I don't see that's the thing because i've never done this before yeah, yeah, i yeah. don't know do i want a happy song because I, I like everything you know a happy song do i want like a real mean song i i think i'm gonna go with like a girl like mean right you know a lot of yelly stuff i think i think i'm gonna go over, i think i'm gonna go something heavy but um, I don't know. Like sometimes I want to walk out to like some um, like Robin or Carly Rae Jespin too. I don't know. But um, I'm, yeah. <laughs> but the, the walkout song, you know, it, it's so funny too. Like I thought the walkout song would be like my walkout would be like kind of this big moment. But like it's almost an afterthought right now because yeah. I'm not worried about that. I just like I just want to get in there and hear the bell. But like like before this whole thing, like I'm like ooh, what's like I, I was excited to think about walkout song. But now I'm just like. Ah, let's just play it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, can it's we weird. watch it? Yeah. Will it be streamed? Yes, it will be streamed. I don't know the link yet. Uh, apparently, they're still working out a broadcast deal. Like, may I can't. I mean, I don't want to say the names. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, may, I might be given information, but um, I will be. It will be streamed either on some platform. Um, okay. So I'll be sharing it. Uh, we're supposed to find out like tomorrow or Friday. Okay. I mean. 
MMA fighting YouTube would be a nice little platform. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would be or, nice. or, or you can you can contact me and buy a seat, buy oh, a ticket, okay. and yeah, there you go. Show we have up. your uh, Instagram right over there, so people can show yeah. up. Um, yeah, I found a picture of us from 2011 <laughs> in Pittsburgh. This is the only one of us on Getty. Do we have that picture here? This is us interviewing John Howard. I don't think you can see it because you could probably just see no. me, but uh, the audience can see it. This is us in uh, Pittsburgh, June of 2011, uh, the infamous event where Nate Marquardt got pulled like a day before, if you recall. Uh, I was yeah. working for NBC <laughs> Sports in addition to AOL. And like, I mean, you look... Very young. I look very young. John Howard looks the same, but it's just amazing. That was 11 years ago. Uh, silly thing to say, but I am proud of you, my friend. This is an amazing thing. Thank you, man. I am looking forward to this more than I am, you know, Patty, Aspinall, <laughs> Hooker, Molly, all that. Uh, it's It makes me even a little emotional just thinking like how far you've come from when I first met you. You didn't even really care for MMA. Now you're a freaking MMA no. fighter with his own tapology and sure dog page for freaking sakes. And you're going to do this more than once. And you're going to go out there and you're going to win via knockout in the first round. Connor has already made the pick on tapology. We're all behind you. And on Monday, you come back on the show and you let everyone know that you made the walk. You made it happen. You got that W. You're now 1-0. and The other dude is 0-1. And we're moving on to 2-0, and baby. Good luck to you, my friend. Can't wait. Awesome, man. Godspeed. <laughs> Thanks, Casey. Thank you, Ariel. Yes. <laughs> Let it rip, baby. There he is, Casey Lydon, our longtime friend and videographer, going out there to uh, make his dreams come true. Go to trainalta.com if you want to sign up for the program that he just uh, went through. Wimp to Warrior uh, is the name that it was once known as. It's now known as Alta, trainalta.com. Great people. Rich is one of the all-time best. Uh, DC has a program uh, that he runs in uh, in association with them in Gilroy. Laura Sanko, I know, is involved. My good friend Zach Rosenfield is involved as well. It's a, it's a really amazing thing, even if you don't want to become a fighter and make that walk like Casey. Uh, it's an amazing thing to help you get in the best shape of your life mentally and physically, but I am so uh, pumped for this, and I am very, very, very proud of Casey. Casey and Esther, I mean, we traveled the world together, literally from Abu Dhabi to Australia. Every single one of those videos that you've ever seen, uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 100.
and 68 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources are seen in that MMA fighting era from, you know, 09 to 18, were all of them. It was him and Esther. That was it. There was no one else. No one else shot that. Think about that for a second. No one else shot those. We had no audio. We had no lighting. That's it. That was the dream team. Um, and, you know, dare I say our coverage was better than anyone. It's funny. He, he always used to joke that he never watched MAR. Now he's a guest on the MAR. As a freaking fighter, it's just an amazing thing. Life is an amazing journey. And uh, it's just so damn cool to be a part of these things, to watch these things, to, uh, to see your friends go out there and try to conquer these dreams. These are bucket list type things, right? These are um, things that most people, you know, normal people, mere mortals like uh, you and I, we don't, I don't have the DNA to do what he just did, to go, you know, 10 weeks and uh, train, four years and train, make that walk, fight another human. I, I don't possess that kind of courage. Uh, he clearly does, and that's pretty damn amazing. That's pretty damn cool. So Celtic Gladiator 31 in Commerce, California, this uh, Saturday at the Commerce Casino. It's up there on the Tapology page. It's E. Casey Leiden against Fritz Frauendorf. Frauendorf. I hope I'm pronouncing... I'm not, I'm not butchering the name on purpose, but I will say for the first time, I am biased. Okay? I am biased in this one. Can I be biased in this one? I am biased. I am rooting uh, for Casey in this one. Let's go. 1-0. and I mean, honestly, if we're being, I mean, if we're, if we're keeping it real, might have to, you know, immortalize him for this. I mean, it's a pretty damn big deal right here. You know, it's a pretty damn big deal. All right, so that's Saturday, of course. Uh, the vast majority of you didn't know about this. You know about the London card. It's a big deal. Three years to the date of their last event. They returned finally. The long national nightmare is over. The UFC is finally back. And one of the big fights on the card involves one of our favorites, in the sport of MMA. Let's go, Meatball. Meatball Molly going up against Luana Carolina. She is kind enough after a very long media day to join us on the program. Let's say hello to the one and only Meatball Molly McCann. There she is. Let's go. Yo. Molly, Molly, Molly. Hang on, hang on. Yes. yes wow, same one. How about that? That is amazing. I love it. Hello. How are you, hello. Molly? How are we, lads? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm I'm fabulous, lads. I'm absolutely living my best life, to be honest with you, mate. It looks like you're buzzing right now. It looks like you have a glow to you. You seem like you're on cloud nine. I just feel at peace and content. And I've just, I finally got to that place again where I'm excited to fight and I don't fear the walk or the the occasion. It's, I'm home. This is... Well, London's not home, but we're in England, so it's very, very nice to be able to to be able to say that and not have to travel to America or to fight Ireland. Not that I don't like fighting in those places, but it makes the preparation a lot a lot easier. Is this the first time that you don't feel those nerves, that fear before a fight on the Wednesday before a fight? Um, I haven't. Don't get me wrong. Like the whole camp, I always battle with my feelings towards a fight always but after the last fight when I was with Patrick 
it just felt like it we was back at home and then this time feels the same but but less I just feel like I've arrived I'm meant to be here and it doesn't feel as scary anymore it feels I'm supposed to be here I feel like I'm a part of the furniture now Ariel I love it you have a you have a different kind of confidence to you right like that that I guess what you are explaining is confidence like you feel like you belong you don't doubt yourself you don't doubt your place and that comes I guess with time yeah, it, I've had to explain this quite a few times today, but oh, I'm sorry. you're right, it probably comes with it. No, no, I just, as in, if the read or the, the viewers have, have heard me say it today, is um, this is my eighth fight in the UFC. And sometimes you just have to like remember who you are in everyday life also. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you might get that little bit of imposter syndrome. And I think it's important to... I just have to sit back and look at all the training sessions I've done, how hard I've worked, and then think, why do I worry about getting in there? Because I'm just going to do what I'm the best at. So the hard work's been done, and I'm, I'm just enjoying every single bit of fight week. Like, Ariel, I've literally got about three pounds left to cut. Wow. I'm eating. Um, maybe because there's no weight pressure or maybe because family's here for the first time in, in three years. Um, I don't know. I'm just at home. I, I, I've shared the cards with nine of the fighters on this fight card before, from Cage Warriors all the way up to the UFC. And it's oh, what a privilege. What I, How lucky am I to be able to be doing this with the people who I've kind of grew up fighting around from amateur to professional. And not only that, I do believe uh, you'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong. First uh, British woman to fight on the main card of one of these UK cards in the history of the UFC. Is that correct? Not even British, just first female. First female? Really? Uh, on, a, on a London card, yeah. Wow. That's a mm -hmm. big freaking deal, Molly. Well, that's what they say, yeah. But <laughs> um, to me, it's, a, it's an honor. Like, don't get me wrong, but I'm just trying to not think about that, really. I just, I'm fighting in the UFC, and I'm, I'm fighting for my place to get closer to, to Shevchenko. And um, whether I'm first on or I'm last on, I'm, I'm still doing what I love. Wow. Well, I mean, that is a huge uh, distinction, a huge honor. You deserve it. Um, can I ask you, Molly, like, it feels to me, and I don't know if you view it this way as well, um, it feels significant, symbolic in a way, because, you know, everything stopped two years ago, right before this event. Mm -hmm. And so the fact, like, I mm -hmm. don't know, it's like almost like the, the clouds are opening up just by virtue of the fact that this event is happening. Do you feel <clears throat> the same way? Yeah, there's a mad feeling of alignment within the universe. And some people might shake their heads and go, what? But three years ago today, yep. literally probably in about two hours time, I won my first fight within the UFC. Wow. Um, in UFC London with the big eye. Yep. And I remember them them videos I was sending to you and those conversations that we got to have. And um, I just think of the journey that I've been on since that moment. And it's just, it's just, it's the O2, it's London, it's full. We're finally getting the Patrick Pimblett walkout that the, the UK, that fans have been waiting for for all these years. 
I'm here. We're all here. It's just, I just can't believe it. I'm just, I'm really, I'm not being overzealous, Ariel. I'm not being arrogant. I'm not being cocky. I'm not even being overconfident. I'm just here enjoying my time, knowing how hard I've worked for this moment and how much I'm just going to enjoy this moment. I've never had such clarity before. And I think it comes down to the experience, the time saved within the octagon and being at peace with myself a little bit and and at peace with the fact of I'm I'm very comfortable with fight IQ and fight awareness and and what I know I can bring when I have 18,000 people screaming meatball. What do you remember most from that first win three years ago today? Is there something that sticks out when you immediately start thinking about it? <laughs> that, is- that eye yeah. and the famous picture where yeah. I was flipping the beard. Um, I'll just never forget 29, 28, Meatball Molly and... Um, Dan Hardy coming in and saying, well, uh, it's a little known fact for you kind of thing, the first English woman to win in, inside the octagon. And I just remember saying, how about that? And um, and the many vodkas that I washed <laughs> down the pain of the broken orbital with, that's that's what I, I remember lying in bed, Ariel, like literally it was, it was on this floor, one of the rooms, and I couldn't move because the eye... I just remember thinking, I don't even care if I lose the eye, I've done it. No one can ever get this, what I've just won. um, A lot of elation, and I can't believe how different, like how settled I am now to how I literally felt on that night. You know, like that whole time I was just like this. And I don't know, I feel like I've graduated and and I'm at the school of UFC and I'm one of the, I'm on the the honour roll. Same hotel? Same hotel. Wow, that is wild. Um, I, I heard you uh, yeah. say, or I should I should say I read you uh, say to someone, one of the local papers, that for the first time, perhaps, like you don't have to worry about finances, you're comfortable financially as well. Is that accurate? And does that take In, a lot off? Uh, off? Yeah, I mean, this time, I three years ago, I was fighting for 10 and 10. And when you pay tax and pay everyone out, there's not a lot there. So you still have to worry about sponsorship and things. And Ariel, I'm like, I'm not balling at all by any means, but like I'm settled in the fact that the bonus from the last fight is carry, will carry me through this year to this fight. So I don't have to worry about oh, what happens if I lose and then I haven't got that money. And these are kinds of things maybe fighters uh, sorry, fans would never would never think because you see us on the TV and you see us very active and about and we're everywhere and you think they must be rolling in it or caked in it and and you know you know that's not the, the truth and that's why you try and do a really good job for us to always tell our story and share our story. So um, the the UFC were very complimentary with the the contract I was given um, and I know. If I get a few more finishes or if I finally get this first finish in the UFC this weekend, I can imagine the next contract will be will be a nice lucrative one. And I'm just really happy. I, the company treats me very well and respects me and gives me a really good platform to be me. 
I feel like they always put you in there with these like tough Brazilians who aren't exactly household <laughs> names. What is up with that? Why do they keep doing this yeah. to you? I know your last fight wasn't against a Brazilian, but I just hey. feel like you have fought this type of fighter several times already. Yeah, well, this is Brazilian number eight. Oh, and, um, <laughs> yeah, and say this is my 16th professional bout on Saturday. This is number eight of Brazilian. And I love Brazil. I love the Brazilians. I love the, the heart, the spirit, the the character, the intensity that they bring when they fight. And it somewhat echoes my own. And, um, and we have a good fight. And that's ultimately what they want to see. Um, two women or, or two fighters just, just leaving everything we have in the cage. And I like to be matched. Um, I want someone who, who's going to push me and make me dig more than what I thought that I could go. So when I think about like, how would I be like to, how would I like to be remembered? It would be um, that she gave everything that she could and then she still found more. And I feel as if when a fighter Brazilian, they're like Scousers, they're like Irish, they're like Mexicans. Like There's just an inner warrior spirit there that's very hard to break and a very honest kind of style of fighting. And I very much like them. Uh, earlier this week, uh, my friends over at BT Sport uh, premiered a documentary on you. Um, they've been following you, I believe, for four years. Um, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very personal. It, it, it tells your journey as not only a fighter, but as a human being as well. Obviously, you're an inspiration to so many. Uh, you are a proud lesbian. You are, you are a role model. Uh, a lot of people look up to you and you give them courage. Could you have ever imagined maybe, I don't know, six, seven years ago, being that open with who you are? With you know, on tele- in a documentary on a broadcast like that, like c- is that unfathomable to you know Molly of six years ago to put your whole life out there like this? Yeah, I think I always imagined Ariel when I was a little girl walking around the docks in Liverpool. I always used to say to me granddad, "When I'm big and famous, granddad, I'm going to live on them docks and I'm going to be a world champion and I'm going to do this, that, and other." And all these things always come to fruition and. I always thought I'd have like an autobiography or a, a film, a documentary made on me. I always did because I knew where I'd come from. Did I think the being true to myself and my sexuality would be a part of it and play a massive part? Probably not. Um, was it something I was very... Um, not worried because... The trolling and the homophobia stuff doesn't faze me because you're only saying what I am. So that doesn't really hurt me now that I'm okay with who I am. But it was a bit of a, it did blow my mind. And I haven't watched it. There's a premiere tomorrow in the BT um, Tower. And I'm going to sit down with a couple of hundred guests and watch it with my mum. And I'm really taking it in. And I think that's when it's probably going to hit me a little bit more. Pardon me, the magnitude of of my life and the things that I've been through and see how that can inspire people and push things forward and push people forward and maybe help people come out and stuff. But I never want it to always be Molly talking about LGBTQ plus stuff because it's always, I feel like, the media will always push that narrative because probably people don't speak enough 
And I don't want people to switch off and go, oh, she's talking about that again. But if you watch this documentary, you'll just understand why it was very, very hard. Um, in the documentary, I think I go on to say, like, when I was a child and growing up, um, gay, lesbian, like derogatory words um, to call it a gay woman was always used in a really negative way. So I would never even want to associate with that because I would just be annihilated and ridiculed and you ran away from that due to the culture and religion, where you were born and and an older society um, and an older mindset. And we're we're in a position, and and I really think it went back to the Black Lives Matter movement when people started standing up and started questioning and started educating and I thought, well, maybe I can help with that or maybe I can start doing that and I just had to be a bit more vocal about it myself. And you will see, like, I do break down because I say in it, like, do you think it's comfortable for me to walk around the street holding my girlfriend's hand sometimes when you'll get people say homophobic slays or remarks or, or look at you sometimes? And sometimes I forget. Like sometimes I'm so lost in it and I come from an acceptance city where it's fine most of the time and then you can go away to a different country or culture and you have to remember that's not always the done thing and that's not accepted in them religions and and then it makes you feel a bit, it makes you feel, I don't want to swear, it makes you feel a bit unworthy and a bit bad and, and we're in an age where that shouldn't be the case. Do you know what I mean? Like, without trying to get too deep and for people to switch off and be like, oh, shut up. But no, no, I love it this. Just, that is how, that's just how people are made to feel, Ariel. And, like, I'm not going to sit here and, and cry and all of that kind of thing about it. You, you learn to get on with it. Like, when you are a minority, um, you just learn to get on with it and you learn to humour people when they are offensive to you because... Sometimes you don't want to make them feel bad for being offensive. And then sometimes I just call someone out in it and I go, well, you can't really say that, mate, because that's not acceptable. But in all honesty, it's not it's not that bad anymore. Like People are very accepting, very accepting. And, and the whole documentary and the coming out thing is because MMA was my safe space to do that. So I don't want the people watching in the MMA community thinking, well, we're not like that now predominantly not you're not like you really not so um i just want to thank everyone for who has been forthcoming and sending the really nice messages and maybe a fight week when i'd feel really bad would be a lot worse but maybe a fight week when people are giving me so much positivity and so much love um it's like it's it's massive area because there's people like yourself who you'll know like i'm a good human and i'm a good person um, but you don't do it for gratification and and all that kind of thing. You just that way because you are that way. But when people see it, when you're not trying to be that and they tell you, it's like, oh, you're in force and I am actually a decent person and I am doing something nice. So Because the media and people can just change things these days. So it's quite, it's a tough one sometimes, you know. Are you nervous to watch it tomorrow with your with your mother? <laughs> Shout out Pepsi Max. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, now, my mum watched it yesterday. I was more nervous for my mum 
Ariel because my mum broke her amenity to to speak about her struggles and her demons, which people in recovery who follow the 12-step programme wouldn't normally do, ah. you know, but she's doing this for a bigger picture for for to help other people and to help me tell my story. And when I win and, and I react the way I do, you'll know why. Because you'll watch this and you go, she has come from this and this is why this means so much to her. And um, people, a few people have said, will you watch it on fight week? Because that's when it's out. And I just said, absolutely, because that's what's going to give me even more energy to go in there and, and to defy the odds. So I was never supposed to be here. I was never supposed to be doing this. It's just I've worked hard to where we are, you know. I saw a lovely video of you. We all saw a lovely video of you uh, a couple months ago, prior to Katie Taylor's last fight, uh, where you were, uh, mm -hmm. I guess, given her her jacket, her tracksuit of the team, and you were mm -hmm. openly weeping. Uh, and now I know you guys yeah. are like long lost cousins. You're related, yeah. but I mean, to have that kind mm -hmm. of emotion after receiving a gift. Why were you so emotional after receiving that gift? Because. I was in a gym in 2006 in a boxing gym and my coach, Kevin Smith, is the now Australian national coach, the amateur team. He'd been to a camp and Ireland was there and he had recorded on a camcorder Pete Taylor and Katie Taylor, so she must have been about 19 or 20. And he came back and he showed me this video and he was like, this is the way I want you to box, this is who I want you to be like. And from that moment, I kind of idolised them and... She's broken down so many barriers for women and she's changed combat sport forever for women. And she's such an inspiration to me and her integrity and her, her just her God-given, um, what's the word, talent and her work ethic is just something I'd strive to, to, to be like. And I met her a couple of months prior to that and I explained to her about the family tree and how um, we were related and stuff. And her mum was there and she couldn't believe it. And then when I got to see her fight in my hometown, I'd seen her fight once before in Manchester. And then but to get to see her come to Liverpool and I didn't message her. I didn't message her mum, but I was there at the weigh-ins and I was screaming. So I was the loudest one in the room and she stood on the scales and... Her mum just ran over to me and gave me a hug. And she was like, look, I'm sorry, this is all we've got. And it might smell because she's been sweating in it, but this is for you. And I just put, oh, I actually went on the aisle that night, Ariel. I was in the Irish pubs drinking Guinness. And I had this this jacket on and I was running around town like that. And um, I don't know, it was like, they say never meet your heroes or your idols because they're disappointed, but she really never. And... Um, it just blew me away and I'm just dead emotional anyway aren't I so I don't know it's just if I am are you coming over to New York for her fight next month I am you are I am because yeah Liam Beefy Smith is fighting and I his boxing coach Joe McNally one of them and Declan O'Rourke they're my boxing coaches and I've actually got Joe, Joe McNally in my corner for this fight in the in the O2 so yeah wow. it's a um, it's a family affair, yeah. You'll have to visit us since we're in New York. 
visit the oh, studio. Oh, well, let's get me on. Come on. I'll have to make sure. Please, you didn't Hold tell on, me. Then. I mean, what? I Had I not asked, you would have never told me. It was almost like you were doing it behind my back, Mom. Well, I'm it would have been. No, no, no. No way. It would have been on the Instagram, but I thought you was in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. We're in the know, heart of Philly New York City. We're like 10 minutes from Madison Square Garden. Shut up. Yes. Are oh, you, lads? Yes. Sounds right. Make sure that you've got me an Everton mug. Yes. And, um, and I'll have a Fanta orange and I am there. I would love it. That would be tremendous. Uh, can I ask you, how do you feel about Frankie Lamps? Are we are we happy with him? Do you like him as as the head man of Everton now? I do. I do like him. Um, I was at the media day and obviously they was like, what have you got to say to the Everton yeah. players? I was like, well, <laughs> and um, <laughs> with what he's got, he, he said openly, like, I didn't have a magic wand. I haven't got, I am like, just can't pull out magic yeah. spells out of my pockets. With what he's got, he's doing well, but it's the honeymoon period is officially gone and um, the players need to step up and step up to Ethan. I kind of said before, when I stand in that octagon and I represent my city, I show how much heart I would have if I wore that badge. And like, you know, Ariel, the badge says nil status, Nissi Optimum, and it means nothing but the best is good enough. Like, every time you play, you must give that. And we've had games, even with Frank Lampard, when we've been beat, and we've clapped the players off the pitch because they've played well. But what we will never accept as a club and as fans is if you're not playing for the shirt and you're not ready to die for the shirt or, or put that extra yard in, then... Get out of here. Do you want? I didn't want to yeah. swear, but I did nearly swear. Then. No, it's okay. Go to go to, go to some loser club like Liverpool. Okay, go to some sad sack <laughs> club like Chelsea. I mean, we don't want you. Go here. to go to Man United. Go exactly. to Man United. Those bums. Okay, we want nothing to do with you. Okay. Yeah, yeah you gang That's of right. bums. That's right, um, Molly. You said earlier that uh, you know you're one of the good people in the game. You're one of my favorite people that I've ever met covering this sport. And uh, I am just so delighted. It's true. It's true. I I genuinely have great admiration for you. And I'm just so excited that you're getting this opportunity at the O2, finally getting a chance to fight back home on this platform, on the main card. You're not buried second fight from the bottom. No, you're where you deserve to be on the main card. Big Mm -hmm. fight for you. Looked fantastic in your last fight. You got the bonus. And now, you know, we're moving up to bigger things on Saturday. Snowballing, mate. Let's go. We're snowballing and... And I've been given an opportunity and that's all we can ask for. So if I didn't take the opportunity, it's my own fault. But you best believe it. I'm going to need a sledgehammer to the face to stop me and I'm still going to keep coming. I love it. I love it. I wish you the best, Molly. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Good luck to you. Last few days, weight cut, all that. Sounds like you've got it all under control. And what weight cut? Let's go. What wake up. Thanks for your time and thanks for all the fans who are sending in so much love. Catches on the flip side. <laughs> Good luck. See, to you, hey, I'll speak to you on Monday or yes. next Wednesday, no. lads. Yeah. Deal. Monday. <laughs> We're talking Monday, all right? Good luck to you, my friend. Thank you, sweet. All right. There she Ta-da, is. Lad. Molly McCann, the great Molly McCann, my fellow Everton fan, my fellow Evertonian. She is the reason. For everyone who always asks me. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is funny, by the way, that I have a Bam Bam uh, lunchbox. I'll tell you why in a second. But she is the reason, by the way, that uh, we here support Everton. Do we have any other Everton stuff? Nope. Uh, I do at home. Uh, she is the reason. She got me on the train. You know, other people tried to buy our allegiance. Other people tried to buy our affection. Uh, it cannot be bought. We are not for sale, okay? It's, it's the white and blue. It's the toffees till we die. And yes, it hasn't been a banner season, but we shall bounce back because that's what toffees do. So I'm looking forward to that. What a great card it is going to be. What a great Saturday afternoon it's going to be. And it's going to be, uh, what, one o'clock? I think one o'clock start here on the East Coast. So that's wonderful, right? A little Saturday afternoon at the O2. Let's go. Meatball Molly, Luana Carolina, one of the big fights this Saturday, of course, headline by Tom Aspinall, against Alexander Volkov. That fight is going to happen. Now, next weekend, the UFC goes back to Ohio. It's been a while since they've been to Ohio. Their first fight night out of Las Vegas in front of fans in America since February of 2020. Finally, we're taking the show on the road. This weekend, it's London. Next weekend, it's Columbus, Ohio. And one of the greatest fighters to ever come out of Ohio is being featured on the card uh, he is one of the OGs of the game, veteran of the game, but still going strong, coming off a great win in his last fight. He's the immortal Matt Brown. He's kind enough to join us right now. He goes up against Brian Barberina on Saturday, March 26th, and he's our next guest. Matt, how are you, my friend? Very good. It's good to... Uh, Finally, it's right. That's yeah, right. Finally. To, to which part? Ohio? Ohio. Fans. Fight nights out of Vegas. Yes. Fans, man. Mainly fans, man. I'm, yeah. I'm just so stoked to get some fans finally, man. Yeah, well, how do you feel about those Apex events? You know what? I actually, um, you know, I, I actually kind of liked it. Um, Why? I didn't think I would like it. It kind of brought me back to like the Ultimate Fighter days. Um, so it was just kind of felt like a little throwback for that. But, um, you know, it's just very personal. I like the smaller cage. I'd say that that was probably the biggest thing. I like a small cage, man. Why is that? You know, I, I, want, I want to stand right in front of me and, right. you know, wing shots and let's see who gets knocked out. Like a phone booth, right? Just stand in there yeah. in the pocket. Yeah. yeah, closer to a phone booth, the better. Do, do you feel like um, while you like all those elements, missing those fans, not having that energy as someone who's so used to fighting in front of fans, was it tough to get going? Was it a little weird? 
Uh, absolutely, man. The first time I fought without fans in Jacksonville was very uh, creepy, man. It was really weird. Um, I feel like it threw me off a little bit, um, which was my fault, you know, it was, uh, no excuses, but I, I did feel like it threw me off. Um, Abu Dhabi was very strange, um, but I felt like I finally kind of got used to it, got to the apex, felt like I did well. And, but, man, I want the fans back. I'm stoked, bro, especially, I mean, how much better could it be? It's in my hometown, fans back. Uh, I've got a great opponent in front of me, so this is a it's going to be awesome, man. Now you live in Columbus now. Yeah. Wow. How yeah, far? I've lived you, here. How far are you from the uh, the arena? Um, ten minutes. Wow, that is amazing. So fight week, will you stay at the hotel or will you stay at home? I've been torn about that. I haven't really made up my mind yet. I'm gonna kind of play it by ear. When I fought locally before. Um, like I fought in Columbus twice so far, both times I stayed at the hotel and just treated it like an away game, basically. Uh-huh. Um, I might do different this time. I don't know. I'm just going to play it by ear. I'm not going to overthink it really. Um, off the top of my head, was your last time fighting in Ohio, the Cincinnati event against Eric Silva? Yeah. Wow. That was, a, I mean, what a tremendous finish that was. And that was a huge fight for you. Main yeah. event. What do you remember from that? Did that feel like a home game for you, even though it wasn't Columbus? That, that was totally a home game for me. There was, uh, you know, that, that was Cincinnati's hour and a half away. Mm. Um, I, I have a lot of connections down there. I have a lot of family down there. So that was totally a home game for me. Um, and I, I just remember being awesome, man. I just remember being excited and everything was great. And then um, before that, I fought in Columbus here. Uh, Rampage Jardine yeah, was the main 96. event. Yes, yes. You remember I fought uh, Pete Cell. Oh, man. So... Yeah, so this isn't nothing new to me. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're just going to do it again, man. And uh, so far, I've had great fights in Columbus and, and performed really well. So I plan on another one. That that uh, Eric Silva finish, is that one of your favorites? Or maybe the favorite? Mm, they're all favorites, man. I don't know. You don't that was probably... One? This is definitely one of my favorite fights, you oh, know, like the, the entire experience, like just the, the fight itself was obviously a, a pretty good fight coming back from some adversity. I mean, uh, at the time, I mean, Eric Silva was just a killer, you know, he was on a run and um, probably juiced out of his mind and just smashing through everybody <laughs> and, you know, just looking great. And that, you know, had a lot of hype behind him and I just put a stop to it. Um, my kids got to come in the octagon with mm. me after um, I had more family at that fight than I had my family reunions. <laughs> I mean, it, so just the whole experience, man, was just awesome. Why do you think he was juiced out of his mind? Well, I mean, maybe, maybe he wasn't, but we can only assume, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we can look at some pretty obvious details and I mean, I don't. I think there was a lot of people juiced out of their mind at that time. Don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Do you do you feel like there have been a lot of times in your career, like at the weigh-ins or leading up to fighting, you're like, "Oh, I'm about to fight a guy who's juiced out of his mind. This should be fun." For sure, for sure. Um, I think the most telling was when I fought Jenny, Johnny Hendricks, and um, I think you know, post me fighting him, I was the, we were the last fight card before Usada came in. Oh yeah. Uh, and that uh, post fighting me, 
I mean, his career went, I mean, it was just a, a, such a disparity, man. So, you know, that, that was the one I think was the most clear. Eric Silva's like, he probably was, maybe not, I don't know. Um, but Johnny was like clear as day, man. That you know, he was off? ripped. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it, but you know, the, at the time of that, um, that was something that you had to deal with, you know? I mean, it, it wasn't, I think it was pretty well known. Um, you know, there was a lot of guys doing it. Yeah. So it pissed me off, but, uh, I also knew what I was getting into. So, you know, I could have turned down the fight, you know, but I didn't. If, if someone would have told you back in 05, 06, when you started your career that, as a 41-year-old, you'd still be doing this. You'd still be one of the, you know, more popular fighters. You're coming off wins. You're being featured on these cards. Would you have believed them? Like, did you think it would last this long? Um, it's a good question. I don't know, man. You know, when, when I started this, I, I told myself, I'm doing this for life. I married the sport. Um, whatever happens, happens, man. If it's going to be in the UFC, it's going to be in the UFC. If it's going to be you know, fighting guys in bars and clubs or whatever. That's what it's going to be, man. Um, this is what I love doing. and I'm a martial artist for life. And um, I'm just blessed that, you know, <clears throat> for one, I'm blessed that I've, I've been able to uh, have some longevity in the UFC, but um, I've also worked my ass off and, and, and done a lot of things to uh, keep myself where I'm at. And so like, I mean, you've had many different sort of chapters in your career um, we were just yeah. talking about like a great chapter that you had a few years ago. What was the time where you were kind of the happiest in your career, where it just felt like everything was coming together? <laughs> you know, you were just enjoying things as not to say that you're the not happiest? now. Yeah. Um, I'm a happy guy, man. I know everybody, everybody's like, ah, he doesn't smile and shit. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a focus guy, but I'm a happy guy, man. You're, you're the, 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 the period of your career that you think back with the most, you know, fondness. No, right now, man. Right now. You're living in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all great, man. I love every, I've loved every second of this ride. And uh, I got, I still got a long time to go, man. So, and I think right now my skills are better than they've ever been. I think I got, um, I, I can't wait till next week, man. I'm going to show um, some, some things that people are not expecting me to be able to do, especially at this age. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to look like a 25 year old in there. Wow. I'm, I'm going to show some things. I'm going to, I'm going to blow some people's minds away and and I'm going to start looking to get back to that top 15. And, and I think people are going to start taking notice again. And, you know, and I'm not going to be this old uh, forgotten man that a lot of people might be kind of looking at me as. Did you feel like that was starting to become a thing that people were starting to forget about you? Well, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but you know, I hear most of the interviews I get these days are like, dude, you, you thinking about retiring, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you haven't asked the question yet. No, you I'm probably had it on your list no, somewhere. No, no, no. I'm not going to ask. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Yeah. Unless you <laughs> want to you talk about that, but it sounds like you don't. No, no, I, don't no I don't care. I mean, uh, I'm open book about everything, but the fact is, you know, that that's what I hear a lot, you know, and you, know, you get it from, you know, family and friends, you know, the like, dude, you, you know, we don't want you to have CTE or, you know, all these different things. But um, I feel better than I ever have, man. And I think my skills are better than they've ever been. And, and again, I think I'm going to show a new level out there. Is there something that you're doing differently now to feel this way? Have you changed anything, whether it's training, diet, mindset? Yeah. What is it? Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I'm putting together all the knowledge for one that I've had over the years. And it's actually, you know, I'm actually using it, you know, not just kind of going out there and banging away. And for two, I'm actually resting. Mm. You know, I've never rested. I, I never took time off, man. Uh, I've always been the guy that's back in the gym on Monday after the fight. I'm, I'm the guy that's in there doing, you know, two, three hour sessions, you know, until I can't walk out of there. Um, and, and I got people around me now like, look, man, you, you just need to rest, man. You take a break. And then when I do take those rests and I take those breaks and I come back, I'm, I'm like, damn, it feels pretty good, man. So, um, I think that's going to make a, a big difference. To that point, I found a quote that you said to UFC.com last year that I thought was really interesting. And uh, you don't hear a lot of people speak like this. This is the quote, uh, quote, I think a general thing that I try to tell every fighter because you see it so rarely is to treat it like a business, have a business model, have a business plan, have a strategy in terms of how you approach not only the fights, the training, all that stuff and more to compare it to a business model, a business plan. What do you mean by that? Like, are you actually putting together documents and things like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do on all my opponents, I do a SWOT analysis, wow. which is a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Um, I, I, I write out an entire, like each training camp, I write out a business plan, so to speak, but it's like a training plan. Um, you know, I sit down with my coaches and we go over, um, all these different things. Um, when I say treat it like a business, most people take that as, uh, you know, the branding part and the outside of the fight. I'm, I mean, the actual fight itself, you know, I look at it like a business and I make it structured and, and make it, um, very, uh, if you can't write it down, then you can't do it, you know? And, and, and I'm very big on like, if I can't measure it, then I can't progress it. So those two things are, are probably the, the number one thing that I talk about when I, or what I mean when I say that. So, what I want to do is have everything as objective as possible. And this is a, a very difficult in this sport. And there's not a lot of objectivity in the training uh, and there's not a lot of objectivity in the, the mindset. But so I have an entire mindset formula program, you know, day one, we do this day two, we do this, et cetera, et cetera. I have the same with the physical training. I have the same with the strategy. Um, and, and that's how I look at it. And, and, and nothing ever goes according to plan. It's the same as a, a real business when nothing goes actual to plan, right? You have to be dynamic. Um, and that's where the art comes into it. But if we can take as much of that out of it as possible and make it objective as possible, then I think we can uh, measure, progress, um, adapt, measure, progress, and, and keep the circle going and, and keep improving. The SWOT analysis, the, the mindset, all that... Are you the one writing that on your own? Yeah, I end up having to do it on my own usually. You know, it's huh. not a lot of people. I, I can tell you right now, there's not a lot of people on board with this system that I, I built and created. <laughs> like, it's hard to get coaches on board. Why? It's hard to, you know, people, people just aren't built that way, you know, especially fighters. Uh, they're just not built to uh, be structured. They're not built to be, uh, I mean, the nature of a fighter is to, you know, just go train hard and, and kind of play it by ear, you know? So, um, I mean, I do have some coaches, you know, that are like that and I have some people around me that are like that, but, um, it's difficult to get them on board. And, and I'm, I just take the, um, prerogative myself and, or I do initiative myself and say, look, I'm going to fucking do it. You know, if you guys, it's up to you, you can, you know, join on board or not, but I want to have my mind very clear going into a fight. And so I'm going to do it myself. 
who got you into that? Because I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, you weren't like this 10 years ago. No, definitely not. But I got myself into it. Did you see someone? Like, did you think, think of this no, on your own? Or I've, never someone... seen, I've never seen anyone do it this way. Wow. So no one inspired this. Like, okay, so when did it start? How did it start? Well, okay, so um, it actually started, Rich Franklin told me that. Uh, originally he told me treat it like a business and that's how I took it was this uh, sort of systematic approach to training and, and strategy. Um, what he actually meant was, you know, the branding and all that kind of stuff and promoting yourself. Um, but that's just how I took it. Wow. So that what? how long ago was that? Mm, over time. I mean, but certainly, you know, it's a developed thing. It wasn't, you know, one day I just started changing everything, but it's just been over time over the past 10 years or so. Um, you know, back in the day, especially when I first started, one of the things that I really focused on a lot was my uh, strength and conditioning and cardio. Because the way that I seen it was I, I could go to the gym and learn all these skills. And that's just a, a matter of uh, neural development over time, right? That's just going to take years and years of practice I have to drill this over and over you know everything is a is a um action reaction you know so you have to get those actions you know ten thousand hours right the strength conditioning the cardio all of that stuff like they tell you like they have books on it right like you can literally just go read it and and pick it up um so when i think when uh, kind of coming from that world of uh, the strength and conditioning uh, mindset like that's sort of where I kind of uh, developed it from, right? Because that, that that's, you know, if you look at like power lifters or uh, strength athletes, um, endurance runners, you know, anybody, it's very objective, right? So they take everything and, and it's very, um, you know, if you look at like Lance Armstrong's training, like everything's extremely objective. You know, they measure the heart rate, they measure the blood volume, all these, uh, you know, oxygen, all these different things. So I just try to take as much of that as possible and put it into my own training um, because that was something that I could con control um, knowing that the knowledge is right there if you just go get it. Um, since then, I've had multiple um, great coaches, um, you know, th where the books can't teach you things. You know, you can only learn so much from a book. You have to actually uh, learn it in person or, or through, through someone with the experience. So. That's, I guess that's kind of the story behind that. I know you don't, um, you're not referring to actual business when you're talking about treating it like a business plan, but I do get bummed, especially now, you know, covering the sport for so long, when you see these guys who are coming up and then they retire and they're left with nothing. Um, you have put a lot yeah. of time into the sport and the way you are treating your training would lead me to believe that you're not going to be one of these guys, that you've been thinking about whenever this journey ends, you'll, you'll be okay. Sure. Is, is that accurate? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I have, I have put a lot of work into my post fight career. Cause I know that this could end any day. I mean, I have injuries all the time. I have stuff that I have to deal with all the time. Um, so, you know, I do have my gym, um, that obviously is a business. So, you know, you have to do that like a business. Um, I have my coffee company, uh, the, the dot com. a little plug there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I have some ambitions to do other things too, you know, like train other fighters. I have a lot of guys coming up in my gym um, uh, with a lot of talent. Um, you know, I mean, I have a lot of t 
talents, man. I mean, I could do really whatever I want. I'm, I'm a smart enough guy. I could really, I think I could do whatever I want. Uh, the coffee company fascinates me. So, so what's the story behind that? Why, uh, why should people buy the, you said the immortalcoffee.com is where they can go? Yeah. 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 Well, so I was sponsored by a coffee company for a while and this guy, um, uh, named Connor, who's my business partner, he was sending me this coffee and I just kept thinking, man, man, this is the, the best freaking coffee I ever had in my life. Um, it's, it's just great coffee. So just kind of became friends with him over time. And he was having some uh, trademark issues with his company, um, with the, the name and everything. Um, so he wanted a new name and we kind of became friends. So he said, Hey, you know, that, that the immortal coffee has a good ring to it. Maybe we could use that name. So we just partnered up and now we're pumping out loads of the best coffee you ever had in your life. Wow. From I got to send you some here. Yeah. I got to send you some Ariel. I appreciate it. I love coffee. I'm a big coffee fan, yeah. especially with the three little kids, as, as you well know. Um, yeah. Where's the, where's the coffee from? Well, we get it from different sources. Um, you know, we check all the sources. Uh, Connor does that part of the business, okay. but, you know, he's very big on, you know, going through co-ops and, you know, knowing exactly where it's sourced from and everything. But the, the difference between our coffee is it's um, got, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but there's, they grade the coffee, right? And okay. there's, uh, I believe, three different grades. And there's okay. like, Ours has to be every coffee that we get, every bean we get has to be over 90, I believe. And I believe that's premium, right? So there's, you know, there's like good coffee and there's like medium and then there's, you know, your Folgers or whatever kind of garbage. Yeah. And our, all of ours is uh, the top grade. Wow. Okay. Is the dream maybe a coffee shop? Do you want to open up a coffee shop? We've looked into it. I would love that. Yeah. I mean, you know. Every business is such a grind, man. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta pick your battles with that. Uh, I also learned. See, we're learning that Matt the Immortal Brown, who maybe at first glance you're like, okay, he's just a tough fighter, has many layers to him, right? I mean, we're learning about the business, <laughs> the approach, the life after fighting the coffee. I also learned. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you are a softie. You're a romantic, a self-proclaimed romantic, right? Which is not something that I would think of. Of you know, you Matt Brown, romantic, immortal. It doesn't really. You are a romantic. When you say you're a romantic, what does that mean? Fuck, man. You have to ask my girl, bro. <laughs> I, I, that's private. That's I, private. I keep it, I keep, no, no, man. I think it's from Valentine's Day, right? Sure, you, you wrote. Yeah, that. you wrote that. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got to wow the girl, man. I got the best girl you could ever imagine. I, I can't even believe that I have her, man. Um, she's Canadian, by the way. Really? And uh, from what? Which, yeah. which part of Canada? Uh, Toronto. Okay. How did yeah. you meet? Uh, uh, we met online, nice. and uh, yeah, you know, just fucking fired off, man, and haven't looked back since. And now we're engaged, so Congrats. everything has worked out great. I got the, I got the, thank you. I got the best girl you could ever imagine. And I would never have been a romantic dude ever in my life. But when you meet that one, it's easy to do. It opens up that whole other part of you. Yeah, man. Turn me into a softie. Nice. And I got a daughter too. So she turned me into a softie. That's right. That's right. So now you're like big on Valentine's day doing, I mean, the immortal <laughs> side kind of goes away and the, the softie side comes out. You're, you're okay with this. You're comfortable with this. Yeah, man, I'm comfortable with myself. Yeah. I think... Uh, <laughs> you say that in a very intimidating way, by the way. I just want to let you know. <laughs> I mean, look, 
a strong woman, uh, the right woman can make a man better. Amen. That's what I got. Amen. So I want, so I want to please her and I do what I can to make her happy. If that means I got to be a little romantic, I got to be a little romantic. Uh, I got to suck it up. <laughs> it's not natural for me. I can't lie. It's not natural. It seems natural. But I can do it. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, has has this relationship added years to your career? Because if you're happy, if you're content, right, with that part of your life, I would imagine it helps go to the gym, to fight, you're clear-headed. Do you feel like this has added some time to your, to your fighting career? Well, she's added some time uh, to my life, you know. She makes my life much better. So that's uh, all you can ask for, man. Right. Amen. Um, also, you know, we've been talking a lot on this program about uh, Bitcoin lately, cryptocurrency. Uh, I know nothing about this, but we've had some uh, some experts come on, namely Ben Askren, Ken, Kenny Florian has come on, all trying to explain me about the uh, the, the powers of uh, cryptocurrency, and it's become a hot topic in the world of MMA with this Marshall nice. Rogan thing. You know, are you following this story, the Marshall Rogan Inu story? Uh, a little bit. I've heard about it, but I haven't really followed it, to be honest. Have they reached out to you? Because you you talk about it a little bit. Uh, you know, you mentioned it a few times on your social media. Have they reached out to you? Um, they don't need to reach out to me. Oh. But um, why not? Uh, I'm not interested. So okay, <laughs> uh, I am. I, I'm a crypto guy. Yeah, very very much so. I'm a Bitcoin guy, first and foremost. Um, my. Whew, I didn't know we were going to get into this. Oh, is this controversial? Um, um, I don't know if I'd say controversial, but okay. look, so my, um, my philosophy on Bitcoin is you got to read the book, the Bitcoin standard. Mm -hmm. And that's, a, so I'm essentially, a, I'm a, a very staunch libertarian, uh, freedom loving government hating son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> Bitcoin is our key to freedom is my belief. Um, Again, I don't, you know, we don't need to get deep into the politics or anything, but sure. um, that's that's my reasoning behind Bitcoin. I'm not about all these uh, garbage shit coins. There's something like 15, 20,000 coins out there now. They're all garbage. Bitcoin is the king. It's decentralized. It's uh, it, and it's uh, our chance of freedom. Okay, so uh, these, I think they were, uh, Ben referred to it as a meme coin or a dodge coin. That yeah. type of. You're not down with that. No, I don't have any interest in it. Um, Even though they're supporting fighters, they're paying, they're giving fighters a lot of money. They set up to a million dollars they've paid out over the last month or so. Yeah, uh, that's great. I'm, I'm happy for that. I think there's probably a lot of ways to do that. Um, I look, the only thing I looked into, it looked to me like a, sort of a GoFundMe for fighters is what it sounded like to me. I'm not sure exactly uh, what it is or why it's a, a crypto or the, you know, people get into all this stuff about the, you know, all these different coins and the tokenomics and, uh, you know, it's, it's all garbage, man. I mean, I do think there's some great projects out there outside of Bitcoin. I think that there's a lot of utility in the blockchain. I think there's a lot of uh, opportunities in the crypto world. Um, but for me, I'm a believer in Bitcoin primarily um, ideologically, more so okay. than then I'm not in, in into it just to to make a buck. I get that. And even, though I, even though I hope I get rich with it, I sure. hope I get rich with it. And the best way, again, the best way I think for everyone to understand, if anyone is interested in my point of view on this, the Bitcoin standard 
is the best book to read to understand this point of view. And I hope that everybody can read that book and I hope everybody gets on board. And this is our way of economic freedom in the world, in my opinion. Uh, two last things and then I'll let you go. This has been a great chat. I appreciate it. Having a guy, a legend. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Mark Coleman by your side. Uh, what is that like? For, I mean, that is a living legend. And, you know, I say this a lot. People get tired of me talking about this on the show. MMA does a lot of good things. The sport of MMA, no one in particular, but the sport of MMA, I think, does a horrendous job of remembering and honoring the legends of the sport, the people like Mark Coleman, who without them, yeah. there is no UFC. There is no nothing. These guys who were fighting back in you know, Alabama when no one was watching need to be remembered. They need to be brought, I think, 30th anniversary next year. They need to bring out the best fighters, the top 30 fighters like the NBA does for their 75th. We need to start honoring these people yeah. before it's too late. Mark Coleman is one of those guys who would be at the front of the line, front of the you – Know, uh, of the whole damn thing as a legend. What is it like having him you know, by your side as you're preparing for these fights? I love it. Thank you for saying that, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Let's promote all, all these guys, man. These, those guys went through things that uh, we can't even imagine. They did it for the love of the sport. There wasn't nothing in it for them. So uh, I absolutely love it, man. Thank you. Um, and But having Mark around uh, is unbelievable, man. And, and watching him get sober through the last year, has just been unbelievable experience. I've known Mark for a long time. Um, you couldn't really be around him too much so for uh, the longest time uh, with the drinking and the uh, abuse and stuff. At this point, he's just a new person. He's an amazing person and just brings a whole new level of energy to the training, brings a whole new level of motivation and inspiration. And it's just amazing having him around. And I hope that... Uh, I hope that what you're promoting there goes through and, and these guys get the love they deserve. Yes, we need a Hall of Fame, a proper MMA Hall of Fame where people are honored and inducted regardless of their promotional affiliations, no politics. We need to remember Pride. We need to remember Shudo and all the King of the Cage. Yeah. These These legends need to be remembered properly. And I think, honestly, the sport does a poor job of that. Um, as a proud Ohio guy, how do you feel about the uh, the Paul brothers? Oh, <laughs> um, I, I, I've talked about this with a few guys the other day, you know, how do I feel about them? So this is how I look at them. They're essentially what I, I uh, first I give them props, right? They're making money. Mm -hmm. So good for them. Um, I'm not sure what they want to do. If they want to be uh, particularly Logan or particularly Jake, I mean, I'm yeah. not sure if he wants to be a, a, a legit boxer and respected as a boxer, in which case he's going to have to fight some real boxers, um, which may not garner the same paydays that he's uh, used to getting, right? Like he might, might have to fight some lower level boxers, you know, without such big names, but maybe he'll still get the same payday. He's a big draw for sure. But what the way I see it is they're just doing something different, right? They're doing an entertainment. It just happens to be boxing that they're using for the entertainment. Um, the stuff he says about fighter cool. pay, do you, do you see that stuff and do you feel like it's genuine? I have no clue. I, I don't know what he's doing. I have no clue, man. <laughs> All right. But it is <laughs> yeah. interesting, right? I mean, talking so much about yeah. I just think putting a spotlight, genuine or not, the fact that we're talking about it more can only be a good thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's, it's one of those conversations I kind of just bow out of, to be honest, you know, like, 
Um, I'm not really in a situation to be, you know, talking about that. I, I mean, I, I think um, regardless of the situation you're in, you're, everybody feels like they're underpaid. I think we're, uh, um, we're probably underpaid, but, you know, it is what it is. I live a good life. I, I'm happy with the lifestyle that I'm able to live. Uh, I've worked very hard for it, and I want to keep it going. Um, I have a lot of opportunity to make a lot more money. Um, but I, I'm not really, I don't feel like I'm in a, a situation to make a, 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 a big difference or a big change. So I'll let others talk about it. So that's I, I, not really my, my wheelhouse right there. I respect it. Um, and, uh, was just curious because of the Ohio connection, but, uh, it's, uh, it's always great to pick your brain, especially for this extended period of time. Congrats on your longevity. Congrats on the recent win. Good luck next weekend. That's going to be quite the scene uh, when you're coming out there in front of your 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 hometown crowd. So great to have the fans back for a fight night, not just a pay per view. I hope it becomes the yes. norm once again, and we could get back to these you know full arenas because it just brings out a different kind of energy for the viewers, for the fans, for you guys. I would imagine as well. So uh, much respect. It's a great matchup, you versus Brian Barberina. Great matchup. Uh, I know it had to be postponed yeah. due to COVID. Glad that you're okay. All good and that we get to see this fight. So appreciate it very much. Good luck to you next weekend, Matt. Absolutely. Thank you very much, sir. All right, there he is. One of the uh, the OGs of the game, Matt the Immortal Brown, going up against Brian Barberino. We have a uh, Bam Bam lunchbox right over there. Didn't want to bring that up in the interview. Yeah, it's right over there. Uh, you could see it better probably on the other shot. Right. Nope, not that one. Not that one. Yes, that one. Boom. Um you know, it's interesting talking about that Mark Coleman stuff with uh, with Matt Brown. Two days ago, right after the show, we found out that Scott Hall passed away. Scott Hall has had some ups and downs. And you see this outpouring of love, this outpouring of support. And this is the way it is, right? Especially in this day and age that we're living in with social media and whatnot. Someone dies and all of a sudden they get their flowers. This goes back to the point that I keep banging the drum about. We need to give these people their flowers when they're alive. We need to show them this love. Now, Scott has got, you know, he had his ups and downs and it's just a tragic story and, and, and way too young, 63 years old. Um, and there were moments where it felt like people were trying to galvanize him and, you know, support him. But legends like Mark Coleman, who have had their fair share of issues as well, they need that love, that support, that, that admiration. They need to be paraded around town, fed it. They need to feel that. That's fuel for these people. And guess what? It's not just fuel. It's deserved. They need that. They deserve that. They have put in the time. There is no sport that we're talking about. There's no London card. There's none of that without these guys. And why we don't celebrate them enough, show them love, use anniversaries as a reason to bring them out, to put them in the front row, to celebrate them. I'm not even getting into the whole like, you know, fight or pay thing. I'm not even getting into the, 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 the whole like, oh, do they deserve a pension? None of that. I'm just saying, can we not show these people who put this sport on the map, who built this sport quite literally with their bare hands, can we not show them the proper love and respect? Why is that so hard? Why does this sport refuse to do that? Why is there not an MMA Hall of Fame? Why is there not a proper place where we can go and look at the history of the sport and remember these people who are, by you know most accounts, every day forgotten about? It's not right. I'd like to see that changed. Move along to our next guest, 
March 26th, we were just talking to someone who's fighting on March 26th, big day in MMA, March 26th, 1X, the 10th anniversary show of one championship. It's a massive, massive card. We had uh, Chachri Sichotong, the founder of one championship on the uh, the show a few months ago to talk about some of the big fights on the card. But I mean, there's just, I mean, the names, Angela Lee, Adriana Morais, Shinya Yoki versus Sexy Yama. That's very fun. Uh, John Wayne Parr. I mean, it's just a huge celebration of this promotion and making it 10 years. And in my opinion, the most interesting fight on the card is a uh, a special rules bout, a, a a fantasy bout, a dream matchup, if you will. The legend Rotang from the world of Muay Thai going up against the legend Demetrius Johnson from the world of mixed martial arts, the greatest flyweight of all time, fighting in this special rules bout. Muay Thai MMA, Muay Thai MMA, it's crazy stuff. It's going down in around 10 days. We're being joined right now by the one and only, our old friend, DJ Demetrius Johnson. It's always a special day when he stops by. Hello, DJ. How are you? How are you, Ariel? It's good to see you again. It's good to see you. I like the beard. We're letting it grow? Yeah, I'm letting it grow. I'm letting it grow. The wife loves it, so she loves it. I love it. Yes. It looks good, so we're going to keep it growing. Okay, we have a lot to talk about. There's this big uh, event coming up, but could I ask, how do you feel? Do you agree with me? I don't know how much you heard of what I just said. We do a pretty crappy job of, of not celebrating the legends of this sport. Agree or disagree? No, I, I think you're spot on with that. I mean, when I look at, like, my upbringing of mixed martial arts, you know, I'm thinking of guys like Crow Cop, um, Spencer Fisher, Jens Pulver, uh, you know, Andre Lasky, he's still fighting. He's still active. So, um, you know, he's still paving the way. But there's a lot of guys that a lot of people don't even know about. Mark Coleman was one of them that you mentioned. Uh, I mean, the list just goes on, on and on and on. Um, and I was like, maybe, maybe Irrawani should stop, start that. Maybe you can start, like, some type oh. of – you know, uh, mixed martial arts hall of fame because you know I believe you're one of the best uh, reporters analysts out there, and your knowledge is so deep with it. And you'll also not just include you know you have the UFC Hall of Fame, which is only UFC athletes, but there's been so many more athletes in mixed martial arts that have paved the way. Fedor Emelianenko, yes, and like I said, the list goes on and on and on. Because you Sakuraba, I mean. I mean, there's just so many, so many, so many. So basically what you're trying to say is stop whining about it, put up or shut up, Helwani, no, 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 go no. out there and do it. You know, you're right. You're actually inspiring me right now. Why Why can't I do this? Why? I mean, I, I feel like this will be my legacy in the sport. I'll be the one to finally do this. There's a boxing hall of fame. Why isn't there an MMA hall of fame? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I never stopped to think about that, uh, that question, to be honest with you. You know, I don't really... I had people who inspired me when I was young, looking at especially like Rashad Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's probably in the UFC Hall of Fame. I'm not sure, but there's a lot of athletes who inspired me um, in mixed martial arts. If those guys were never in this sport, I probably wouldn't be here right now talking to you. Who was your favorite fighter growing up? Like your first favorite guy? Andre Lasky. Really? He had nice hair, chest hair. He had a mouthpiece and things. And yeah. his rhythm when he moved, his rhythm was just so on point. Um, Crow Cop. I didn't really care for the lightweight guys. I always loved the heavyweights. Crow wow. Cop, uh, Andre Lasky. Um, yeah, those two were like my, um, yeah, I would come home from college and throw on, I think it was UFC 54. Mm-hmm. I think he was a fitness title. He, uh, fitness title gets uh, Bob Ponatello. Um, also, he fought the guy, his nickname was Cabbage. Yeah, Cabbage um, Correa. Yeah, Cabbage Correa. I watched a lot of Andre Lasky growing up. Well, him and Crocop, those are the two ones that I just, 
I would watch him. The Pride Days when he fought uh, Filipinka, uh, Fedor Milenko, when it was 10-5-5. That was the championship round. It was 10-5-5. And, I mean, those guys were fucking amazing, man. Do you care to be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame? If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, I think what I've done for in the UFC, you know, 11 consecutive title defenses, I don't, I think the only people who are close to beating that is uh, Valentino Shevchenko, where she continues to oppress me every time she steps in the octagon. Uh, Kamar Usman, um, Israel Adesana. But, you know, I think Kamar Usman is at four, four title defenses. Four or five and then off the top of my head. Four or five. And I think Izzy's at three three or well he'll four argue about this he considers his interim title fight a title defense don't get into that argument with him because he will come no no no, no no it's not it's not brother I, i'm <laughs> king dingling of title defense i'll let you know right now interim interim and all that stuff oh snap it, don't tell izzy it doesn't count as a title defense um it does count as your interim champion okay. but i think those three will be the closest ones to um to to set a new record but when i look at it it's like you know, I did. It, it took me six years, and some of those years, you know, Dominic Cruz mentioned it, is that you know, I remember I fought John Dotson in uh, January, then I got surgery, shoulder surgery, came back and fought in July, and then fought in December. So I was three times in one year as a champion, where I was just, I was fucking running. Right? I was just, I didn't care. You know, the more I fought, the more money I made, and at the end of the day, it's about making money to provide for your family and go to retire one day. So. Um, I think those three athletes can do it, but it takes a long time, especially with injuries and fighting the right opponent. And now it's about, you know, what fight's going to make me the most money. It's not about who's next in line. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you two months, motherfucker. I'm going right. to get you. Oh, you you want some too? I'm going to get you in three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like we build this fight up so we can sell it, so we can make as much money as possible. So, and then obviously Shevchenko, I don't know if she wants to get pregnant or she wants to have children. So all that stuff plays in a factor in it as well. But I think those three athletes are the closest to uh, – to, to beat that record. I hate asking fighters if they're excited about fights because it's almost like uh, not taking into account the emotions, the anxiety, the ups and downs of a training camp. But considering how unique this fight is, you're fighting a Muay Thai legend, special rules, it's one of a kind. Very rarely have we ever seen something like this. Would it be fair to say that you are excited for this fight on March 26th? Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm excited for camp to be over with. It's been a long one. I mean, we're supposed to fight in December and then COVID and this fight got pushed back. So I think for me, I, I am excited to fight. I am excited to be done with training camp. I'm excited to just enjoy myself. You know what I mean? Like there's so much stress. I put so much stress on myself when I'm in training camp where the Demetrius Johnson that trains in the beginning of training camp is fucking slick, strong, fluid. I'm just... I'm firing all cylinders, and the Demetrius Johnson right now is sharp, conditioned, ready to fight, ready for the fight to be over with. So I'm just ready to get in their fight. Like that's 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 just how I feel. <laughs> how did you train for this? Anything so, different? Um, biggest thing is that we switch. You know, obviously rounds, so three minute rounds instead of five minute rounds. Um, and so what is it? We four do, three minutes. Four three minutes. So it's twelve minute fight. Four three minutes. Isn't it? Isn't it weird that it's four, not five? What if there's a draw? It's a motherfucking draw. Well, that's <laughs> kind of weird. Why, why would they choose four, not five, to make it even? Well, because they well to keep it even. And Muay Thai rounds are three minutes, and mixed martial arts rounds are five minutes. So right. I think the best. I mean, 
I just show up and I kind of contract and I don't, I don't do arguments. Seriously. Like I love it. Maki was like, dog, you shouldn't have did mixed martial arts the first time. I was like, Maki, fucking 35 years old. You think I want to go back and forth? Like, no, it should be mixed martial arts first. Yeah. Mostly, I ain't got time for all that. Like <laughs> they said this is what they want to do. I'm like, all right, sounds good. We'll make it happen. So first round's Muay Thai, third round's Muay Thai, three minutes, three minutes, MMA's, MMA's second and fourth, three minutes, three minutes. So two, two. Have you ever competed in a pro Muay Thai fight or even amateur? One amateur Muay Thai fight. When was that? I think 2007, I think. I had to, yeah, 2007. Did you win? I did. I broke my rib in the process. Damn. How'd you win? Uh, it was uh, United decision. Okay. And are you using MMA gloves? Yes. Oh, even for the Muay Thai? You're not switching in the middle? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to the best of your knowledge, how will it be scored? I have no idea. I haven't really, I don't care about that. <laughs> You're just going out there for a fight. F it. I'm going out there for a fight, guys. Like, I'm going out there for a fight and have fun and test myself. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, for me, wins, losses, draws, they never changed my, my life, my outcome, my perspective of mixed martial arts. I've always enjoyed competing. Um, you know, I come home, you know, wash dishes, do, 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 do me and, and get ready for the next one. So for me, if I was to sit down and look at like how they're going to score the fight, I just, there's just no point. Like, I don't, I don't care. Is it going to be weird mentally to remind yourself, like, let's say now in the first round, you can't go for a takedown, right? In the second round, you can. Third round, you can. Like, is that, you think that's going to be a bit of a, a mind <laughs> F, if you will? 1000% because naturally for the last, I mean, my whole entire career in mixed martial arts, you know, like when they, when they first presented this fight, you know, they're like, Hey, you want to do, you want to fight Rod Ting for the Muay Thai belt? I was like, nah, I was like, I don't, I don't care about being a Muay Thai champion. I'm like, there's people out there who dreamt their whole lives to be a Muay Thai champion. But I said, I will fight Rod Ting. I was like, I'll fight in the Muay Thai. We can do big, big gloves. You know, I, I like Muay Thai. This is me personally. I like Muay Thai when I watch Muay Thai and, you know, when it's in Thailand or lion fighting or K1, they have the big gloves. They have the big gloves on, right? So I'm kind of accustomed to seeing that. That's so like, I'll fight uh, Rod Tang, Muay Thai, big gloves, we do three threes, call it good, and move on to the next one. Then they came back with this. And so, um, but it's definitely going to be different. Uh, a mind that because naturally I am, you know, blah, blah, and I, 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 I changed my elevation. Yeah. and ready to go and be fluid. It's like, to be fluid and just move, it just, it's like I'm stopping my natural ability to be fluid and move, right? Um, because I'm a mixed martial artist. I'm not a Muay Thai fighter. So, um, and how I fight is that I build upon the rounds, right? Like first round, I'm moving, using my footwork, using my elevation change, using my clinching, using my wrestling. That's one round of five minutes of that, of my pressure going on, on, on. Second round, same thing. Third round, same thing. Fourth round, same thing. Five, fifth round. If they haven't succumbed or drowned within those four, first four rounds of the fifth round, I typically do. So to say that the first and third round, I have to be, you know, in a handicapped state and not use my greatest asset. Yeah, it's kind of that mind, mind, mind fog. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is, baby. We don't get, we don't get paid to sit here and, you know, pick fights we get paid to fight that's right that that's right um what weight is it at 135 135 okay um so this is pretty uh i mean this is normal for you these days could you even make 125 right now like if you tried if you want like i could i could but would it be healthy absolutely not like i love being 
I love just being like, there's been times where I'm like, dude, I'm tired of fucking cutting weight. I'm tired of like, just, you know, not, I hate dieting because I feel like you stop the natural progression of your body of its nutrients and the calories that it wants, you know, like we're, we're a high, uh, high induced cardio sport, right? We're going out there, we're fighting for 15 to 25 minutes. Five minute gym, we're training three times a day. So cutting back the calories and all that stuff. I've just never been a big fan of it, but when you go to compete, you are going to fight bigger guys. That's just, you know, you're going to fight guys that are taller, et cetera, et cetera. So what I want to make 125 again, no, I don't want to just because I don't want to put my kidneys, my liver and all that stuff being 35 years old. I'm just, I'm a lot bigger now. Like now me dying at 135, like I'm dying now and I'm waking up 140. I'm like, fuck, I still got five more pounds. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, all right. So this, this, like right now, how much, like you're fighting in uh, 10 days exactly from now, how much do you weigh? 140. Oh, wow. This is great. When do you go over yeah, there? Yeah, it's great. I mean, this is how much I weighed when I fought in the UFC. I right. wake up 140, then, you know, when I, when I fought Dom for the belt, you know, I was coming on weighing 138. So when I made that weight cut, it was like three pounds. And I was, you know, what, 2010? No, 2010, one of those fucking times uh, when I fought him. So, I, you know, I'm still still the same size, but I'm just more filled. I'm just more filled out. I'm not cutting to 125 like I used to all the time. Right. I believe it. Yeah, it was 2010 Washington D.C. UFC on versus six. I mean, I mean, yep. look at that memory is just amazing. And I'm, that's what I'm telling you, baby. <laughs> Mixed martial Hall of Fame, baby. You I was like, no, 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 no. It was this yes, thing, yes, and yes, he yes, won yes, like yes. this. So yes, I'll be the curator of all the uh, the artifacts. Um, we have not seen you in almost a year in action. To to for lack of a better term, like to sit on that L for this long, how has that sat with you? Oh, it's good. Came you home. Know. Like I said, got right when I win and I lose, it, yeah. it literally, I come home, I do the same thing. Literally the same there thing. There hasn't the been a that, fire inside of you to like, ah, I don't want that L at the top. I want to, I want that winning feeling again. The feelings are the same. The feelings are, I mean, yes, there's a little sadness. You know, when you're in a hotel room, you come home. But my circle is super tight. Like the people I hang out with on a daily basis in my life, they don't they don't fight, they don't watch fighting, they don't, you know, we don't even talk about fighting, to be honest with you. So I'm not surrounded by uh, the fight world. Like the fight world only exists when I go on Instagram and Twitter. But mm-hmm. that's just two that's just two doorways, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, obviously, you know, I train to win, right? Like I want to win, but you know. Losing, losing obviously sucks, but I don't let it, you know, affect my life. I don't let it affect my outlook on mixed martial arts. Like even my buddy Bibiano, he just had a loss to Sean Lineker. It sucks, you know. I mean, I, I've been there before. You train, and you expect to go out there and win, but shit, you win some, you lose some. Even when I, even after I defended, you know, the belt for eleven time, and I threw Ray Borg in the fucking air, caught him in the armbar. It was a great feeling, you know. We went out to the club. We all had some drinks, got drunk, and came home. My black ass was sitting right there washing them dishes. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just it's just the fucking truth. What do you want? Right, 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 right. <laughs> There's no, like, parade. I get it. No, I, I definitely yeah. get it. I just didn't know if the competitor in you was like, eh, I want to write that wrong. Yeah, abs- I mean, do I want to write the wrong? Absolutely. I want to work my way back up to it, right? Like, I got to get through Rod Singh first, right? So this, like, when I look at this fight, this fight is to go out there and fight and compete and not use my full skill set. I can use it for six minutes, essentially, right. which is not even, a, you know, two rounds of mixed martial arts. So get out there and let's take care of Rod Singh. Let's see how that fight goes. Then, you know, after that, we'll get back to mixed martial arts. We'll see the next person in his line, get back to doing what I do best, which is mixing up all of my skill set 
which is mixed martial arts, and then work our way back to the title shot. And then if I come up, if I get to the title shot and it's Adriano Yuya Wakamatsu, we go out there, give it our best shot. If we uh, come up short again, we come up short, we win, we win. Uh, is there a part of you that wants to fight? Have you decided, are you going to fight multiple times this year? Yes, I'm, I'm fighting multiple times this year, regardless of the outcome, the outcome of my Raw Tank fight. More than two, you think, or is two probably? I think if I can do three, that'd be awesome. But two is in, in line, right? Like I feel I missed. I feel like I fight better when I'm more more active. I mean, when I fight in the World Grand Prix, three fights in a year was a lot. Like it was a lot, but it was it was worth it. You know what I mean? So if I can get three in this year, awesome. But we're shooting for two, and it all depends on my health, my body, mentally. I mean. You know, the training camp for me is the biggest thing. Like, we are, I'm, I'm such an overthinker that I want perfection. Like, I want perfection. And if I can just have that mindset, well, I just don't care. Like, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. I'm um, not going to watch a video. I'm just going to go in there and fight. Then I can probably do fucking four fights over <laughs> four or five, you know, because it, you go on there, you fight, you, you lose, you lose, you win, you win, come home, train again, do it over again. Mm-hmm. Right. So, We'll see. I saw you say on, or you wrote on Instagram that like the past year you kind of put your career, you know, on the, uh, you know, on the, the, back burner. the back burner. Yes. The back burner. Thank you. And, uh, you're, you know, you're a dad and I see you with, uh, your sons is like, are your sons going to be like pro BMX riders or something? What's going on over here? <laughs> I mean, I see them riding these things. Like they're, are they competing? What are they doing? No, my oldest turn, he writes, um, he does motocross. Um, he loves it. That's the only sport he truly cares about. Um, yeah, he doesn't care anything about mixed martial arts fighting whatsoever or football, basketball, soccer, doesn't even care about it. Uh, middle, if if any of my children are going to fight, it'll probably be my middle one because he he actually, he doesn't watch it, but he's always like moving and he talks to his friends about fighting and he wants to do, he wants to do jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, not Muay Thai, but karate, but I'm like, nah, dog, like you need to enjoy being a kid. Like, mm-hmm. Be athletic because I think when you look at the landscape of champion, well, I'm not gonna go there because you're never can fucking argue me. I don't like arguing. So no, tell me, tell me, I tell me. Ath- what do you want to say? No, 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 no. I, I think I think athletic ability goes goes a long way than athletic athletic ability and grit goes a long way in a sport of mixed martial arts. So, um, and then my daughter, she's three, so we don't know what she's gonna do. But you know, when I made that comment, I put my career in a back burner. Is that with COVID nineteen? Things are different over there in Singapore. Like for us to get over there to compete, it's just a lot more that goes in, into play. And at any given point, their government will be like, hey, our cases are up high. We're shutting this shit down. Just like that. Like yeah. that's just that was just the nature of my career in the last two years, right? Like with COVID-19. Now that things are starting to get more lenient and the restrictions are starting to, you know, de-escalate, I guess you can say. Um, I'm going to be able to compete more often. So when I can't go and compete, why not focus on the things that I see every single day that matter, which are my children and my wife and the things at home that way. Cause one, one of these days I'm going to hang the gloves up. And if I've always been uh, MIA or not involved in my children's life, when I finally come up, Hey guys, I don't have to fight anymore. I'm your dad. And it's like, who the fuck you been the last yeah. six or seven years? Right. Like, yeah. So for me, it's like, it's, it's, it, that's why I'm saying like, my mindset when I'm at home, it's 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 home life. It's that's it's, that's just what it is, um, and that's why I made that comment. Is that you know, 
Career's on the back burner at that time. Now we're full swing. We're back into fight mode. And after this fight, I will take that hat off and put this hat on, which is focus on the family, focus on what we're going to do next and investments and all that, et cetera. So if your son, your middle son comes up to you now and says, I want to go take jujitsu classes, would you try to mm-hmm. convince him otherwise? No, I'll let him take it. Okay. We've never, we've, we've never, that's one of the things we, we've done to me my wife destiny have done as a parenting is that we've never shied the children away from trying things. Like we almost promote it, mm. right? We're almost promoted. But the, the, the type of mindset I have is like, okay, I look at motocross and I look at, you know, I, it's an amazing sport. I, I can't wait to get back on my Husqvarna. Um, it's a great sport. And when I look at the athletes, I'm like, okay, so how much this guy, how much, how much does the average motocross uh, guy make? And I'm like, okay, so he's making, you know, Fifty to six thousand. I think he's good, and he's on a factory team. And you have your thing. I'm doing the numbers in my head right now, and I'm just like, there's no point. He's better off going to fucking college or working at Microsoft, making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year instead right. of having the risk of blowing his knee out. So that's why my wife was like, you guys stop that. Like they have to create memories, right? And like, who knows if he's going to make it become a professional motocross? And if he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. So like having, I can't have. I gotta have the same mindset that I have in my mixed martial arts career that my children have in their adventures, right? Because if I'm like, man, I, I gotta spite, man. I gotta, yeah. my life depends on it. What are we gonna do? Or I'm like, hey, you know, but even when I lost my last fight, like my son was like, how do you feel? I was like, I'm good, I'm home. Take care of you guys, this, this, this is my main job. And they're like, okay. And I tell them, I was like, you know, yes, I can sit here and throw a fit, say I wasn't ready at that, but I was ready for that fight, you know? It was one little blip. You know, that one little uppercut and that knee to the ground, and that was it. I was like, I've been dropped harder in my fights, harder from my fights from Dodson, where I'm like, shit, where did Dodson go? Boom, uh, oh shit, there he is. And getting up, I'm like, oh, got bled, and getting dropped multiple times in a fight. And I told him, I was like, it's part of the game. You get back on your horse and you ride that motherfucker back into battle again. And that's what I'm doing on March 26th, riding this motherfucker back in battle. Do the boys realize who you are now? Are they old enough? My son gets off more when I jump my my dirt bike. Really? <laughs> yeah, they like when they when they you know their friends were like, oh, you know who your dad is? He goes, yeah, he's, yeah, he fights. And so, like when you go to like parent things, you know, parties, school things, the dads don't talk to you about this. Mm, no. <laughs> no. Like, I live in a small town. You got to think, mixed martial arts is not big here in, I would say, in I know, but you're a freaking Washington. legend, man. You're one of the greatest ever. Yeah. I mean, I, here's one thing. Ariel, I was at the gym the other day working out, and this guy came in, he goes, dog, you know you got the most consecutive UFC takedowns? You got that record. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. How my triceps look, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you so, couldn't care I mean, less. Yeah, I'm just... I'm grateful that I, I've been able to set the bar high. I'm grateful to be in the position I'm in. And, you know, I never take my my credentials that I've done in the sport of mixed martial arts for granted, you know? so. And by the way, on top of all of those accomplishments, all those credentials, dare I say, probably the greatest social media handles of all time, both on Twitter and Instagram. I mean, Mighty, 
just a clean mighty like that? How did you? How did you that pull was that you. off? Wait, what? Oh, what? Didn't didn't you? What? I think I felt like you tried to inspire me to do that. I mean, you got me mighty mouse. I think you kind of mm. pushed me to that 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 mm. way. Then mighty, uh, yeah. I just, that's just I just like to be called mighty. Like when I play video games, like, watch out mighty, watch out mighty. I'm like, oh, what do you, I put in the call? I put in. I you were leaving the UFC. I was like, we got to drop the UFC. Obviously, you can't be one of those I, guys. I, I thought. I moved mountains I for you. I just, I was just. That's what I just said, Ariel. Just you not hear what I just said? I was trying to give myself the old Barry Horowitz. <laughs> a little. I mean, it's one of the clean. We were talking. It's right here, mighty over there. I'm like, wow, that is just so sweet. I wonder how he got such a clean. Because it wasn't always that. Your your Instagram was like Mighty Mouse 125 or some crap like that, it right? Was, it was Mighty Mouse 125. Oh, that was brutal. That was the thing too. Like even when I had my Twitch, it was Mighty Mouse UFC 125 or Mighty Mouse UFC, and they're like, "Don't drop the UFC because it's 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 a uh, it's 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 a, a marketing tactic because everybody knows about the UFC." And I was like, "Nah," and that's why I just did Mighty Gaming. It's like it's me gaming. The same with Instagram is that that's that's the one thing I you know I would say I will never forget about my UFC days when we used to have the UFC Fighter Summit. Is that you know all the fighters would go to the Vegas, we party, obviously have a good time with Steve Dog, doing good things. And <laughs> we would talk about uh, branding. And the one thing Dana might say, he goes, you guys need to make your, become your own brand. Don't just, you know, tell Coke behind our brand, be your own brand. That way, if you get an endorsement deal, it's it's endorsement deal between, you know, the athlete and the, the sponsorship or people want to do shirts, whatever it may be, or even my Instagram handle, right? It's not you know, my name is one athlete. It's just mighty or yeah. my Twitter, my name is, et cetera. So thank you, Earl Hawani. I appreciate no, you. No, listen. For, you know, thank you. Maybe you can leave that turn that, uh, that, yeah, that right there, the YouTubes, that's something too, that, you know, I, I treat with YouTubes. It's one of my favorite ones. And then you got the MMA bobblehead over there as well. So yes. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's about oh, just yeah. branding, like that's... just getting your footprint everywhere. By the way, have you ever walked out to the Mighty Mouse theme song? No, and it never will. Why not? It's a great song. I don't like it. You don't, I like, don't it? like it. I don't like it. I like rap. I like rap. Give me pumped up. You Man. know, this this will be the first time in Asia I'm gonna come out to rap. I'm super excited. Oh, which song? <laughs> which song? Um, T.I. Go Get It. I used to come out to when I fought in, uh, in America. Okay. Uh, and fans. <laughs> fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'll never forget what Uriah Faber said. He says, "Man, if I'm gonna do this, I gotta have some fans there." And I'm like, you know, you're right, Uriah. But at the same time, you know, you know. This is how I make a living. So I still have to fight when it's an empty crowd. Um, but I'm super excited for the fans to be back in uh, Singapore. Mm, I'm looking forward to it. It was weird without fans, right? Yeah, it was more intimate. Like it, it reminded me of just sparring in the gym. Like you can hear everything, you can hear the feet sliding, yeah, and, yeah. you know, <clears throat> all that stuff. It, it's definitely an eerie, eerie feeling. You know, like I would say competing in the COVID 19 era is probably the most like it's just eerie eerie yeah i agree i think a, a a remix of the mighty mouse song like a rap hip-hop remix of it would be pretty damn sweet to cap off the career <laughs> come on someone can who's do that rap? i mean who, who, pick who's someone <laughs> who's your favorite i mean i feel like we can set this up i mean my 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 the, the rappers i'm seeing now are don Tolliver, gonna here i come to save the my goodness, mighty mouse. You know, everyone, I have to go. I, I, I apologize to him. He's over now. All right. Just hey, think hey, about rapper, it. Okay. Hey, Let, 
Let it let it marinate. Uh, I can't wait for this. March 26th, 1X. This is the fight that I'm most looking forward to, although I am looking forward to Shinya versus Sexyama because I do have a thing for Sexyama. He is just so freaking amazing, that guy. I love that guy. Uh, I wish you the best, my friend. Safe travels over there. I can't wait to watch. Do we know how it will be uh, broadcast here in America? Do we know that yet? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can watch the fight at uh, w.1fc.com or you can order the pay-per-view. I believe pay-per-view is only for Asia. Um, I've been telling all my friends what I do when I watch it is I wake up at, um, if you want to watch my fight specifically, uh, I'm a Pacific Standard Time. So I wake up around 5.30, 6.30 in the morning to catch like the Comey and the main event. That's when I watch Tom Lee and Bibiano fight. Um, and I, I just jump on YouTube real quick, just skip a hoop. It's YouTube. It's on, they're watching the fights live and it's, it's live. So that's, that's what I do, but 1FC.com or the pay-per-view. Always a pleasure. Always an honor, my friend. All the best to you. Godspeed. Can't wait for the fight. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, bro. Have a good day. You too. There he is, the one and only Demetrius Johnson. And yes, he gave me this guy back in the day. I mean, a lot of great characters on today's show. Lovable characters, Molly, Matt Brown. There are a million bad ways to start your morning off. The no coffee traffic jam. The soggy morning jog. The why is the dog taking so long? Just go already walk. But you can unleash your ideal day with a perfect shower using Method hair care products. Designed with high quality ingredients, Method's new range of shampoos and conditioners will give your hair undeniable softness and shine. And hey, if you're a night shower kind of person, that's great too. Try pure peace infused with peony, rose water, and quinoa protein. Or simply nourish crafted with coconut, rice milk, and shea butter or Daily Zen made with cucumber, seaweed, and green tea. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Shop methodproducts.com. Casey, DJ, our next guest, uh, and I'm looking forward to talking to our next guest. You'll recall back in October, Kevin Lee had just fought Kyle Dacus, unfortunate ending. He's back home, and he catches a carjacker. Riding around town, he's chasing him, catches the guy, apprehends him. He's a real-life superhero. Amazing. What a legend. Does it so nonchalantly. Then we get word, Monday night, he's at a sushi restaurant with friends, Houston area, 40 to 50 people there, a gunman walks in and just opens fire. And there he is, Kevin Holland, superhero, real-life superhero, helps, along with the two others, take down the gunman, apprehend him, subdue him, take the gun away. Not a single soul got hurt. An amazing story. Some way, somehow, he's at the right place, right time. Wrong place, right time. I don't know. But, I mean, the man is an absolute legend. He's an inspiration. He's kind enough to join us right now on the program to talk about this. And I know he didn't want to talk a lot to the uh, media beforehand, but I mean, look at this guy. Thanks, Eric. Ke- I mean, appreciate you. Kevin, this is incredible. Is it right place, right time? Is it right place, wrong time, wrong place, right time? I don't know. How does this keep happening to you? I don't know, man. It really, honestly, it depends how you look at it. You know, it's like uh, the carjacking thing. That was pretty cool because I got to drive my car really fast. But uh, <laughs> that one right there, that wasn't that cool because it's like, you know, A, I'm eating dinner. B, I'm having a good time. C, it's like 
who the hell expects somebody to come in and start shooting while they're eating? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was just one of those times where it was just like, uh, you know, however they want to label it, just happy everybody's safe, nobody's hurt, you know, and uh, so on and so forth. But I'm glad I'm doing an interview with Ariel because some of those other ones I didn't want to do. Glad I'm doing one with you. Oh, respect. Because you're going to help me get to the bottom of some, Ariel. Oh. I want to find the first person that jumped in there and, and originally grabbed the guy to help slow down the whole shooting and everything. I like to find that guy. And next time they have some fights in Houston, whether it needs to come out of my own pocket or whatever, I like to get that man and his old lady some tickets to go watch some UFC fights, whether it be me fighting there or whether it just be uh, him showing up to some fights. So we can find that guy. We can get that guy some tickets to a fight. Let's go. I think that'd be lovely. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. And uh, I will do whatever I can to help you find that guy. Can we start at the beginning, though? Can you paint? I, I, I'm sure you have probably told this story now to a bunch of people, your family, everyone wants to know. But can you paint the picture? It's Monday night. You're at a, a sushi restaurant in Houston. It's around 1130 local time. What happens? Yeah. So, you know, we're at the sushi spot. We're chilling, having a good time. I finally got my uncle out with me. Uh, he's my baby uncle because he's a year younger than me. Huh. Uh and we're out just chilling, you know, doing our thing, uh, having a good old meal, you know. Uh, I finish my food. I usually finish first. I'm a fast eater. I got uh, I'm on my second. I'm on my second liquor. Ariel, I'm having a good time. Yes, you know yes. what I mean. I got me some Hennessy and some and some Coke. You know, I'm just chilling. And uh, there was a party behind us, birthday party. So when I heard when I heard the bang originally, Ariel, I'm like, all right, that's a champagne bottle. You know what I mean? I'm thinking my people back here are having a Look at that battery dying on me. Oh. I was thinking, my people are having a good time. You know, they're back here having a good time. Uh, so I turned to look behind me, and people were running, glasses breaking. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, that's not a champagne bottle. That's a gunshot. Uh, I go to turn to see the people that was in front of me. They're down low. They're getting down. My uncle's getting up like he's about to run. I grab him by the shirt, pull him down. I'm like, yo, chill. I look to the side. It was kind of like an island right there. As I look to the side. The guy's holding the guy with the gun, you know, and the gun's pointing just directly towards the back of the spot, right where we're sitting at and everything. And I'm like, all right, well, that guy's safe, but we're not. So, you know, instead of going around the right side of the bar, I go around the left side of the bar, which, you know, there's a long island in between there. So as I'm running down, I pick up a chair. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to use this chair. This chair's going to come in handy. Grab the chair. Uh, I hit the corner. As soon as I hit the corner, you know, they're still wrestling. At this point in time, the guy's kind of like a little more spaced out. You know, it's like the, the shooter's getting back in a little bit of emotion. But the guy still has a good grip on the gun, you know, and, he, and he's holding the hammer. You know what I mean? That's probably the best thing he did was hold the hammer. Uh, so it's like I get over there. I'm trying to make out who the two guys are. So I put the chair down just to make sure I don't hit the wrong person with the chair, you know. Right, right, right. Uh, realize who the shooter is. Help ply the gun out. First, we aim the gun down, you know, because I'm like, this is probably be a better situation instead of pointing towards the back. But then as it's aiming down, I'm like, yo, we're upstairs. What if somebody's downstairs? So then I hit it towards the island, and then we hit it up top like this. At this point in time, the guy, I noticed his wrist is starting to jam up a little bit. Punch the wrist. I pull the fucker back, put him in a rear naked choke, sit him in the lap. I choke him. My uncle's sitting there, and he's, I call him her. At this point in time, I'm calling him Herb Dean with the dreads out the back. Skinny Herb Dean, you know, he's in there. He's watching. And uh, he's like, he's not out. He's not out. He's not out. And then he grabs the guy around the guy's limp, limp. He's like, all right, he's out. Yeah, roll over, get on top, throw the backpack out. You know, the guy wakes too, you know, hold him by the back of the head. Let him up, man, you move again, I'm about to smack you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you really hard, bro. You might want to just chill out. He's like, yes, sir. So at this point in time, you know, he's probably trying to like come to. He's like, all right, I'm fucked here. So he's just sitting there. Next, you know, officer comes in. 
you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to get off. He's like, no, nope, you're going to help me flip him. We flip him. You know what I'm saying? He hit him with the cuff. And off they went. It was good. It was down. It was good to go. I had to go find my pinky ring. I had to go find my hat. Didn't lose the glasses, but it was a good night. Wow. Nobody got hurt. Everybody goes home safe. This is absurd, Kevin. I mean, you say it so nonchalantly. Were you nervous? Were you scared? No, no. I mean, it was. It's pretty quick, so you don't. You know what I mean? You don't really get scared because it's just like it's so quick. It's just more like like reaction. You know what I mean? Reaction. Mm-hmm. Play all this Call of Duty. Do all this martial arts. You better react. You right, know what I mean? Right, when right. the time comes, right? Uh, I did Kung Fu first and foremost, so I just feel like that was the best way to defend myself from the people that were with me at the time. So that's just how I responded, you know? So, no, it was, I didn't really feel like there was ever a situation to get nervous. I don't know if you remember, there was a shooting not too long ago, I think like a year ago in Texas, in the church, and the old guy pulled his stick out and hit the shooter like, bow! You know, it's like, I figured that would happen before I even got there as I was running to the guy, you know? Because, like, you live in Texas. You know, one guy pulls out a gun, another guy pulls out a gun out of nowhere and shoots that guy. Right. So, no, I mean, I'm confident in the state that I live in. You know, I always have been, always, probably always will be. So, uh, no, it's like I'm never nervous, you know, and I was more so nervous about possibly getting stampeded as I was running over there. I was more so nervous about uh, the people's reaction. Like, once I finally had the guy, like, you know, and I was on top of him, you know, they, they didn't care about the police coming, you know what I mean? They wanted to, you know, they wanted to smash the guy out. You know, everybody's on a date. Everybody's with their wives, you know, their family. And, you know, this guy's coming in here shooting a gun. I mean, that's just completely psychotic. Yeah. So, did he say anything? Yeah. Like, did, did he say, happen to say anything to you on the ground beforehand as to why he would do this? No, I mean, straight rear naked choke, choked out, sleep. Damn. He woke up with a fist poking at his face, you know. So, at that point in time, you know, he's the only thing he ever said was, yes, sir. So, wow. you know, obviously the guy, you know, he's, you know, as bad as he is, maybe he was just in a bad situation. So, that's why I'm happy that nobody got hurt, not the shooter, you know, the last situation that I was in, not the driver who stole the car, you know, nobody gets hurt. That's what I like. You know what I mean? It's like no reason for anybody to go out, be seriously harmed and, you know, not be the same in life ever again. That's not right. So, yeah. So uh, to give credit where it's due, one guy initially took him down first. Is that accurate? Yeah. He jumped on, grabbed the gun. I mean, you know, maybe that guy was scared that the gun would be pointed towards him because he was the closest to the man, but he grabbed that gun. They were scrambling for it. Wow. That guy did a good job. I, if we could find that guy, I would I would love to get that guy some tickets, you know, have a good time with the guy. And and when he initially shot, was it one gunshot that you heard? One gunshot. Boom. And where Everybody did it go? Everybody goes crazy. Glass you know where- is breaking. I think it went in the air. Uh, so my, my initial thought is that he's boom, and then he's about to draw out on uh, us. And probably Maybe he's trying to rob the place. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you never know. I would like to know. I would really, I would really like to know what would make that guy want to do that go that route, you know? And then 11.30 at night, you're robbing a sushi spot. Out of all spots to rob in the world, you're robbing a sushi spot. I mean, you know, it doesn't really make sense. So were I would pe- like to know. Were people leaving? Like when there's that wrestling match going on on the ground, are people running out of the restaurant? I would imagine, right? I think I think a few, yeah, a few people are running out and stuff like that. But I'm more so worried about the person on the ground and I'm more so worried about the people who may be trying to attack the person on the ground and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? So- the reason I ask that is why would you like, what is it about you that says, I'm not going to leave. I'm actually going to go and subdue this guy and choke him out. Why, why jump into the fray as opposed to escape? I don't know. I, like, like I said, self-defense, you know what I mean? I just felt like probably that was the, at the time, you know, things are going super quick. You know, that's what my brain registered is 
the best option. And then the guy is in front of the door. You know, this yeah. the sushi spot is kind of like oddly shaped, you know, and set up. You know, you have to go up some stairs. Sounds like a rush hour scene as you're going upstairs to go to the sushi spot to eat. You know, or you could take the elevator to get up there. So in order to leave, you have to get past this man anyways. So he has to be stalled for anybody to leave. You know, and people are running the opposite way of where the door is. So it's like, yeah, you might as well yeah, just get get to this guy. You know, it's like, I I can't leave unless the people I'm with get out of there first and foremost. Sure. Or I'm going to, I feel responsible. So like, no, you know, I'm, I'm on top of them. I'm right here. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm good now. The shooter's taken care of. We good. So you jump Pass into the, the mix, <laughs> you jump into the mix and you, 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 you get those, uh, you know, those, you, like you, you, you take his back, right? You get those hooks in and you just yeah, choke him out. In. Now so is he choke, face down yeah. or does he turn over when you do this? Nah, we're, we're, you know, I'm on my back. You're I'm on your back. I, I still want, I still wanted to scan what was in front of me. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, this is what I've seen first and foremost, but you never know what could be behind it. You never know. I mean, if they're robbing the place, how do you know there's not another guy there? How do you know sure. there's not a somebody in the car trying to come up and see what the hell is going on with this boy. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm, I'm looking my back's on the, my back's to the, to the ground. I'm looking up. I'm trying to visualize. Did he fight you when you were taking his back or was he a pretty easy, uh, so he was a small guy. Yeah. As soon as the gun got free, I, I put the choke in, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe I should cut down to 55. Area yeah. You know, the smaller they are, the better I do. What about this guy, Brendan Allen saying, Oh, I don't believe it. Cause, uh, Kevin Holland took someone down. I mean, I mean, it's a little, ill-timed that joke no i you know what there's another guy uh from the docus camp making making jokes and stuff like that which i thought was a little weird because you know chris is a uh, ex-cop and stuff like yeah. that but hey i would love to make a few jokes but you know it's hey serious. i'm a jokester i like to have fun but i mean it's one of those situations i mean i just got a message from one of the ladies that was there she was happy that her and her husband got to go home to their newborn baby so yeah man if i'm not mistaken brandon allen has a couple kids had a kid not too long ago Hopefully, when you're in that situation, Brandon, hopefully you're not joking. Hopefully, you're taking things serious and you're able to make it home to your kids and everybody that's in there can make it home to their kids and you're not such a douchebag, you know? And Brandon, don't ever forget, I'm a 170-pounder now, but I'll still go up to 85 and smack any one of you guys, bucko. Uh, how long before the cops come, to the best of your knowledge? I don't know, man. Uh, Houston PD was quick. In my eyes, they were really quick. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like... Uh, it was a nice neighborhood. Maybe they were already patrolling somewhere. And the first cop that came in there, man, he came in there by himself. Didn't need no backup. He wow. ran in that thing. I was like, yo, old guy. Oh, why didn't you want to do media? Uh, because I would imagine Kevin Holland, UFC star, does this and that. Like, this would have gotten everywhere. Why did you lay low? Yeah, I. they had to convince me to do it. Look, it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't need media for doing that type of shit. You know what I mean? It's like, Media for fighting, media for my memes, media for the <laughs> antics I may pull inside the cage or fight week. That's wonderful. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I got taught Kung Fu for not a dollar, not a penny, not a cent. You know, I didn't have to pay my original instructor, not, not anything, you know, just to give them some time. You know, I was in high school learning this stuff. And I don't feel like it's one of those things that you need clout for, you know. Uh, if I wasn't convinced to do these things today, I'd just let the whole thing ride. You know, if they didn't, people didn't start finding out it was Kevy Kev. I would have let the whole thing ride. Honestly, if if it wasn't such a shook experience, because I, I actually had some family there with me when the situation happened, I wouldn't even told my coach. I wouldn't have told my manager. I wouldn't have told the people that were close to me. I would have just kept it pushing like it was a normal day, you know? But the fact that my uncle was there with me, you know, and the gun was really in our direction and he could have got popped, you know, that type of stuff sits with me. So I'm like, yo, like, I, 
my first time going to Houston, taking my little brother with me, even though my little brother was hanging out with my cousin, playing basketball and stuff like that. Yes, that late, they were playing basketball. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like that type of stuff sits with me. Usually I travel and I travel alone. You know, anything happens when I'm alone, it's just Kevin, nothing to worry about. It's my life. I'm a samurai. I can deal with that. But when you got family and friends with you, you're like, ah, shit, you know? Like, I'm not, I didn't care about no media. You know, I cared about going home and just like, kind of like soaking in the fact that I could like still see my people and that nothing happened to none of my people, you know? So yeah, I was trying to avoid the media. Could you even go to bed that night? Like, were you rattled afterwards once the dust settled? Yeah, I I was rattled for a minute. I ain't gonna cap. You know, it was just like, like I said, the fact that I got my family with me, you know what I mean? That doesn't sit right in my stomach. Uh, and then I pounded that liquor after I got done doing all that. I just ate all that sushi and shit. So that probably didn't sit right either. But yeah, my stomach was all bubbly and I was laying in the Airbnb room and it was loud in there because it was right by the traffic. And I kept hearing cars go by and every time it would bump, I'd bump and jump up like, what the? But I mean, all in all, you know what I'm saying? A couple shimmy, shimmy reefer sticks later, I was good to go. Do you feel rattled now or are you over it? No. No, I'm good. I end up I end up going to get some coffee the next day, two, three times, end up going to a couple busy spots to get over it. I actually was talking to a, 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 some people that I met with the last name of Holland as well. Uh, and no, we're not related, but I met them at the the, the triad fights. And the one of the ladies are a counselor. So I was actually back and forth with her on the phone and she was just giving me some techniques and stuff like that on what you can do to kind of like just get you over it possibly can get any ptsd from it or you actually have anything going on just to like keep your breathing right keep your body right keep your mind right so i just followed the steps that she gave me she you know she said it'd be good to take my time but you know when i'm ready to get back into a busy area i feel like i was ready the next day so i went right back into it right back into the fire i didn't want to mess up the kids time that i promised them in houston i promised my brother he was going to train with bob i promised that we were going to go shopping and i didn't want to mess it all up just because i went through some you know what i mean the night before so no, I did the techniques that she told me. And I just kept it pushing, you know. Shook now? No, nah, I'm I'm at home, chilling. I got my shoes behind me. I got my video mm-hmm. game right here. I'm that good. Uh, and do you know what happened to the guy, the gunman? No, no. Honestly, I was talking to Orrin about it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Orrin is the manager. I was talking to him about it, and I was like, bro, I would love to find out kind of like, you know, what's going on with that guy in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the motive. Just, just so you can you know, maybe in the future, see somebody with that same type of energy walk in somewhere and you can like, you know, maybe talk to the motherfucker before they even get there. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Just want to know, like, where he coming from? Like, what would make him right. flip that, you know? They thank you? Did, like, when the cops come, do they thank you? Yeah, cops. the cops are always cool. Uh, I mean, they're happy because they ain't got to do the extra work, but they're still pissed off because they got to do paperwork. You right, know what I'm right. saying? But at, at the end, they're all really nice. They're nice to everybody in the bar. They understand we all just went through trauma time. Uh, I ain't going to lie, man. Rod, Rod should have covered my bill. I still end up having to spend $200 with y'all. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah, Rod. Next time, y'all better cover my bill, Rod. They didn't thank you? Rod was, Rod was tripping. I understand that they was going through some stuff, but you know, <laughs> Rod was tripping. I, <laughs> they just gave you like... 10 years I need worth. A sushi cake. Yeah. Man, you know what I'm saying? Come. I ain't gonna lie though. I don't know if I'm eating sushi when I go to Houston no more. I'll probably go stick to something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a, a spot out there called Flipping Patties with some good burgers and some good French fries. I'll probably just stick to that spot. You know? Yeah. Now, so are you liking this thing of being like the uh, the guy who stops crime? Do you, do you feel like this is going to be a thing? You know, there was once a fighter named Phoenix Jones. <laughs> who, do you remember this guy? He yeah. Was trying to stop. Do, yeah. do you like this gimmick or are you, are you done with this for your life? Are you done with stopping crime? 
I, I can't say I'm done with stopping crime because I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I'm somewhere, some stuff pops off, then, uh, you know, if, if I'm in the right spot, you know what I mean? I'm gonna do what I gotta do, make sure I'm okay and people around me okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always a Batman fan. You know, I love Batman. You know, if, if the police want to hire me to be Batman for the world, I got you, baby. But I doubt that's going to happen. So, uh, no, nah, I just want to keep fighting, collecting checks, uh, beating people up, and uh, mainly do my interviews for uh, beating people up in the yeah, cage and I not inside uh, bars uh, or cars. Uh, two last things. This would be a great, um, I guess, endorsement to to train, right? If you didn't have this knowledge you wouldn't have the confidence to jump in there and to yeah. also be able to pull this off. Correct. Yeah. 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 All the training throughout the years, you know, it's been a couple of times where they, they definitely have came in handy and, uh, you know, save me or save somebody next to me. And then my uncle, my uncle, I remember when he was, I remember when we were younger, you know what I mean? Like I say, he's a year or some change younger than me. I remember when I first started training martial arts, I used to just completely abuse him at the house, you know, use all my moves on him. And uh, he used to always be like, why do you do this? His buddy, actually, military guy, uh, when we were younger, like, you know, that we were too young to do stuff like that. He was like, basically, like, why do you do this to us? We've all had experiences where we've been like, yo, I'm happy we got beat up when we were younger and we did all our martial arts stuff. So, yeah, uh, maybe that needs to be part of PE in school. Maybe yeah. you guys need to do more martial arts. Uh, I don't know. But martial arts definitely saved me plenty of times and saved others. So, yeah, it's, it's go-to. Let's what a go freaking to. story, man. What a freaking story. I, I feel, uh, I, I mean, I'd be remiss just because I feel like you are always ready to go. We only spoke to you like a couple of weeks ago, so it hasn't been so long. Do you have your next fight yet? Or, I mean, I feel like I have to ask this no. question. No, okay. No, I don't have my next fight yet. But, you know, uh, everybody knows who I want to fight, but he has a fight with Joe Lazon, so. Uh, oh, so we're back. Go. We're back we'll, on that train. We'll I thought you were out. jumping off that. Yeah, train. I'm back on that train. I ain't even. Gonna, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I try and be respectful because he's OG. Like I don't want to be that guy. But I mean, I don't care what people say. I mean, I've always been a fan of Donald Cerrone. To be able to share that octagon with Donald Cerrone before he retires, that'd be awesome. Like I said, I'm a good first fight, last fight, or uh, any fight. So, I mean, that fight's coming that up. You could be right, right after. Um, you know, or maybe that fight doesn't happen, and I'm the guy. Oh wait. Do you know something we don't know? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um, much respect to you, Kevin. Plus, why would Donald Cerrone want to cut all that weight? Why, why would Donald want to cut all that weight? When he fights me, he can drink beer and still enjoy himself. Of course. Yeah. 170. Let's go. Catch weight. 175. <laughs> Let's go. Um, amazing. What, it's just amazing, man. So, so much respect for you. You're a real-life superhero. Uh, I can't believe this happened again. But man, I want to be next to you when when shit goes down because you get things done, my friend. You you stop bad people from doing bad things. So just well done to you. I hope they give you the key to Texas. Forget the key to the city. Give you the key to the whole damn state, if you ask me, for what you're doing for the people. Uh, first and foremost, y'all better make sure I ain't got no speeding tickets. That's out. right. Yeah, I need a little speeding pass. Yeah. Yeah. The next time they find out you got speed tickets, they better freaking let you go and do a parade for you on the way home. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Stop. Do a donut and then go down the street. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, Kevin. I appreciate it, man. Well done. Uh, no problem. Thank right. you, man. You guys have a good one. You right, too. Bye. There he is. Kevin Holland. What a freaking legend. What a story. I mean, what a story that is. I hope I never have to deal with something like that. And yet this man has had to deal with it twice. Twice he's been in this situation. Twice. One time there's a guy driving around, stealing cars. Next time he's having sushi on a Monday night. I mean, first of all, this is why I've always been told probably to not have sushi on a Monday. That's a thing, right? People say, don't have sushi on a Monday. 
crazy things happen. In all seriousness, you're out, you're eating, it's late Monday, you're in some strip mall in Houston. Why would this ever happen? Those people are lucky that that, that first guy, and let's, let's give that guy props, whoever he may be, wherever you are, if you happen to be watching this, reach out to us, MMA Fighting, to me, to uh, Kevin Holland, to Oren Hodak. You deserve what he wants to offer you. Tickets to a UFC fight. That's the least that you deserve, my friend. You took down an active shooter in a restaurant with 40 to 50 people. You are a hero as well. Too bad that he didn't get to, uh, to talk to him afterwards and didn't get his information, but that's a really cool thing that he wants to do. So if you happen to know that person who stopped this initially, let's, uh, let's get him what he deserves. When, when uh, Oren told me about this on, on Tuesday, yesterday, I was like, what? No way. This happened again? How could this happen again? How could you be put in that situation twice in a life? Once is, you know, a story to be told forever. Twice is just... And that, I mean, the second time, scary. I mean, there's a lot of people involved there. A lot of lives. Um, so Kevin Holland, legend forever. Much respect. What more can you say about that guy? A true, true hero. All right. Uh, one more guest will be joined in a matter of moments by Ilya Tapuria, who is fighting this Saturday against Jai Herbert, but he was in the news yesterday. He and Patty Pimblett have been going back and forth for a few months, not like constantly, but there were some things said on Twitter and, you know, they're now in the same weight class. So there were things, you know, being, uh, being written to each other, tweeted back and forth. And they crossed paths at the uh, the Fighter Hotel in London yesterday, and it got a little heated. In fact, there is some footage courtesy of Ilya's Instagram page. This is what happened. It's a quick clip. Take a look. All right, so there you have it. Kind enough to be joined right now by Ilya Taporia, who is fighting on Saturday against Jai Herbert, but was involved in that situation. Ilya, como estas? Muy bien, amigo. Glad to talk to you again. How are yes. you? Uh, it is my pleasure. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. I know it's uh, it's been a long day, long couple days for you over there. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, can you tell us your side of the story? Why did that happen yesterday at the hotel? So it didn't happen because he told me something yesterday. It comes from a long time ago. He was arguing with uh, one of my closest friends, uh, with Kuram, once in, in Twitter, and he posted like, uh, now I understand why Russia destroyed Georgia because you are dumps. And it makes my, my blood boil. You know, when I saw, I was like surprised. I didn't believe when I, when I saw that tweet because in 2008, I was living in, in, in Georgia when, when that war happened, you know. And it was a very difficult time for me, for my family, for, uh, for all my friends, for my country. You know, a lot of innocent people, kids, were dying in that that war, and see see how someone is joking about that, 
it makes my blood boil. So I uh, I text to him. I I don't remember what 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 I, what, what I tweet. And when they give me the fight in London, he texts me like three weeks ago, like. I can't wait to see you in London. We'll see if you have the boss to, to tell me everything you, you text me in Twitter. Bullshit. And I come here the first day when I come to the hotel. I come out. I finish my interviews. I, I was walking into the hotel and I saw him. And he looked to me like a nice guy and he wanted to, sh- to, to, sh- to shake my hand. You know, he, come to me. He, he didn't come, but he, he looked at me like nice, you know. I threw the bottle to his face. He he threw it back to me. I, I don't know what. I, I I slip and I give him a proper right hand. And it's there's where you have to video yourself. Everyone saw the video, you know, what happened. It, so it's it's hard. You have to to, to, to Ukraine flag, you know. Can yeah. you imagine if I start to make some some jokes about the war where the children are dying, but people are suffering, you know? You can talk about that, you know. A hundred percent. So this is what. Um, the, the the conversations that you were saying you were having, were those private? Like, were you guys DMing each other where he said, I can't wait to see you to see if you say that? Or was that public? No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't have, like, private message with dumps like him. And I saw his interview today. That he was saying, like, uh, Ilya is nobody. He's small, something like this. Who the fuck is him? Mm. Who the fuck is him? This guy have just one fight in, in, in the UFC and yes, maybe I'm not so tall, but I need just one punch and I can put my balls on his forehead. So I, 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 I if he gets to win, I really want to fight with him. Even if he didn't get to win, I want to fight him because of my people, because of me, you know, I want to take his head off. So uh, you saw him, that was the first, like the, what we just saw there was the first time that you saw him, yes? The first time, the and, first time. And uh, you said... It, you threw a bottle at him, he threw one back, or the same bottle back, and then you threw a punch. Did it land? It was hard to tell from there. Did the punch land? And I, I, I thought I, I touched him in, in the shoulder, okay. in his hand. And were he, you- was, he was, he was, but next time, next time, if I see him, right now, he, he's walking with security. He needs a security in his own country, you know? What were you hoping happened there? Like, were you ready to get into a fight with him? Because uh, I would imagine the UFC wouldn't have been too happy with that. Of course, I will be happy to. If they give me that fight, even that that, that fight didn't mean anything for me. You know, like uh, you know, like like a professional, he's not ranked. He has just a one fight in in, in the UFC. He's fucking nobody. But I want to fight him. But no, like yesterday, a step what- back for me. But it doesn't matter. But yesterday at the hotel, what were you trying to accomplish? I were trying to take his head off. And he he takes something like, it was like six against uh, versus me. And you can see in in the video, my my, my coach was on his back making a coffee, a calm. He didn't even move, you know, no one touched him. My brother was separating me. Can you imagine if we, everyone go, go, go against him? He was alone. We will kill him. Um, he, he, go ahead. He should to be thankful with, with with all my teammates because they separate me. You know, if not, he will be I don't know in the hospital right now. And and who was filming that? 
my filmmaker. Was it a coincidence that he happened to be filming you when you were walking up to him, or did you see him from afar and then he started filming? No, I didn't saw him. Uh, I always been in uh, all my fight, uh, fights. I bring my filmmaker with me, and like a normal fight, fight week, you know, he was uh, recording everything. And wow, casualty, we, I saw him, and I take the opportunity to to throw a button to to his face. So uh, I saw obviously when you posted it. And then I looked last night and there was like 500,000 views on this video on your Instagram. But then I looked later yeah. and it was gone. Is the video gone? Yeah, because the, yeah, the, the, the Instagram delays the video, but the UFC is trying to recover the video. Instagram deleted it? Yeah, Instagram deleted why? it. I don't know why. I didn't understand. I don't know. That's weird. They did. I thought, yeah. I thought someone told you to take it down. No, never. I never will take the video back. Right. Um, did you get in trouble? Did the UFC get mad at you for this? No, he gets in trouble. He's walking in with security right now in Toronto because he, he's scared. He shit on his pants. But they didn't talk to you like, hey, we don't, we, we don't want fights in the hotel, that sort of thing. No one spoke to you about this? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. They told me like try to to stay professional. It's not uh, a very professional when you when you try to fight someone in the house. You know, I understand that part, but I couldn't like control my emotions in that moment. You know, it's it's hard to see a, a, a motherfucker like like him and and don't say anything. Uh, we're showing the tweet here that I think uh, upset you most. Uh, he tweeted, "Lad, how stupid are these Georgians, man?" No wonder the Russians terrorized their lives with a laughing yeah. emoji. That was the one you're referring to? Yeah, that's yeah. the one, man. He's fucking crazy. I I don't know, you know. No one in my family te teach me to, to, to say something like that to someone, you know. I don't know. Uh, that's not, not, not a joke, you know. Right. Uh, because I would imagine what's happening right now in the Ukraine is is very reminiscent of what happened 14 years ago, right? It, 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 it's the same situation we were living in Georgia in 2008. Right. And you, the same situation. You were living there at the time? Yeah, I, I, I was living there, yeah. And uh, a, 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 a lot of guys from my class, my friends, I saw all of them, like how their parents were, were dying in, in, in the war and... A crazy situations, you know. I can't even explain how the situation was on that times, you know. And when I hear someone uh, joking about that, you know, phew. yeah, no laughing matter. Now, were you, uh, you? You were not at the media day today, right? No, I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't watch that. Uh, was that always the plan, or did they remove you from it? Mm, I think they they removed me. I think so. Okay. I, I, I uh, yeah, focusing on my trainings. I, I don't care, you know. If they want me there, I will be there. If not, I will be training, focusing on my fight. Um, you mentioned that he spoke about you a little bit. I just want to play for the audience what he said and get your response. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, here's, here's Patty earlier today. Maybe someone will say this week they see what happened yesterday with you and Ilya, and they'll say, "Is Patty focused on the fight? Is he is his priorities in the right place?" What would you say in response to that? Who's that? Oh, hand sanitizer boy. Is that who you mean? Oh yeah, um, 
That's his name from now on, lad. Don't refer to him as his name, lad. His name's hand sanitizer because I got bounced off his head. But I don't, I don't concern myself with none of that, lad. He wanted to come at me and try and act hard, and he got put in his place, lad. I was stood there on my own, and there was about six of them, and he'd done nothing. If he wanted to do something, he would have come round the table and tried to have a fight with me, but he didn't. He stood on the other side of the table because he knows what's good for him. Were you surprised in the moment that happened? Like, did it take you a second to realize what was going on? Maybe get your guard up a little bit in terms of um, you know, realizing where you were? Not and how really. Many were like, as soon as he come out of them double doors, lad, he snarled me. You know what I mean? So I looked at him and said, "What?" And then he walked towards me and I said, "What's happening, lad?" What? And then as he got close to me, he um, he like swiped a swiped a slap at me. You know what I mean? And obviously, lad, if you raise your hand to me, I'm gonna do something. So I wasn't punching him because I'm not breaking my hand and not being able to fight and earn me money on the weekend. So I stepped back and picked the hand sanitizer up and bounced it off his head. And then he swung a dig what I moved out of the way of with a bit of ease. He's just got a little bit of man, uh, small man syndrome, lad. You know what I mean? He's only 5'7", isn't he? So just try to leave the little men to it. Is, is that something that goes through your head in the moment? Okay, let's end it there. Uh, what, what do you make of these comments, Ilya? Hey, man, he saw me and he shit on his pants. He didn't say anything, anything. He was like that. He was eating his eggs or I, I, I don't know what... what what he was eating, maybe a little bit of sperm or something like that. And he saw me and he was like smiling to me and he wanted to, to, to me to shake his hands. I don't, I don't know what, what he wanted from my, from my part. And I saw him, I threw the bottle to his face and then everything started, you know, but he was quiet like a bitch. He didn't say anything. Mm. So, uh, yeah, fuck him. Fuck him. What do you think happened? He's just, just a man in, in Twitter, you know, but this is not Twitter. This is uh, real life. If you want to play like a, a gangster, be gangster by the end. If not, just stay quiet, kid. What happens if you see him? In the, you're both in the same hotel, right? Yeah. What happens if you see him again? Mm, the, same, the same thing you, you saw in the video. Maybe... Mm, if I have the chance, I don't know. If they give me the chance to be with him alone in the room, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. And so your desire is, obviously, you want to fight this fight on Saturday. You're fighting Jai Herbert. He's a great fighter. But next fight, you want this one, regardless of what happens on yeah. Saturday to you or him. For me, it doesn't matter. He lose or he's, he win. or For me, it doesn't matter. I want to I wanna fight him. Because I know that's the only way to have him like face to face, man to pussy. So I want to fight. Do you think they'll give you this fight? I don't know if the UFC wants me to make a step back because for me, like I told you before, that fight didn't mean anything. You know, it don't gonna make me move forward or something into rankings and. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. Right now, I'm focused on my fight, so we'll see. I'd be remiss if I don't ask you, uh, you know, we were supposed to see you a couple months ago, and you had to withdraw from the fight. Could I ask you, you know, we haven't talked, we talked right before the fight, you'll remember, in uh, Anaheim. What yeah, happened, what, yeah. what, what went wrong there with the weight cut? So, yeah, I, um, basically, I, I changed the way I, I, I shouldn't, uh, due to weight cut, uh, I bring too much people with me, you know, and I didn't feel good. The doctors of uh, the UFC doctors come to my room 
uh, they checked me. They told me that uh, I was taking a risk for my health. I shouldn't stop uh, the weight cut. And finally, this they stopped me. You know, I didn't felt felt good. Okay. How how many more pounds were left? So I had five more more pounds to cut, something like okay. that. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people was talking like, I I I miss the weights and bullshit like that, you know. But I, I never show up in in the weight things because if I have to show up there, I, I always I'm I'm always professional. I will make the weight, of course, yes. But the doctors take the uh, decision, and I had to stop. Did you have to go to the hospital? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and how long were you yeah. there for? Oof, I, I was there like for six hours or seven hours. And uh, yeah. how long did it take for you to feel okay again? Mm, once I started to, 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 to drink water, I, I started to feel good. Did they say yeah. what went wrong? Like, did they explain it to you? Yeah, because of 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 the this dehydration. 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 Yeah, because of the okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, mentally for you, you know, because you you were talking about you know your opponent who pulled out prior Mosa, right? Like, how did you deal yeah. with that? That you know, you you're not. You're not familiar with losing, right? You, you've had a great career so far. You're you're yeah. undefeated. So, like, just dealing with that disappointment, how did you handle it? So it was very disappointing because I had uh, like a very hard training camp, one of the hardest training camp I ever had. I spent time, money, everything, but you know, things like this happens. You know, shit like this happens and. I try to see always the positive side of of everything, you know, and it is what it is. I I learn a lot of, from that experience, and this most important for me. Uh, afterwards, shortly thereafter, you actually met with Dana White. I saw a photo with you guys together. What did you guys yeah. talk about? So basically, they 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 gave me the opportunity to be fighting and and and, and lightweights and and featherweight too. So because for for me it's hard to cut all the time to wait for featherweight, and sometimes I try to stay active, but I can't because of the weight cut. You know, not mm-hmm. because I'm not ready. I'm always ready. My I, my whole life is like a training camp. I'm always training. But because of the weight cut, sometimes I have to take time because it's hard to cut uh, cut the weight all the time, you know. And they give me now the chance to fight in light and in lightweight too, so it's much easier to me to to be fighting in featherweight and lightweight. And so the the goal is stay active, you know, more active, make three four fights a year. So could I ask, like, we're less than two days away from the weigh-ins. How much more do you have left? Uh, six pounds. Oh, wow. So this is this will be fine. No yeah. problems. Yeah, no problems. So why yeah, not I'm just stay at 55? Drink. Yeah. No more uh, 45. Because, uh, because my goal is to, to take that belt because I, 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 I want to take that belt, you know. 
I want to finish the business I started in 145. I want to kill everyone there and then move up to 155 and go for, for another belt. So your next fight, if you fight Patty, it will have to be at 55 again, right? Yeah. It, that for, it, once, it, no weight limits. Right. For me, it doesn't matter. Okay. So, but, so your days of fighting at 45 aren't over, but this one obviously 55 and then... You want that one? Yeah, I, I will. I will be fighting in one forty-five and one fifty-five too. You're gonna see him in in, in both weight classes. Okay. Uh, and uh, finally, before I let you go, like, are you? This was this was a thing. It blew up yesterday. A lot of attention. Are you focused? You feel like it got you a little bit away from the the task at hand. How, how are you doing mentally? Very focused. I I just trained this morning. We're gonna train right now. I'm very focused and ready to get another win. Any uh, final message to Patty since you weren't at the media day today? So I don't want to waste too much words for him. He's just a bitch. That's it. Ilya, thank you, my friend. Good luck with the, uh, the weight cut, the training. Always my pleasure, man. Yes. Thank you, man. And my good luck on Saturday. Gracias. Thank you, man. All right, there Bye. he is. Ilya Toporia, a massive prospect in the UFC, fighting at 155. Of course, he was supposed to fight um, back in January, that Anaheim card, and unfortunately uh, had to pull out on the uh, the morning of the official weigh-ins. It was Friday morning. We were looking forward to the fight, and of course, there was a lot of um, anticipation. Undefeated, he was supposed to fight uh, Movsar Evloev, then uh, Charles Jordan, Air Jordan, took the fight on a little over a week's notice. Um, Charles made weight. Unfortunately, um, Ilya did not go to the weigh-ins because, as he mentioned, went to the hospital. Uh, but it sounds like he is okay now, and he'll be fighting at 55. Uh, the Patty fight would be at 55. Patty doesn't fight at 45 anymore. Last time we saw him, I mean, it feels like it's a while ago, was uh, July of last year when he knocked out uh, Ryan Hall. He's had a great run in the UFC so far, 3-0 and in the UFC. Uh, Yusuf Zalal was his first win via unanimous decision. Damon Jackson, of course, back in late 2020, and then the Ryan Hall win. Jai Herbert is his opponent on Saturday, and uh, that's a solid fight. Herbert coming off a uh, nice win over Kama Worthy. I mean, it's right there. And anyone who thinks that they're going to shy away from this fight, maybe Ilya wasn't the plan for Patty's next fight, despite the, uh, the back and forth. But you've got now this built-in rivalry with this footage. And I actually thought they took it down. Um, but I don't know why Instagram would take that down. Why would they take it down? Well, I mean, unless someone like put some sort of strike against it. Um, a little bit surprising. But yeah, it's right there. I mean, big step up. Patty's fighting uh, Rodrigo Vargas on Saturday. And with all due respect to him, I would say that Ilya Tapori, I think most would agree, uh, is a big step up in competition. Um, so we'll see if he blows through Vargas. And I think Patty would be down to take that fight. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Uh, that would be a huge deal. I mean, could you imagine that fight back in England, like in September or something? That would be gigantic. But overall, this entire card, um, with or without that drama, is a great one. I really love it. What's fun about this card is every single fight on the card has like a fun story attached to it, whether it's the matchup, a prospect, a name. Can't wait to see how Aspinall looks. He's looked amazing in the UFC. 
big opportunity for him. Curious to see when we talk to GC in a second if he's still an underdog. I haven't checked. Arnold Allen versus Dan Hooker. My heart is going to melt watching that. I mean, I just have a lot of love and respect for both guys. Great characters. Patty Pimblett. The walkout's going to be great. The buzz is going to be great. Big sophomore effort from him. Gunnar Nelson. I keep forgetting that Gunnar Nelson is even fighting on this card against Takashi Sato. That's a big deal. We love Meatball Molly around these parts, going up against Luana Carolina, who's looked good as of late as well. Jai Herbert, Ilya Taporia, Mike Grundy with an important win and had some emotional things to say about his father today at the media day against Mr. Finland, our old pal, Makwan Amir Khani, Shamil Abdurrahimov against Sergei Pavlovich uh, at heavyweight, Nikita Krilov against Paul Craig should be fun. Jack Shore, 15-0, still flying under the radar. The Pride of Wales going up against Timur Valiev, which is a fantastic fight at 135 pounds. Corey McKenna returning against uh, Elise Reed. McKenna, someone that uh, Uriah Faber and everyone at Team Alpha Male very high on. Nathaniel Wood returning. Mr. London himself, the prospect against uh, Vince Morales. And uh, one debut that I think everyone is looking forward to, Muhammad Mokhaev against... Cody Durden, there was some back and forth between those two guys. I've been hearing about Mohaev from uh, Tim Simpson, his manager for a long time, came up through the IMAF system, undefeated, representing, of course, Dagestan and England, Manchester to be exact. Massive opportunity for him as he hopes to become the youngest champion in UFC history. He's currently 21, the record 23 of course, John Jones did it. He is uh, turning 22 in July, July 30th to be exact. So like I said, every fight on the card, a very fun one. And speaking of the card, we shall get GC's picks for that card. So stick around. He is, I mean, just swimming in the dough these days, just absolutely on fire. No pressure whatsoever. But before we get to that, a quick word from our good friends over at... Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Ah, yes. Been looking forward to this. Man's on fire. What do we got? What do we got? There's anticipation. Ah, wow. That is... Wow. I mean, you have officially outdone yourself, my friend. Yeah, this one, a lot of work. I'm having a hard time moving my mouth, the beard. This is pretty incredible. tight, but uh, I mean, the details here are fantastic. For those just listening to us, because we do Ugh. have audio listeners as well, you're missing out. 
Uh, what are we wearing here? We're wearing a traditional Irish garb. Is it fair to call this? Trad- I mean, you got the bow tie too. I didn't even notice the yeah, bow tie I mean, because of the is, microphone. This is the whole deal here. We got wow. the bow tie. We got our green beads, the leprechaun beard, the Kanye stronger glasses, but they're little shamrocks. Wow. Is that a real thing? Is that a real Kanye? What is that? I've never even heard of that. you never seen the, uh, the music stronger video? music video? Yeah, he wears these. I mean, they're terrible glasses. Like, you can't see anything. It almost gives you a headache, like, immediately, mm-hmm. but... We'll sacrifice for St. Patrick's Day. We'll, we'll lose them once we get into the picks. Uh, Where do you get this outfit? This was Amazon, typically Party City, but this was a this, this was like an Amazon like package deal yeah, like yeah, for yeah. St. Patrick's Day to get you ready. The Brian Scalabrini. Yeah, how about that? Shout out to the GOAT. Where did legend. you get that? I've had this one for a while. You've had a Scalabrini jersey? Oh, yeah. I mean, the legend, bro. The Red Mamba. Red Mamba. Legend. I listen to his radio show every morning with Frank Izola, NBA, oh, uh, nice. Sirius XM, nice. NBA yeah, radio. The, He's great. Wow. He's all over the place with this beard. No, uh, I mean, it happens. Yeah, we, uh, sadly, the Joe Duffy poster didn't get in in time. We were going to, you wow. know, Irish, Irish I don't even. Fighters. I didn't even think you knew who Joe Duffy was. Come on, man. On St. Patrick's Day, we all know who Joe Duffy is. Irish Joe? Irish Joe, man. We were really going to pay homage to him. Wow. Connor, of course, up there. The infamous moment at Mass. Yep. I mean, this is... A- I'm actually blown away that you had a Brian Scalabrini jersey. Oh, yeah. I've had it for a while. I usually wear it like every St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's your thing? I can't believe they saw that. I mean, I guess that the team's... This is amazing. I mean, I'm just... I just want to revel in this. By the way, how... Like, how much time do you give yourself in the outfit? Like, when do you put this on? Because when I see you before, you're not wearing it. So when do you get changed? Uh, there was a lot of moving parts. I mean, we don't have to get changed. It's just going on top of what I, I mean, wear in the office. Changed. This one, this one we, we cut a little close. Uh, Why? Did the shipment just come in? No, 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 no. I mean, like, we cut a little close literally right here. A lot oh. of moving parts. I, I mean, went we down to the lobby time. to see if the Joe Duffy poster was there, right, but right, uh, right. unfortunately it wasn't. Uh, in all actuality, the printer ran out of ink. That's why oh, we don't have Joe Duffy God. right there. Yeah, so... Uh, more people in the office now, more people using yeah, the cartridges. Yeah, more printer. people using the cartridges, man. Yeah. We're, out, we're out of ink. So, uh, I mean, I mean usually like 10, 15 minutes, I kind of see you wrapping up the uh, the prior interview. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, well, this is amazing. Well, are you a big St. Patty's Day guy? I enjoy it, yeah. What I'm just a big do? holiday guy. Yeah, yeah, clearly we've. I'll do the this. I'll do the green beers and everything. You will do it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And for where sure. do you get green beers? I mean, you just get like a light beer and you have like a green dye. We don't oh, overcomplicate so you will put, things. You will put the dye in the beard. In yeah. the beer. Yeah. I'm staring at your beard. Uh, and will you go out and about? I mean, there's parties around town, New York City. I always see yeah. people. Yeah, it's big in New York City. I'm gonna do something on Saturday. Saturday's gonna be a great day. Uh, Why I Saturday, gotta... not tomorrow? I got work to do tomorrow, you know? Okay. Saturday, I can just enjoy the whole day. I feel like the city's really going to embrace it on Saturday. I got all the ingredients. I'm going to start my morning with an English breakfast, and then come high noon, and it'll be fight time. Now, you know that, um, you know, like the English breakfast, thing, like that has nothing to do with St. Patrick's Day, right? I know that. The English breakfast is for, for, the, fights. Okay. for the fights. It'll give me a European feel to start the sure. day, and then we carry on with St. Patrick's. That's fair. That's fair. Um, wow. Well, I mean, this is great. I've never really sell, you know, actually one year I was in, oh, you know what? You'll appreciate this. I was in Savannah, Georgia. I knew, I, I had a feeling you were going to say this. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've been there a few times. It's pretty crazy. They used to dye the river green. Yes. It's, it's a big deal down there. Yeah. It's fun. You know why I was there? Uh, I was working TV production at the time and I was working for Spike TV on a major league eating event in Savannah, Georgia during St. Patrick's Day. So we had a whole huge setup on that like boardwalk wow. area. And I went, you know, I was with Kobayashi. I was with this one dude who ate like 
15 eggs in his room before the event. And so I got to experience it was it smelled really bad. Like it just smelled like stale beer everywhere. I'm not a yeah. I don't drink. Uh, but that's that's a memory. I think that's uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever been to MLE and, on Spike TV. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, I used to have a major league eating game for the Wii, and you like would bring no the remote up and eat it. Yeah, really? I didn't even know they made one. Yeah, I worked a few of their events. One in Las Vegas as well. Um, by the way, uh, speaking of Georgia, a uh, a listener sent me a message saying they needed a bone to pick with you because on Monday you said you were going for Gonzaga all the way. But is it not true that Gonzaga is playing Georgia State? This weekend, first round of the NCAA. Yeah, you tournament. mentioned that. I'm I'm not a Georgia State guy. I graduated well, from said, the University of Georgia. The school I went to before that, Georgia Southern. Rivals for Georgia State, hashtag Southern Not State, hashtag who's the real GSU. <laughs> That's a big thing. That's a big is thing. It? But you, it's so you technically don't Georgia state. state. You don't ride with the state. No, no. Okay. It is a good school though. I did a uh, I did a, a summer class there, so technically mm, you have some it is, I am an alumni. Okay. Yeah, if you ever attend the school, you're an alumni. Sorry about so, yeah. Matt Olson, by the way. Yeah. No, no, yeah. sorry. It's more. Congrats sorry on Matt about, Olson. Yeah. Sorry about Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I screwed that up. Chapman, Boy, congrats. Yeah. yeah Baseball talk. Here yeah, we yeah, go. yeah. People, uh, <laughs> People flocking in. Okay, what do we got? London, let's go. Oh, my goodness. This beard is. Uh, I mean, you could pull it down. Eating it. We're eating it here. I'm trying to pull it down, but it's connected to the hat, and I always uh, am like, wow, this hat is great. And then I forget I got to put the headphones on. Big, bulky headphones. So. By the way, hold that thought. Yeah. What are we getting here? Water, butternut squash. Got the got the soup yeah, right here. The cup, I mean, I actually am coffee, counting down the. Squash. I count down the minutes. I'm like, oh, I need that soup. Ah, it's my favorite segment, it. just for the soup. Yep. Yeah. Is it even warm? Soup on. It's not warm. It's uh, dare I say, lukewarm at best. Drink it, it still like a cup of coffee. Well, what what, what what do you want me to do? Sit here with a spoon? No one wants to see that. So you just drink it like a drink. By the way, no difference between this and a cup of water. Except it's a thick butternut porridge. Mm. Not only that, (laughs) but with pieces of chunks of apple in it as well. Mm. Very nutritious. Mm, Yeah, I didn't have the apple when I had it on on this past weekend. I actually found out today that uh, my cholesterol is a little bit high. I actually suffer from high cholesterol as well. What do you do to uh, combat it? It's the first time I've heard about this. Oh, wow. You're you're one of the lucky ones. You're almost 40. I heard about when I was like 25. You got to cut back on the cheese, dairy, yeah. red meats. Yeah, all high. In, all, everything, yeah. Anything that is good, it's high in cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Ice cream, all that stuff. I wonder if butternut squash is... Probably. Right. It's probably a creamier-based soup. Yeah. This might yeah. be my last cup. No. Nah. <laughs> Creature I have it. You'll have it on Monday. Um, all right, what do we got? Yeah, Enough dilly-dallying got- <laughs> here. We need some picks. Let's do it. Let's do some picks. Let's start it off. I got, uh, what do I got? I got five singles for you and uh, two quick parlays. We'll start it off with the first single. Nathaniel Wood. I grabbed this line very early on. Uh, shout out to Best Fight Odds Notifications on Twitter. I got it in right at minus 210. Uh, so I'll lay wow. 2.1 units to win one on that. Uh, Vince Morales is coming in on short notice on this one. Wood. Wow, this former- is amazing. Oh, yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, delayed reaction here. Well, I mean, sorry, I was checking the phone real quick. Uh, wow, that is something. Yeah, we're going all out here. We, Let we me tell you something, if you're listening to the pod, you're missing out on all these little details. If you're missing the, if you're listening on the pod, you, you're going to have to just go back and watch the yeah. video at this point. I mean, yeah. we're, we're really bringing top-notch stuff here. Uh, Wood, former Cage Warriors champ, uh, I think he's just going to be faster on the feet, throws more volume. Morales, he will have the power advantage, and I honestly think that's really his only path to victory is to knock Wood out. I think if it... If it stays standing, Wood's going to be able to outpoint him. If 
if he doesn't get knocked out. If it goes to the ground, I think he's got the clear advantage there. He doesn't do it often, but he's able to mix in the takedowns, and when he does get it to the ground, he's got an actual serious sub-threat. I mean, that's how he got his first three wins in the UFC. So I think he's going to have the speed advantage, the volume advantage on the feet if he can avoid getting KO'd uh, early on from Morales. I think he's going to be able to win by decision, or you know, if it does go to the ground, maybe even get a submission. So I like Nathaniel Wood in this spot. Okay, we'll keep it rolling. Jack Shore, another one oh, that yeah. I jumped in on last week. This line is coming crashing. Jack down. Shore is an underdog. I took it at plus one fifty four. I'm seeing it as close to even odds now. I mean, this people are people are feeling good about Jack Shore. That's kind of what I said when I saw it at the price that it was. Uh, I think I took this like a week and a half or two weeks ago. Um, I mean, I know this is the toughest test to date. I mean, believe is good, but Jack Shore, he's undefeated as a pro, obviously 15-0. He was also undefeated as an amateur. Combined, he's 27-0. He's been fighting for a decade, and he has yet to lose a fight. I will gladly back someone like that at plus 154. Believe um, also great. He's 18-2, and two, though technically he's 18-3. and three. He lost to Trevin Jones, but it got counted as a no contest because Trevin Jones sets a positive for marijuana. Still got knocked out of that fight. He's still still caught an L. It just doesn't go onto his record. Uh, to the actual fight, sure, he's bigger here. He's going to have a size advantage, 2-inch height, 4-inch reach. Hopefully that's going to play out well in the striking exchanges, but I think Valiev's going to have the edge there. Where I think Shore can get it done is in the wrestling. He's got multiple takedowns in every single one of his UFC fights. If he gets to the ground, I mean, it becomes his world. He can go for the subs. He can go for the ground and pound and just wear on the leave. Uh, and I think that's what he's going to be able to do. I think he's going to be able to get this to the ground. I think he's going to be able to uh, to sneak out a close decision. Uh, like Valiev, if it stays standing, Jack Shore probably in trouble. Valiev, he mixes in the kicks really well, goes to the body. He's slick on the feet, but I think Jack Shore is going to take this to the ground. I think he's going to be able to sneak out a uh, a close decision. I like him at dog odds. I like. I mean, yeah, that's tremendous on your part to get those. What yeah, they- Ben, I, I never did it before we started this, but now I'm kind of doing look-aheads now. Start looking at a few, few events in the future, see if there's some odds that I like. Let's see what he's at right this second. He's a plus 100 right now. So I mean, I will, I will take that differential. Yeah. Uh, next up. Gunnar Nelson, he's back. I'm taking him inside the distance at minus 135. Don't love the current price tag. Minus 400, minus 450. We've got this long layoff. You know, we've seen him get chin before. Sato, he's got good knockout power. But here's the thing. It's just like that Ramiz-Brahimaj fight a couple weeks ago against Michael Gilmore. How does Gunnar Nelson win? Almost exclusively by submission. Six straight and seven of his eight wins in the UFC have come by submission. How does Takashi Sato lose? Last three losses come by submission. Last time out, Miguel Baeza gets his first submission win ever, and it's over Sato. I mean, it's clearly a weakness of his. Like I said, don't really want to pay the minus 400 on Gunner, especially on a two-and-a-half-year layoff. Uh, so why not take the sub prop? I think that's how he's going to win. Well, I went to go take it. Sub prop is minus 125. Can get the inside the distance at minus 135. That's such a minute difference. We'll cover the bases just in case if he were to, you know, do like some sort of ground and pound or something like that. So I think if he does win, I think he wins by submission. So I'll take this at the shorter price uh, than what he's going after the money line. Been a while since we've seen Gunner. Been a while, Two and a half man. Years. So that's why I'm kind of hesitant on the injuries on the big price tag. Yeah, but uh, short notice change of he, opponents. Yeah, if he comes out and implements his game plan, yeah, what he does best, I think he gets a dumb by submission. I agree. Next up, Arnold Allen. Oh, wow. The dog, huh? Yeah. Man, saw this, uh, I saw this. winning streak. He's underdog. I saw this one last week as well. This one has like stayed pretty much at even odds. Saw it at plus 105, jumped on it. This is one of those fights. We said it on Monday, man. 
You just don't really want to see either guy lose. I think it's going to be such a close fight. I think it's going to be a coin flip. Like, this isn't one that I'm like, you know, just like overly confident in Allen's a lock, anything like that. Like, I think it's going to be a really close fight. But at dog odds, like you just said, what is he, 8 0 in the UFC? He's undefeated. He's he's yet to catch a loss in the UFC. You like backing dog odds at that at that yeah. price. Uh, Dan Hooker, he's also coming down to fly, uh, featherweight. He was 3 and 3 prior in the UFC at featherweight. Uh, He's obviously going to be the bigger guy. He's he's typically the bigger guy at lightweight, so he's obviously going to have a size advantage uh, at featherweight. And if this stays at range, like if, if if Dan Hooker just does what he wants with the kicks and everything, then Arnold's probably cooked. I, he you know Hooker will just piece him apart uh, at range. But I think because of the size disparity, I think Arnold Allen knows he's going to have to come in here. That he just can't hang out range. He's going to have to force the pressure. He's going to have to get him up against the cage. He might have to go for some takedowns. He's going to have to make this thing dirty. It's not going to be able to just be a standing, you know, come in, come out, striking affair. I think he's going to have to make it dirty like that, and I think he knows that that's what he's have to do. So uh, I think he does implement that game plan. If he doesn't, he's probably cooked, like I said, but I'm going to trust him to implement the game plan to get it done, and I think he will, so I'll take him at plus Man, 105. what a win. I mean, at I that mean, point— be crazy. I know that Dan Hooker isn't a top contender at 45. He's a big name at 55, dropping down again. Um, but it's got to be a big fight next. I mean, it's got to be, I don't know, a contender. I mean, it has to be, right? I mean, If he gets a win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. The problem with Arnold Allen is his inactivity. He has bad yeah. luck. He, gets it. he can't be fighting once a year. He'd have to come back, what is it, March? Like, we, we need a big fight in July or August after this, if this yeah. comes to fruition right here, so... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be close, man. It's going to be close. Also, hometown kid. Could be a razor-close decision. Could come into play with the judges. You never know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Undefeated, 8-0 in the UFC. Opponent coming down a weight class. Not sure how he's going to look. So I'll take the guy at Slate Dog Odds uh, with all that going for him. Okay. Uh, Next up. We mentioned all these on Monday, but next up in the main event, Tom Aspinall. I took him at plus 125. Another super close fight. Wanted I'm surprised with these. I'm surprised with these. These. Oh, by the way, as of okay, so yes, it's changed, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yes, it's right. yes. I think he's like minus one thirty right now. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, if anybody needs these tickets, I'm I'm happy to show them. Because uh, I was just like you, I was a little bit surprised seeing these lines. Uh, it's going to be really close. Um, Aspinall, he's looked great so far in the UFC, but this is obviously a big time jump. I mean, this is going to be his toughest test to date. We talked about it on Monday. If he gets the win here, he's going to skyrocket. I mean. It's like Volkov is like, he's a very good litmus test to see just how good you are. Uh, with Aspinall, man, he's fast. Uh, we know he's capable of those big finishes. He's he's quick. He's always moving. He's kind of like that, you know, the Cyril gone, the new, the new revolution uh, at heavyweight, and that's kind of what I think he needs to do here, implement the game plan that Cyril gone had against Volkov. Uh, you know, just constantly moving, bring the volume, be aggressive, expect it to go long. I mean, Aspinall... He's usually out of there quick. Volkov, much more durable. Biggest test. I think he needs to come in here not expecting to get a first-round finish uh, and, you know, be prepared to go all 25 minutes if he has to. Uh, if we start seeing, you know, round three, if he's breathing through the mouth looking really gassed, uh, then we might be in trouble because we've seen Volkov. He can go for days. Like, he's he's got the cardio. So I think it's going to be, you know, another razor-thin fight, just like the last two, honestly. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if either of them went either way. But like you said on Monday— I do think Aspinall has a very bright future ahead of him. I do think he's the real deal. Uh, so I will ride with the Aspinall train here uh, and think that he gets it done against Volkov. I don't like to play MMA math. Not my thing. But I do feel, I mean, like, let's be honest. 
Volkov has fought a who's who, Bellator heavyweight champ, blah, 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 has wins over the likes of Alistair Overeem, looked really good. I would argue maybe his best performance was against Overeem um, last year. Going the distance with Greg Hardy, to me, will always kind of be a, uh, a stain on his record, you know? Yeah, you think he should have got the finish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're going to see, man. We're going to see. We're going to find out a lot of things uh, about Tom Aspinall on Saturday. I, I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be awesome. I think this, this body card is to the gills. It's going to be a body shot. That's what shot. you're saying, body yeah. shot. Yeah. I mean, I am taking your word for it. You're the one who really hyped me up on him. Okay, all right. We'll see. No, I'm just kidding. I already had the ticket anyway. All right. Um, those are the singles. Okay. Uh, the, got five of them. I actually added one more uh, during the show or just before the show. It's Krylov Craig doesn't go the distance. I took that at minus 186. 51 of their 54 combined pro fights haven't gone the distance. So that's an additional one that wow. I have. But that's those are the stat. ones. Yeah, pretty insane stat. So I figured I'd just jump on board at minus 186. The parlays. Let's get into those. Let's. First one, Nathaniel Wood. Already explained that. Uh, got him at worse odds here for the parlay, obviously. Uh, didn't get him at the minus 210. Second leg, Sergey Pavlovich over Shamil. Shamil, he's been finished in his last four fights by strike. Did you just call him Shamil no, no, no. I was just saying his first name. I'm not even going to take it. Okay. I'm not even going to go for it on the last name. We didn't go over the names before the show. I'm not even going to take this Abdurahimov. risk. You said it, not me. Uh, Pavlovic, huge hitter. Big, heavy hands. First round knockouts in his last three wins. 84-inch reach. Eight inches here over Shamil. I think he's going to finish him early, so I'll parlay him up with Nathaniel Wood. Pays out at minus 115. Next one. Here it is, the hand sanitizer Ooh, parlay. Wow. Two guys going up against <laughs> Boy, each other. I mean, this is a troll parlay if I've ever seen one. Uh, dude, this was this has been in for weeks as well. Oh, has like, it? I, really? Yes. Oh, yes. my God, that's amazing. Yes, like, I, I thought I, you actually I, did it on purpose. No, I, I kid you not. I, I saw that yesterday. I was like, wow. What are the chances? Two guys for my biggest bet for UFC, uh, UFC London here. Um, yeah, so... I just think Taporia, I think he's just going to be too much to handle for Herbert, even at 155. I know Herbert's going to have a huge size advantage, and it might take a minute for Taporia to feel it out, to adjust for the uh, for the size, but I think he's just going to be able to close the distance. I think eventually he's going to break it down. K.O.M. standing up up against the cage or take him down. We've seen how good he is at, re- at grappling. I just think Taporia is elite. Jai Herbert is not. And, uh, yeah, I think Taporia has a super bright future, so I think he gets it done. Patty, I think it's going to be a super exciting fight, uh, but I think he ultimately gets the finish on Vargas. He's really not defensively sound, so I'm sure Vargas might land a couple shots on him, and eventually that might make Patty pay at some point in his career, but uh, I don't think that this is the time that he ends up paying. Uh, I think he's going to have the age, the size, the skill advantage. Crown's going to be going absolutely bananas for him, Uh, so I think he gets Vargas out of there. Uh, And then the last one, we're just adding on Makayev, uh, taking it at a shorter price. Muhammad Mukhaev. You said it, not me, man. Uh, yeah, super duper high prospect there. Uh, I'm just going to trust in the hype. Two time IMMAF world champion, mm-hmm. 23 and 0 as an amateur, 5 and 0 as a pro. Uh, I'm taking it separate. I'm not just going super heavy on the three legs. Just in case, you know, if it's a welcome to the UFC moment, grown man versus a guy who's 21 years old, I wouldn't be beyond shock, but I do trust Makayev to get it done here. Yeah. I do too. I think you do too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I that's can't what we read. got. That's minus three hundred. He's when I took him, he was minus two ninety. That plays. That pays at plus one twenty one. Yeah, right now he's minus three fifty. All right, here we go. 
London calling, na 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 yeah, na 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 I'm going to post yeah, my English breakfast, and I want oh, yeah. anyone who's in England to just absolutely grill me. Uh, not literally grill you, because I, I would imagine there's maybe some grilling involved with the sausages. Now, is this going to be homemade, or are you going to order Homemade, from- homemade, no, nah, homemade. Wow, do you have the sausage yet? Yes. You sausage got Sausage links, yep. I got mushrooms, I got tomatoes, uh, I got the beans, I got- uh, Are there eggs involved? Know, yeah, eggs- Toast and tea. Black pudding? No, I couldn't find any black pudding, mm-hmm. but I talked to a, a real Englishman over uh, Twitter, Lucrative no- MMA. We, we featured him on the show on Monday. Yeah. He was like, black pudding's not that serious. It's, yeah. it's all about the bacon, the sausage, the eggs, the beans, all that. Is the sausage pork? I got pork, yeah. Okay. I don't know what the and traditional one is. What kind of bacon is. is it again? What kind of bacon? It's the back bacon. I did the, the you know, I looked up everything. They said what is back that? Bacon. Why is that significant, Frank? You know. It's important. I didn't know that there was a difference. There's different sides of the, uh, I guess, the pig that you can get? I think so, yeah. That's at least what Google told me. So you got the back. Yeah, it kind of looks like Canadian bacon. I always thought Canadian bacon was ham. Yeah, I guess it kind of looks like ham. What do you like? What's your favorite bacon, Frank? Um, You know, I like it all. You don't have a preference? No. You don't have a side. You don't have a back bacon, underbelly. Maple bacon. Not at all. Oh, man. Uh, I don't like maple bacon, actually. Oh, I lo- yeah. oh man. Why? Like, it's hard su- pass. sweet, no? I don't... Yeah, the whole sweet thing. Yeah. Weird. I like turkey bacon. I've never had uh, pork bacon before. Really? Yeah. Kosher, sort yeah. of. Jewish. True, true. Um, well, that's fun. I'm looking forward to this. Okay, so are are, are those the only picks? Because I feel like we're missing one. Uh, well, there's a there's a EKC Layden. Yeah, there's a gentleman's bet. Uh, should we address this or no? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So well, you know, obviously Casey's yeah. yeah, Casey's coming on the show. Yeah, and Frank was like, "Are you going to bet on him?" I was like, "There's no way there's going to be a line for that." And Frank's like, "Well, I'll take the I'll take the heat. You know, I'll take the pressure. I'll do ten dollars against him." I was like, "Okay, I will smash the ten dollars here on old EKC and ride with it." And uh, or uh, you is this an official bet, Frank? It's, it's official. We haven't shook on it yet, but wow! So you are actually going for the other dude. Like this is the ultimate heel move, right here, Frank. I mean, this, this is, is fading for Casey the, for the fun of it. You know? This is for the show. He's fading Casey. You're fading Casey, as they say online. He says it's for the show. It's for his wallet. He he thinks he has a winner here. He By the way, party. I can't believe I just typed Casey's name in Tapology to get the details of his fight again. Like this is a real thing. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, of course, his like fighter picture is better than 98% of the guys out there because his wife is one of the all-time legends in terms of combat photography. So, of course, he's going to have a tremendous photo. Uh, so, just for the record, <laughs> Fritz <laughs> Frauendorf is your pick, Frank. Is there something That's in right. particular about his fighting style that you're a fan of? Yeah, the way that he uh, throws his punches. Okay. <laughs> Let's have some fun here. The Tapology votes. The Tapology votes. 22 votes from the Tapology community. 82% laid in 18 for Fritz. Wait, how do I do this? I want to do this. 22 by no- 22% by knockout for laid in 17 by submission. 56 by decision. I kind of like the decision prop there, you know? How, can I just Short do this rounds. right now or do I have to sign up or something? Yeah, you got to have an account. You got to be tapped in as they <laughs> Come say. Come on, Tapology. You know, Verdict MMA should do something for this, too. We should go all in. I would love that, yeah. 
if we're being honest, DraftKings should already have a lineup, just in solidarity. Oh, wow. Casey has weighed in and cannot believe that Frank is betting against him. <gasps> Frank rebuttals best bet Wow. Ever. See, there was a part of me that thought, like, okay, maybe Casey's not watching at this point. He'll miss this, and, and Frank will feel, you know, I don't know, like, weird about it. He's actually leaning in. Cash or check, Frank, whichever one works, man. Venmo, Cash App, Zelle. Why would you do this, Frank? I mean, I always thought that you were a team guy. You're a foxhole kind of guy. If you, There's a lot you don't know about Frank. There's no I in team unless you look in the, the A-hole. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, this is incredible. Okay, so uh, to recap, forget about Muhammad Mokhayev, forget about Patty, forget about nothing on Molly, huh? Oh, man, I thought about it, and I missed out on... Like, she was mm-hmm. an underdog, just like the other people that I took, and I almost took her, and I didn't, and then I missed out on the line. I was like, I don't love it enough to to take the plunge now after looking at it at better odds. Nothing on... Uh, Asp- no, none of that. None of that matters. Forget about all of it. No, I do have something on Aspinall. No, I know. I was trying to go with forget. Uh, this <laughs> It's all forgotten. This, this, is, this is the most important bet of the weekend. It is GC versus Mysterious Frank. Uh, to recap, and there, it's just straight up, right? Yeah, ten dollars. So that's point two units. Point two units on EKC Laden. <laughs> it will be on the. It'll be on the recap. By the way, Fritz Frauendorf doesn't even seem like a real name. Okay, uh, not I too don't impressed. Even know Fritz Frauendorf. Okay, I, has I no information here. I bet you. Let me tell you something. I bet you Casey's information is all up to date. Yeah, he's got everything. He's got. He's got the height. He's got the born. We, we don't need have to reach age. on him. We need to reach on him. I, uh... Fighting out of Inglewood up to no good California by way of, I think, Mississippi. Um, this dude's fighting out of Burbank. I mean, no one fights out of Burbank. They only make movies out of Burbank. Speaking of his... movies, I think this guy is an IMDb. Come on. He's an actor? Fritz Even easier. Fritz he does. Wait, yeah. he's a director. Wow. How did you know this? I'm Googling him just like you are. Oh, and I was just looking at Tapology. Screenwriter and film director. Yeah, I'm on his LinkedIn now. Uh, yeah, Fritz Lewis Frauendorf is a writer, director, and occasional mm. actor from New York City known for Take Me Out, Reattachment, Hello, spelled H-E-1-1-0, growing up across the United States. Oh, I thought that was the name. Mm. <laughs> uh, Fritz Frauendorf, Deplove. Hmm. Okay, wow, okay. Uh, two media guys going toe-to-toe. Yeah. This is fun. Looks like he's going to have the age advantage. Uh, oh, he's got his Instagram be, here, too. He seems to be a younger guy. Let's see what's on the Instagram. But that's, you can't trade out the experience. 510 followers, easy win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fighting actually, ability is based directly off of... Uh, yeah. Actually, some of the stuff here on the Instagram, pretty impressive looking. I mean, he's no Casey. Um, all right. I have wow. no doubt that Fritz is a great guy. Yeah, great guy. Never met him. Never, I mean... Never plan to, but no. we, we ride with Casey definitely, around these parts. Definitely not. Let me tell you something. If the impossible happens and Frank wins this bet, there is no chance Fritz Frauendorf will ever be featured on this program. <laughs> I was going to okay? say, is Fritz coming on the MMA <laughs> no. on Monday if he wins? No, no. We're fully biased. First time ever, I could admit, biased. First time ever. Love it. Good luck. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Frank, you've disappointed us all for the last time. But mostly, I think you've disappointed Casey. I mean, you work like pretty much in tandem with him. So the least he could do is support the guy. But alas, uh, that's not going to happen. Now, 
All right. Thank you very much to GC. Thanks to Frank as well, but more of them probably to come because, my friends, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It's time to let our hair down. It's time to end at least our week the best way possible. It's time to shoot in an unfiltered, unbiased, authentic, real Ladies and gentlemen, the moment has arrived Wait. to hear from the man I was looking for a better word, couldn't Ariel find Lombani. one. Here I am, Live once again, torn to pieces, City, can't deny it, can't pretend, and now, to thought you were the one. Get out of your seats and on your feet because here he is, Ariel Helwani. Arielhelwani.substack.com is where you can get the questions you can follow along if you will click on the comments go to chronological and let's answer some questions about anything and everything in the world of mma by the way have to give another special shout out to joe in the back over there this is now four straight shows sans headache i feel like we figured out what was wrong there was a freaking laser beam on my brain and usually by the time we got to this segment i was cooked like cooked, done. Don't feel it. Hope I'm not jinxing myself, but I feel pretty happy about this. Frank, you can hear the music. Cubano is back on top. He is first up. Hola, Ariel. With Habib's induction to the UFC Hall of Fame under the modern wing, how would you fill out the rest of this year's class? Modern wing, Habib. Pioneer wing, blank. Contributor wing, blank. Fight wing, blank. Personally, I'd absolutely love to see Bruce Buffer get inducted into the contributor wing. Give the man his roses while he's still performing. Viva Hiawani. I like that one. That goes back to what I was saying earlier about Coleman, this, that. We need to celebrate people while they're still alive just as much as we would if they unfortunately passed. Yeah, throw Bruce in there. He, he predates Zufa. By the way, if they want to go like full get buzz for all this, you'd put Rogan in there too. I mean, Rogan's going to make it at some point. He predates Zufa, but I, I like this. Um, that's a good one. So Buffer in the contributor wing. Can we go Jens Pulver in the pioneer wing once and for all? Can we get Little Evil in there? What's taking so long? I'm not going to go too crazy with Frank Shamrock because I know the politics, but Pulver's cool. They're all friends. Get Pulver in there for the fight wing. Why don't we go with uh, a lot of the, the a lot of the recent fights have been in there. I'll tell you the first one that just popped into my mind was uh, Pat Barry versus Czech Congo, but I don't think they'll do that because Czech Congo is still an active member of the uh, the Bellator roster. Because he just retired, what about Robbie Lawler versus Carlos Condit? UFC 195, one of the best fights that I ever saw. It happened now six years ago, insanely so. Uh, what about Condit versus Lawler? That was a great fight. Lawler versus Rory? So those are my picks. Are we doing the, uh, we're doing the counters there, right? The questions? There it is, yeah. Uh, Persian apothecary? Hello. Two things. 
Normally I wouldn't clarify, but my mother asked me to inform you that my salutation last week wasn't Allah Akbar. I said Allah Uaba, which is a Baha'i way of saying hello. My apologies. Mm. Do you know the details of the monster sponsorship with the UFC? It seems like no one drinks the stuff from the commentators to the post-fight interviews. All the cans seem empty and any sips seem staged. Um, I mean, they're sponsors. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if the sips are real or not. By the way, shout out to Monster. Very present in the middle of the cage. Also, Octagon. Also, Bellator. Like, they're, you know, say what you will about Hans Molenkamp, who drew the ire of one Dominic Cruz. One of the few sponsors that are very present in UFC and Bellator. So... I think there's something to be said for that, right? That's pretty cool to have good relationships with both and, you know, being able to sponsor both. Um, but other than that, I mean, they're just a big sponsor, nothing more. Uh, Bonjour, Lord Ariel from Matmo. This isn't really a question, but I've heard you express reservations about getting laser eye surgery in the past. And I'd like to reassure you, as someone who had done it in the past, whose life it changed immensely, I feel like I must encourage you to reconsider the procedure is literally five seconds long. That's it. And completely painless and non-invasive. If you go the LASIK route, LASIK route, opposed to the PRK route, you literally stare at a red light for a few seconds and boom, your vision is cured for the rest of your life. Wow. For a couple grand, it's totally worth it. Plus, when you take your glasses off, you look like a taller, more jacked version of Vin Diesel. Long live the man of Steelwani. Really? Wow. I didn't know that. I mean, I had... No glasses for many years. No one told me I look like Vin Diesel before all of that. Uh, Trey, thank you, though. I will consider it. Shalom. Three quick things from Trey. I'm surprising my wife with a trip to New York City in May. That's awesome. What are the chances I could get a pick with you and or G Sizzle while I'm here? Yeah, I think, uh, Connor, are you available for a picture? Same about one second. Oh, I won't be. I mean, Frank, can you be the uh, the third option? Absolutely not. Uh, big congrats on cutting that string. Yes, we cut it. Breaking news, cut it. <music> to the other people starting their questions with Shalom, I'm charging royalties, so pay up. <clears throat> yes, uh, you can get a photo with us. Excuse me. <clears throat> you can get a photo. It's all that butternut squash. You can get a photo with us. Um, I suppose you can stop by the studio. You can't come in but it's fairly easy to uh, find where it is. You pay for all the travel to get here, Wool. No, no, he says he's going to be here. Huh. He'll be here with his wife. From where, I don't know, but he wanted a, a photo with you specifically, he said. Mm, where I were think... you just now, just getting undressed, changed? Listen, I'm not going to break the fourth wall, but yeah. me and Frank are doing some magic work back here. It's, uh, it's just us two. It's the wild, wild west right now. What is happening? We can get into it after the show. All right. Is I'm manning what? the counter right now. I'll say that. There's no problem if you're concerned. No, no. <laughs> okay. Can I get a shot of the... Uh... It's on Twitter. It's on Twitter? <laughs> can, I mean, can we go to the... Is everyone okay? I said there's no problems. I mean, can, but can we get a shot of... Like, I want, I want to see this. You can cut to it, no? Or is that too much? We'll, we'll figure something out. All right. Uh, Hugo knows NBA question this week ever since NBA signed with Nike they have been lenient on teams um, 
what to wear on the court. I'm a Lakers fan. I hate seeing us. Oh, I hate this. By the way, so he's asking about like the whites. Did you see this? Uh, I think it was the Thunder versus the Grizzlies. They were both wearing white. Did you guys see that? Did you see that, uh, GC? They were both wearing white. I mean, this is a travesty. Sorry, I was getting settled back in back Sorry. here. I didn't hear what you said. Did you, you see that? It was Grizzlies against um, Thunder, and they both got on the floor, and they're all—they're <laughs> both wearing white. Yeah, classic. I mean, enough of this. I grew up in a time in my day. It was darks on the road, white at home, and that's it. None of this third jersey, fourth jersey, alternate jersey, city jersey nonsense. I actually kind of low-key hate the fact that in hockey, it's darks at home, light on the road. Back in the day, it was light at home, darks on the road. Just stick, can we just stick to two jerseys? Enough of this. So yes, I hate all of it. I hate when the Knicks wore orange. Sometimes they wear green. They're going to wear green for, like, I hate all of that. No, it's white at home, clean. It's blue, orange on the road. That's it. Enough already. It's getting to be crazy. And that should be the nail in the coffin right there to this whole Meshuggah. Enough. Two teams wearing white. What's going on? It's too complicated. Josiah. Hello, Lord Helwani. Thank you for all you do for this sport, bringing the best MF show with the best MF host every week. Respect. My roommate and I recently started a podcast. You're a great inspiration, so thank you for that. We have our first fighter coming on the show. Do you have any tips for interviewing working with guests? I mean, be professional. Early on, don't keep them on very long. Leave them uh, happy and wanting more. Ask some uh, unique questions. See what they've talked about recently so you're not asking the same stuff. Don't go with the same stuff like, how's the training camp? How's this? You notice, like, we don't talk, like, I don't even think I asked Matt Brown a single question about Brian Barberina. I don't think I asked Molly a single question about Luana Carolina. I mean, I asked about, like, fighting Brazilians. Didn't talk too much about Jai Herbert. Just switch it up. Don't go with the same old, same old. If you have time, I have an MMA question as well. Sean O'Malley has said he wants to fight on the Phoenix card, but I heard Dana say he's not going to be able to. Do you know why that did not work? No idea. But it wouldn't make sense. That card's in uh, May. I'm guessing they're probably keeping him for July fight week, you know, international fight week, but I don't know. Um... Kareem, hey, Ariel, can you please try and get Alfonso Davies on your Thursday podcast? I would love that. No, New York Rick just said, did you just try to say Meshugana when you mean Meshugas? It's kind of the same. Meshugana is crazy. Meshugas is like a mess. They're both, I think they're both acceptable, if you ask me. Don't be coming out here with the uh, the Hebrew police, all right? Alfonso Davies is the man. It's crazy what happened to him. Uh, post-COVID. I hope he gets well soon, and I hope he's able to lead Canada to the World Cup trophy in November. Can we get a womp-womp for a World Cup happening in November, please? Yeah, I mean, what is that all about? World Cup in November? World Cup should be happening this summer. What the hell's going on? Anyway, I'm super psyched. I hope Canada makes it first time since 1998, excuse me, 1988, Okay. Uh, it's a big deal. Enough. Let's go. But I know the fans of uh, Bayern Munich want to see him back and healthy. We don't care about them. We just want him to be healthy for Canada. I'd love to talk to him. 
Israel D, good morning from Idaho. Is there any chance that Dana would accept Jake Paul's challenge and let Connor and Jake fight in the UFC? It sounds like a win-win for the UFC and would be big pay-per-view numbers. Of course he would, but I also know Dana probably doesn't want to look like he's bending the knee. So Dana was on Logan Paul's podcast. Uh, I think it came out yesterday, Impulsive, which is super interesting, right? Because of all the stuff with Jake Paul and Dana. Um, but Logan told us, you know, he's friends. Here's the thing. They didn't ask him like super hard questions about fight or pay and all that. I maintain that Dana likes Jake Paul. I maintain that Dana would want to do business with Jake Paul. I maintain that we are closer than ever. This is how the Mayweather thing started to this fight actually happening. Now, does it ultimately happen? No, but I believe it is more of a thing than it was six, eight months ago. Connor responding to the tweet, Dana talking about it, not closing the door, talking weight and all this stuff. This would be the biggest fight in combat that can be made right now. It will do well over 2 million buys. And you could just see the interest building. You can see the wheels turning. You can see people starting to warm up to it, the important people. So again, I'm not saying it's happening, it's not happening. I'm just saying we continue to inch closer to it happening. Inch closer, inch closer, appearance here, a question there, an answer there, an open door here. I feel like it's because... And then to me, the biggest thing was Connor directly responding because in the past he always ignored interviews always deflected but here he's responding i mean in an mma fight uh, uh, a back-to-back mma boxing would be just gigantic will the ufc be willing to pay jake paul what he's making in boxing i mean they could afford it do they want to set that precedent i don't know would they want to work with Nikisa Bedarian, who's his uh, business partner over at MVP, Most Valuable Promotions? I mean, he's a former employee. You would think they'd be able to. If everyone puts their ego aside, there's just a gigantic amount of money to be made. Now, we do dismiss the size. Jake fights at around 190. Connor, you know, just barely makes 170. That's significant. It's really significant, but I, I just feel like we are closer than ever. Now, when I say closer than ever, do I mean we're on the goal line? No. We might be on the five-yard line as opposed to being in the end zone just starting off, um, but I, I feel like there's something happening here. That's all I'll say. I feel like we are inching, 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 inching being the operative word ever so slowly. And I don't believe for a second that Dana wouldn't do business with Jake or Logan for that matter. I mean, he seems to be cool with Logan, but I don't believe for a second that he wouldn't do this fight. For a second. Hi, Ariel. Question for the wannabes. What's the best way to build rapport with managers? I feel those relationships are just as important than the ones with the athletes themselves. To a degree, yes. That's why I've always always said, like, if you ever want to unionize the fighters, go after the managers, not the fighters. There's like 10 managers in the game. Easier to conquer that ground. If you're a journalist, how often do you talk to managers, PR specialists outside of booking interviews? Also, ooh, this is interesting. New York Rick isn't following me on Twitter either. Must be the glitch. Wow. Um, it's Hashtag great. stop the glitch. Yeah, stop the glitch. That's right. Hashtag stop the glitch. I think it's very important to have great relationships with everyone in the sport. So managers, fighters, coaches, training partners, family members, officials, promoters, referees, judges, anyone that you can meet, it's great to keep in contact. And one big thing about managers and fighters and anyone that you're covering, it's very important 
to not reach out only when you need something. If you're the kind of reporter that's only going to reach out when you need something, you are not going to get things when you're looking for them. It has to be a two-way street. You have to treat people like human beings. So sometimes it's okay to just reach out. Sometimes it's okay to ask questions and not ask for anything. Sometimes it's okay to have conversations, to call, to check in with no actual motive. That goes a long way. You have to treat people with respect, like a human being. So if you're just hitting up a manager for a scoop and never asking about life, never talking, never taking the time to talk, you're not going to get a lot of stuff. You're not going to get the information that you want, the interviews that you want, the access that you want. So it's important to treat these people like you would a friend. Will Brewer, hey yo, much respect. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. As a lifelong wrestling fan, I just wanted to show Reza Ramon, a.k.a. Scott Hall, some love and appreciation. R.I.P. to one of the greats. Man, heartbreaking news. Could you share one of your favorite Razor Ramon, Scott Hall moments or matches? Also, prayers up to Big E. Get well soon, man. Oh, Big E. What a lovely human being. And I hope that he makes a speedy recovery. It seems like he is hopeful that he will. I noticed that he retweeted the Khalil Roundtree video, which I couldn't help but feel like was maybe, you know, impactful for him in that moment. Uh, but that was a very, very scary fall and a reminder that we shouldn't dog wrestlers. We should respect wrestlers just because it's quote unquote scripted. What they are doing is very dangerous, very serious. And anyone who just like dismisses it because it's quote unquote scripted is an absolute fool. Exhibit A, Big E, you could go down the line to serious. Like it's serious. You need to be an athlete. You need to be well-trained. You need to take it seriously. You need to be smart, scary stuff. Um, Razor Ramon was a legend. His vignettes before he debuted were amazing. I've posted a couple over the last couple of days. They don't do that sort of thing anymore. And like you really believe that this guy was a Cuban from Miami and the way he spoke and just the, you know, like one time he's at a restaurant, one time he's on the beach. It just built the anticipation to his debut. He was such a cool bad guy. I actually asked, asked Chael if he got the bad guy moniker from him. And he said no, but he told me that Scott Hall like had talked to him about it and like loved that he used that. So he never actually, you know, said otherwise. Um, but he was the original bad guy. He was a cool bad guy, the kind of bad guy that you want to root for. The ladder matches were great, the getup was great, the the gimmick was great. He was just the man. And then of course. He jumps over to WCW, and I'll never forget it. It's in the middle of that match. He's wearing the jean um, cutoff jacket, takes the microphone, and he goes, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Where, oh, where is Billionaire Ted? Where, oh, where is the Nacho Man? And where, oh, where is Scheme Gene? Because I got a scoop for him. And the whole premise was the outsiders, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, are coming from New York, from Titan Towers, from Stanford, from WWE, WWF at the time. And they're coming to invade WCW. It was revolutionary stuff. And then he crashes the broadcast. Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan were there. And then there's the buildup. Who's the third man? Who's the third man? Then it's Hulk Hogan. It's the New World Order. It was just amazing. And then I remember when he came back, uh, to WWE, I was there at WrestleMania 18 in Toronto 
Hogan versus Rock. Nash and, and Hall were involved as well. Uh, just an, an absolute incredible talent. And you see the outpouring of love and support that he's received. Too young. You know, the first thing I ever um, did at HBO Sports, I think I've told this story before. I'm sitting in the dub room at HBO Sports. It's 2003, and I'm an intern, and it's probably like my second day there. And the dub room is an area where like they would come in with VHS tapes, beta tapes, and they would watch footage that they would get from different vendors and whatnot. These things probably don't exist. Everything's digital. But I was sitting in this room with the other interns. I'm at a computer. Now, this is like a lifetime ago now. This is 2003. The world is completely different. Technology is different. And they're watching old wrestling footage. Now, I'm at HBO. HBO doesn't air wrestling. Why the hell, in my mind, I'm asking myself, are you watching wrestling? And so I asked the guy who was watching it, and he tells me, oh, he's working on a story about wrestlers. And so I ask, what is it about? And they're doing an investigative story for real sports with Brian Gumble, which is, you know, the creme de la creme when it comes to this stuff, the 60 minutes of sports, um, the gold standard, in my opinion. They're doing a story on why wrestlers die so young. And this is a big thing. Scott Hall being one of many, 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 many throughout the years who have died very young, just 63. And so I said I had some wrestlers' phone numbers. I was doing a show in Syracuse, so I had a few here and there, Bobby Heen and this and that. Um, And they let me be involved in the whole process of putting together this segment. So I got to see it put together from soup to nuts. I got to go to Armin Katayan's house, who was the correspondent, who's a TV legend um, in Connecticut, before we went to Titan Towers to interview Vince McMahon. I didn't interview him. I was just a schlub along for the ride, PA. And uh, that's the infamous interview where um, Vince McMahon hits the papers out of Armin Katayan's hands. I was there. I was in the room when this happened. And I'll never forget, it gets very tense because he's asking him about the wrestler death. I mean, you can see the clip online. It's, it's a crazy sequence. And I'll never forget, he, the interview ends and he leaves and he says, say hello to Phil Mushnick for me. Phil Mushnick is a longtime New York Post columnist who was very anti-WWF slash E. Um, and I guess Vince thought that it was like a hit job. Uh, but it was a crazy thing. There's a, there's a clip in that in that story where it's Roddy Piper saying, you know, I'm just not going to make it to 65. Let's be honest. And he didn't. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a crazy experience. And every time I see another one of these, you know, young wrestlers pass away, uh, I think about that. And it's a horrible thing. The, the lifestyle is so hard. It's so tough on their bodies that uh, eventually it unfortunately um, catches up to them. Nick, what kind of car are you whipping around New York? Uh, I have a GMC Acadia and a Buick Enclave. Why? Because both of them are from the same dealer and they were very nice to me the first time I went there. And uh, I just keep going back. Josiah says, Ariel's the type of guy to use a minivan as an everyday drive, but he still has a supercar he can flex. Nah, I'm not really, I couldn't care less. Could not care less. You want to give me a minivan? Great. I've never cared about cars. I don't really care about cool things like that. If you want to call them cool possessions, not my thing. Hello, Lord Ariel. A Mexicano says, first time asking, but I'll make it quick. Two things. It's my son's sixth birthday tomorrow. Can you wish him a happy birthday? His name is Hudson. Hudson, happy birthday, my friend. Six. It's a massive, massive number. 
Well done on making it to six. I wish you the best. Have a great day and a great, happy, and healthy and successful upcoming year, buddy. And now for my question, how do you feel about Brandon Moreno leaving Entram Gym to go train with Gloria MMA? I mean, I'd like to talk to him about it first, but we've seen this. People lose big fights. Saw it Amanda Nunes. They switched it up. Not the first time, not the last. But I haven't talked to him about the specific reasons. Hi, Ariel. Why does free agency and UFC always lead to the promotion to the organization consolidating its power? We had a potential AEW moment this year. Multiple stars potentially entering the market at the same time. Izzy decided to stay. You have said that Nate and Francis will also stick around. Maybe. Why is preventing these stars to truly assess their value on the open market? We need strong alternatives. Yeah. Again, as I said, when there's options, when there's a threat, and then they say, okay, we're going to pay you what you know you deserve or closer to it. When there isn't, you see what happens. But when push comes to shove, more often than not, they'll make it happen. And by the way, there just aren't a ton of great options. For a Kayla, there's a great option in Bellator. For a Nate Diaz, is it really a better option to go to Bellator? Like, who are you fighting there at the moment? Who's Francis fighting there? Who's Izzy fighting there? So, Matt S. Ariel, hope all is well. Thanks for the great shows. Excuse my potential ignorance here, but I was hoping for some color to better understand the Kayla Harrison situation. It's always great to see fighters get paid. That being said, Kayla's social media following is less than many female UFC fighters and her interviews do average to mediocre numbers. Okay. What is it that makes her command such a high number? Pure dominance? Upside? Potential? Two-time Olympic gold medalist? Most people in the know think she's great. They are right. She is great and will be great. So, And she is someone that you can hang your hat on. She could be the face of your promotion. She could do media. She could get you attention. She has a resume. She has the background. She has the chops. She has the credentials. More importantly, how does PFL expect to profit off of this? Well, that's the big one. They've got a ton of investors. You know, it's a great question. They're not selling a ton of tickets. They've got a lot of sponsors. Women's MMA, with the exception of Ronda, has never been a significant revenue driver. I'm not sure if I agree with that. I mean, there are stars that sell tickets. Rose sell tickets. Joanna sold tickets. Has never been a significant... Okay, they currently do not have a woman to create any buzz. When they do inevitably get the cyborg fight, not 100%, it is either going to cost them another seven-figure deal or uh, they will have to co-promote and profit share with Bellator. Where is the money to be made on a seven-figure contract? For PFL to have a face, to have someone who's going to... How many PFL fighters do we have on the show months before they fight? They just don't have that many stars. She is a star. She's a leader. She's the face of ATT. She is the face of PFL. She is undefeated. She's an Olympic gold medalist. It's important to have those people on your roster. And she is worth it. She is damn good. She is incredible. And she will go down as one of the best, in my opinion. Now, the only thing that will preclude her from going down as one of the best is not having the competition to prove that you are one of the best. Kevin Holland's life would make for an excellent reality TV show. I agree. Which M- which other MMA fighters do you think would make for a great reality TV show? God. Um, Derek Lewis? Um, Izzy, for sure. I think Izzy would be a great one. Mm. Max? Arnold Allen, for sure. Colby, just joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm. 
Valentina the Spy. Tai Tuivasa. Happy birthday to Tai. Ollie, what's up, Ariel? Adelaide Crows versus Fremantle Dockers are playing each other in the opening round of the 2022 AFL season. How many points will Fremantle have to win by for your allegiance to be changed? None. It's Adelaide till I die. We fly as one. Question. Who do you think was one of the best up-and-coming UFC fighters of all time that couldn't convert talented to wins and eventually got cut? Wow. Are you a sushi fan? Massive. I love sushi. In fact, when I was talking to Kevin Holland, I kept thinking of sushi and how I really want to have some. Um, man, couldn't convert talents into wins and eventually got cut. What about, uh, well, Roger Huerta didn't get cut, but the, he had, I mean, high aspirations. There were high hopes for him. So that would be a good one. Oh, uh, Matmo says Olivier Aubin-Mercier. That's a good one. That's a great one. I'm sure there are others that come to mind. Adrian, dear Ariel, greetings from London, Ontario, Canada. You may recall recording a Valentine's Day cameo for my girlfriend who begrudgingly watched the MMA hours since the exceptional quality of the cameo. She has had no choice but to be less begrudging about it. Wow, thank you for that. In return for that cameo for my birthday yesterday, she has gifted me a one-year subscription to Helwani Knows. Your cameo is therefore quite literally the gift that keeps on giving. Wow. In the spirit of gift giving, my first ever question is, what is the most memorable birthday gift you have ever received and what made it so memorable. Wow. Uh, that is a tough one. I'll tell you one of my um, favorite birthdays was my 33rd birthday. I woke up and I went to JFK airport to go cover UFC 189. It was Connor versus Chad Mendez. And I was excited to turn 33 because Patrick Ewing is my favorite athlete of all time. And I really wanted to be the age of his Jersey. It's a big deal for me. This was my golden birthday. And I'm sitting in JFK at the terminal waiting for my flight to Las Vegas. And all of a sudden, from afar, I see the number one pick of the New York Knicks from the 2015 NBA draft, the pride of Latvia, Kristaps Porzingis. Now, at the time, everyone thought Kristaps was going to be a bust. Stephen A. Smith said they were bamboozled, blah, 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 blah. And I went up to him and I said, Kristaps, don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to Stephen A. You're going to make it. You're going to be a star. And I really thought that was the sign that he was going to be the one to bring us a championship. In fact, I sat in front of him on the plane. He was going out to his first summer league as a Nick, as a rookie. He had just been drafted like, I don't know, 16 days prior. Um, and then I got there and we did a bunch of stuff for UFC Tonight, Media Day. And then I met up with one of my good friends, John Beer. And we went to In-N-Out Burger and Giannis... And his brother, Thanasis, Antetokounmpo, the Antetokounmpo brothers, were in line at In-N-Out. I have a picture with them. Uh, and no one recognized them. I took a picture with them. That was super cool. I don't know. It was just a great, memorable day, like meeting all these NBA guys. You're there for a Connor fight. So that was one of my favorite birthdays. Um, that wasn't a, um, a present, per se, but it just kind of comes to mind. I was thinking what I wanted to do for my... I'm not a big birthday guy. I don't like birthday... I, let me take it back. I don't like to make a big deal out of birthdays. Um, I just like to be thankful, be around friends, family, and then kind of keep it moving. So I'm not a big present guy, birthday guy. I'm sure I got good presents along the way, some nice clothes, whatever, but nothing that really comes to mind. But that 33rd one was a really great one. So 
Uh, Arash, hey Ariel, just wanted to ask you if you had any updates on the flyweight title picture. Um, are they waiting it out for Askarov and KKF? And is that a contender fight? I think they'll go with the fourth. Nico, ça va Ariel? Every sport has its own GOAT debate. When asked about what constitute the greatest in his sport, chess great Gary Kasparov once identified longevity at the top, level of dominance over peers, and peak performance reach as the main factors. As the greatest in your domain, you're as qualified as anyone to comment on this. In your opinion, and of the sports you follow, which GOAT has the best case and why? Hmm. I mean, I think MJ is the GOAT of basketball. Undefeated in the finals revolutionized the game, tremendous leader. Like, I don't think that there's a clear-cut GOAT in football. I think some would say Brady, but there's so many different positions. Like, Brady has never played defense. Brady has never kicked. So I don't know if you could call him the GOAT. He might be the best quarterback, but is he the greatest football player of all time? I don't think so. Hockey. Wayne Gretzky, in my opinion, is the greatest hockey player of all time, but he never played goalie. So can you definitively say that he is the greatest hockey player of all time? I mean, greatest player, but goalie? No, never played it. Baseball, who's the baseball goat? I mean, you can have the greatest pitcher. You could say, oh, it's uh, Sandy Koufax. Oh, it's, uh, I don't know, uh, Walter Johnson. Oh, it's Roger Clemens. But those guys were pitchers. Batters? Oh, it's uh, Henry Aaron. It's Willie Mays. It's Mickey Mantle. It's, uh, you know, pick a guy, Barry Bonds. Um, Babe Ruth yeah okay well Babe did both but you get the point um, Shohei Otani not yet Vladdy Jr. no um, basketball why I think that MJ is the goat of goats is because he does everything and that's just the structure of the game so it makes it easier but he plays defense he plays offense there's no position that he doesn't play. Now, can you, can you be super specific and say well he doesn't play center and he's like, yeah fine but it's all the same it's not as distinct. So that's why I feel like, I actually, you know what? I'm going to pat myself on the back. I actually think that's the best explanation as to why MJ is the goat of goats. The best explanation I've ever heard right here and now. Clip it off. Send it to first take. You're welcome. Um, what are some of your most memorable MMA hour moments from Alex Weber that you would recommend someone going back to watch? Maybe besides the obvious ones. Connor debut, Blueberries, Lucky Patrick. Also, can we please get Ray Long on the show? Makes sense leading into Aljo's fight at 273. Well, Lewis chimes in. Episode 333 was a crazy one, yes. Just go look it up if you'd like. New York Rick's Ronda comeback fighter one, yes. Rampage Gagnum style, yes. Overeem's birthday iPad chasing, yes. Anything Dom Cruz from 2016, yes. Bisping 2. GSP women dinosaurs violence of the octagon, yes. GSP in studio after he beat... um, GSP in studio after he beat Bisping was great. Habib in studio the Monday... Um, before 223, great. Uh, I Quinta, that following Monday after that whole crazy weekend was great. I mean, there's just been so many. Man, there's been so many. Uh, those early Connor ones were great. The Rampage ones were great. I mean, that's a good list right there. Tyson Fury, great. Hello, Ariel, longtime listener, first time subscriber. I was wondering, are you going to do an interview with? Roberto Soldich and Alexander Rakic, two top MMA fighters from the Balkans. Greetings from the country of Montenegro. Greetings. Uh, yes, we've had Rakic before, and Soldich is a great fighter who might be a uh, highly sought-after free agent, so stay tuned. 
Sweaty Spaghetti. Good day, Ariel. I'm very slow today. I'm sorry. Uh, over the last few days, we heard the story of a truly inspirational Khalil Roundtree Jr., while also... Uh, once again, having the dark side of MMA rear its ugly head through the vile comments made by Sean Strickland. In my opinion, he unequivocally crossed the line. Do you agree? And if so, what is an appropriate punishment by the UFC? I don't know, man. Clearly, they don't care. Clearly, he don't care. I just say, ignore it. And like, what are you going to... I mean, why? It's unnecessary. I don't It's like... I say something here and like, you're a soy boy, you're soft, you're this, you're that. Guys, like, can we act as human beings? Can we be respectful? Can we be kind-hearted? This, this venom, this, this mean-spiritedness, these insults, like, it's, it's gross. It doesn't make me proud to be a part of MMA, to be an MMA fan, and especially when you see them go gaga over stupid things and then just let this type of rhetoric slide by. Shame. It's a shame. Benji, Ariel, first here, and what a pleasure. Golly, I love the mixture of international fighters you have on, but it does seem like you have a secret soft spot for our UK guys and gals. I mean, I do like, I mean, I like everyone. I've been accused of less, I suppose. Not many foreigners understand our humor, but you get it. Yeah, I do. Part of the Commonwealth. Would you say, who would you say is the funniest UK fighter you've come across? Arnold Allen, for sure. Hello, gents. If there's one MMA heel you could turn into a babyface and vice versa, who would they be? Wow. Till turning heel on Hamza would be, I mean, that double turn right there. Till Hamza's a bit of a face, but like you know, he has some heel qualities. That that would be like WrestleMania 13, Austin Bret Hart esque. Um, so that would be a cool one. Matmo says Colby, that would be a crazy one. Matt, imagine like Colby like rips open his shirt and he's wearing a Bernie Sanders for president shirt. That would be pretty wild. Brandon Moreno, nicest guy in the sport. Imagine someone like Molly turned heel. I feel like Patty's like teetering on face heel he could, he could easily go you know to the dark side Steve hey Ariel random question but who do you think has had the most unexpected fall from grace after losing the title or losing their title fight some I think of are Cody Garbrandt that's what I was going to say uh, Marlon Moraes didn't win the title but title fight yeah Hendrix definitely all while competing for the belt they looked amazing Rockhold too right he had the win and Fell off. Um, but yeah, Cody is up there, as is Hendrix. Nico Montano. Zach Payne. Good morning, Ariel. Don't get me wrong. I understand the appeal of why Francis would love to box Tyson Fury. That is a very big money fight. But what happens after that? Well, after that, he can go back to the UFC. He can... But yes, you're right. It is a one-off. I mean, don't forget, he's getting up there in age. I mean, after he fights Tyson Fury, what does he do? Does he just dip and stop fighting? Potentially. I mean, he's in his mid-30s. Get that big payday. By the way, one of those payday could equal to like 10 fights. Don't forget about that. Hannon Burrell, good one from Casey. Did fall off. Although he had a couple of interim title fights, but yes. Uh, I don't see him wanting to fight. No. Listen, he could get one fight against Tyson for $10 million. That's equal to 10 of his fights. This week's handicap hot take for you. Patty Pimlet is highly, heavily overrated and will never be a top 10 fighter. Some might say that's not a hot take. Liam, 
Ariel, the reply from last week about your time at Cuse and experiences with the anxiety got me so fired up. Couldn't believe you addressed me. It was the coolest thing ever. No question from me. Just wanted to say you're the GOAT, bro, and I genuinely look at you as a good friend. Your pal, Liam. Respect, Liam. Bulldog, it's yourself, Helwani. What was the weirdest part of transitioning from your teen years to adulthood? For me, it's the age-old question of when is it too old to still be at the kids' table? God. Um... I mean, my early 20s were a very, very difficult time. That's when I went to Syracuse. I was highly depressed, highly lonely. Uh, I would sit in my room and just watch wrestling all day. Uh, I was just a loner. I mean, I was just counting. I was literally counting down the days till I could leave. And I remember seeing a quote, don't count the days, make the day, days count. And it sort of started to like open up. But like I just... I remember, I, I would think of May of 2004, May of 2004, like it's ingrained in my brain because I just wanted to leave. I was just so unhappy there. Uh, when they won the national championship in 2003, like I was like, ugh, I don't even want to celebrate. I don't want anyone to be happy here. It was a tough time, not going to lie. Um, and then I went home after graduating, broke my ankle two days later and was on crutches and had to go through a ton of physical therapy, but I moved to New York instead of going to Greece for the Olympics, working for NBC. I've told the story before, met my wife, so everything worked out. But those early, like 20, 21, 22-ish, weird times. I'm way happier now as an almost 40-year-old than I was as a early 20-year-old because you're just more secure, you're more confident, things are more set, you've got a family, you've got, you know, there's a ton that I want to do, but you can look back and be proud. Uh, it's just a lot of uncertainty. Okay, just a couple more here. Who do you think would win at a battle royal of all the MMA Hour employees? Wow. Okay, so we've got Frank, GC, Corporate Alex, Joe, Bitcoin Joe, Crypto Joe, I think that's the name, Yoon, New York Rick. Those are you know the main ones. Who do you guys think? Battle Royal, all the MMA Hour employees. Pretty sure Al Shadi's on top. Well, he's not an MMA Hour guy. I mean, he uh, helps me every night. All right, fine. Shout out. Wow. Seems like you're trying to mend the fences from your prediction earlier. No, I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to stay at $10 or if we're moving it up now. Wow. If we're going with those people, I'll take Casey. I'll double down. Yeah, I mean, he's not full-time MMA hour. I think they were going full-time MMA hour. Oh, than myself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carmine. Hey, Ariel, with Eagle FC instituting a super lightweight division, do you think other promotions will follow? I hope so, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. Newman. Hello, Newman. Joe says Casey, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, your new favorite rapper, Benny the Butcher, dropped a new album on Friday. Have you heard it yet? It's incredible. I haven't. Frank, have you? No, I haven't, but that's good news. In your Two Cent Tuesday, you revealed that you spoke with Hamzat. Yes, last week, Darren Till and Hamzat called me on the phone, on FaceTime. We spoke. He unblocked me on, on Twitter. He may or may not have revealed that it wasn't him who blocked me, that it might have been someone else. I'll give you one guess as to who that might be. One day he'll be on the show, but... So far, no dice. Good morning or good afternoon, Mr. Alwani. 
do you think MMA can continue to remain immune to this? He's talking about the political conversations. I mean, I don't think we're immune to it, but they do a good job of dodging things in MMA. Other sports, they seem to try to treat these things head on. I mean, just look, someone sent me a tweet two years ago today. Dana said, Habib Ferguson will unequivocally absolutely happen. We are going to go somewhere. You remember, like everyone kind of stood down, controversial or not, whatever. This sport, we, we, we tackle these things head on. Controversial or not. Salut de Montréal. What's your relationship like with BT Sport guys? Catterall, Pete, Sanko, Bisping, Hardy. Um, great. I like them all. Why don't you cover MMA for them? Mm. Well, I cover MMA for a lot of other people, and I like the fact that the wrestling is my spot for them. So we'll save that for the book. How about that? No, it's fine. There's nothing. I'm, uh, everything is nice, neat. It's perfect. Uh, also, my wife says you have a soothing voice. Thank you to your wife. Also, I don't think Sanko works for BT. Uh, okay, what are we at? 35? Golly. Is RDA the most underrated fighter in the fans' eyes? Uh, I don't know about right now, but, you know, maybe most underappreciated. Uh, my man, Afternoon Ariel Lewis, keeping it free and real this week, I want to ask about the famous Hawani wardrobe. How many shirts deep is it at this point? Golly, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it might be over 40. Do you have favorite shirts or any that bring about memories? Yeah, this one. I love this one. I've worn this a bunch. Um, there's definitely a few, a lot of plaid. But yes, there are definitely ones that I'll be like, oh, I wore this. for. I remember the one I wore for the first MAR, the last MAR, ESPN, all that. You plan your show attire for the week? No. Just go in the room. Oh, I haven't worn that in a while. Who's ironing the shirts? Always crisp. Not really, to be honest. Uh, I actually think that they can uh, be crisper. But, uh, you know, you send them to True, True Story. I don't know how to iron. I'm not good at it. Maybe I could get away with it, but I'm not good at it. Dry cleaner. Damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the white fans. Obviously, you've interviewed every person on earth at this point, but still no one is perfect. What do you think are your biggest weaknesses, flaws as an interviewer? And how do you go about trying to improve? Wow, that is a great one. Um... I hate when I ask multiple questions in a question. Hate that. Um, can always ask better follow-ups, can always listen better. But the multiple questions in a question is a, uh, is a pet peeve. Um, hate um. What's up, Thug Nose? Any updates on Darren Till? Not yet. Happy National Artichokes Heart Day. Artichoke Hearts Day. Seriously, I believe you. What's the best way to get more people interested in MMA who aren't already? Show them some fights, but most importantly, show them the characters. Show them the personalities. I've always realized that, you know, when someone gets emotionally invested in the characters, it goes a long way. It really does. This is a great story. Back in 2008, me and my friends got into a fight with Andre Petrovsky at a Springfield party, his hometown, because he hooked up with my buddy's skeezer girlfriend. He was known as a scary guy back then um, with his wrestling credentials, but none of us knew 
him because we were out of town. Anyway, all hell broke loose and we actually got the best of him. However, I believe he was holding back. LOL. Anyway, it's great to see his success in the UFC. I was wondering if maybe next time he was on your show, you could ask him if he remembers what his version of this story was. Also, who's your pick for him and Maximov and who is the favorite? I don't know who the favorite is, but that's a freaking great story. And I would love to ask him about it. It seems he knows, always knows, sometimes even before the fighters. How many calls do you make in a week to get information and fact check stuff? You know, believe it or not, lately, I'm not really chasing the nuggets as much as I was. Um, it's just not really a fun game because they're so afraid. Like the, I've never understood this. Why are the managers, why are the fighters so afraid to talk about information that is about themselves? It's about you. It's about your life. There is no fight if you're not partaking in it. But the UFC puts the fear of God in them so that they could send a tweet, if they even send the tweet about the fight. It's like, yo, don't even tell me. Go out there and pump it up yourself. So you kind of have to like, like stop short of sacrificing your firstborn child to get this information. I just stopped caring. Now things fall in the lap. You hear about things. You investigate. But it's definitely not the amount of phone calls that I was putting in back in the day because I just don't get the uh, – honestly, don't have the time. Don't have the effort. They're so, they, they used to, I mean, when I was at ESPN, not to drum this stuff up all again, but like they would tell, they would specifically tell the managers, if you tell Ariel this, we are going to cancel this fight. Like, can you think about how crazy that is? How crazy? And they would say, we are telling so-and-so reporter, so you better not tell Helwani. Can you think about how nuts that sounds? I mean, like, what, what are we doing here? What is going on? By the way, I'm working for the broadcast partner. Like, this is, this is what I mean when I say the pettiness knows no bounds. So I don't really care. And the funny thing was, I never cared. That was the best part about the whole, like, witch hunt to try to find out who the mole was in 2016. There wasn't a mole, and they were going crazy over it, and I was just sitting back and just doing my job and calling people and being like, what, you guys are freaking out over this? That's weird. No mole never was a mole. Uh, greetings. Can I ask how a day in the life of Hilwani looks like on a day-to-day basis? Seems like you're so in tune to every sport, along with watching TV series, writing articles, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Um, what book are you currently reading? Thanks, and have a prosperous rest of the week. Thank you. Uh, I'm reading Charles Oakley's book, and uh, I'm reading Stephen Brunt's book on the Gretzky trade. The name is escaping me right now, but those are the two books that I'm reading at the moment. Um, every day is different, but every day is the same in terms of like my Mondays are very similar to every Monday, Tuesday is the same. Like there's a routine, um, try to exercise every day, try to eat well, but like every Wednesday is the same. Do the show, this, that, every Monday is the same, every Thursday is the same. So routine is a big thing for me. I like routine. Okay, man, there's so many questions here. This sucks. I can't get to all of them. Uh, do you think Conor and Khabib gets as big as it did without the Dolly incident? Probably, but it certainly helped. GC, what's the most money you've ever bet on a game? Oh, gosh. Hundreds. I've, I've never broken the thousand mark on a game. Never? No, In terms I mean, of what you bet or what you want? No, I've won thousands before on like futures and parlays. But like actually the bet that I place, I've never never gone over a thousand. I'm only twenty eight. I don't I don't have that much yeah. financial freedom to bet thousands. Right. Um man, just so many. 
Do they call Canadian bacon bacon in Canada? I think so. Man, who was that one from? Oh, was that him? Oh, Mysterious Frank. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Wait, did you write this before the show or after the show? Before the show. That's weird. Yeah, but you didn't answer it. Like, do you guys are just like, hey, I want a pizza with some bacon on it? I think you, yeah, I think that's what you say. By the way, that's so crazy that I just skipped through a bunch and landed on that question. Is it crazy? <laughs> uh, Brian Campbell of Morning Combat often talks about his men's league basketball skills. My question is, if you were to take a member of the MMR to partner with to play two-on-two against Luke and BC, are you taking GC New York Rick or Frank Mysterio? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that, Frank Mysterio. Um, GC, how are your basketball skills? I mean, you're tall, you're, you're rangy, you're yeah, long. Yeah, my whole life. Hoop my whole life. It would be a terrible mistake for you to take anyone else. Really? Okay, because I've played with Rick. Not bad. But I feel like you're younger, you're taller, you're rangier. What, I could what, dunk at one point in my life. Okay, I mean, it's over. I think we would whoop their ass if you ask me. Uh, do you think we'll get the opportunity to see Patty's walkout? We better. I mean, what a freaking disaster. What a promotional malpractice that would be. Any word on what's next for Dominic Cruz? Not yet. Cookies, chocolate chip or white chocolate? Definitely chocolate chip. No doubt about it. Um, and last one, last, last one. Is Sean Strickland's persona too much? Is it a persona or is it real? I don't know. But it's not very fun at the moment. Okay, let's get to 50. Hey, Ariel, any shot Diaz Poirier will main event? There's a shot, but I'm hearing maybe not uh, co-main. But sure, there's a shot. Um, but as of now, I'm hearing not. Uh, why did it take the UFC lo so long to go outside of the U.S. when Bellator has had multiple shows? No idea. Do you think the MMA media never brought it up because Dana to Dana because they were scared to get blacklisted? Nah. Apex, baby. Make a lot of money there comfortable it's awesome hey Ariel I was doing some looking around on Wikipedia and found out that you're five days older than me shout out how does it feel to be turning 40 soon pretty good do you have any plans to celebrate or is age just a number to you eh, a little bit of both I would like to go on a trip maybe go to like a Blue Jays game in Toronto I was thinking of that or a Bills game I've never been to a Bills game maybe go to Cooperstown with my kids maybe just something fun like that but I, I don't like big parties I don't like people coming over I don't like big dinners I'm not a fan of that stuff I'm thankful to be alive healthy and uh, I just want to, 40, you know, it's a nice number, but I don't want to make too big of a deal about it. Think of that movie, This Is 40. Um, that was depressing. Okay, last one. Jesse Q here once again. I have a very excited young Danny Q here as well. We will be shortly traveling to Dallas to take in the sights and be in attendance for WrestleMania. Hope we get a photo op. I'll be there. Two questions this week. Who you got, Brock or the New York ripoff, the New York Rick ripoff, Roman, wow, what a compliment to New York Rick. Uh, I think Roman wins. Does Cody return? Yes. Question is, there or before? At this point, I feel like it's going to be there because I feel like we're like wasting time, right? Or maybe before for the pay. Uh, I'm going to say there. But yes, he is coming back. That's what I believe. All right, we are done. Thank you all for the questions. I'm sorry I didn't get to everyone. I love you all. Need to, I mean, we went an hour here. What more do you want from me? But uh, please keep sending them and I will do my best to get to as many as possible. We're out of time. Frank, you can hit the music. Big weekend coming up. 
Celtic Gladiator 31, UFC London, KSW, PFL Challengers. All this. Really enjoyed today's program. Great characters on today's show. Some uh, heartwarming characters. I just, uh, I, I love doing the show. Wednesdays are fun. Wednesdays are fun. Let's see if anyone has bothered me. Wow. Oh. Can I report this? Okay, I mean, not the best way to end the show, but I got a text. See, as I was saying, things just, people want to tell me things. It just happens to fall into my lap. How beautiful is that? It's good to be the king. Because remember, if I told you once, I've told you a thousand times. All hail El Nariz. Thank you very much to all our guests. Thank you to Casey. Good luck to him. Give him hell. Wow, did you see that? My pencil just flew. Give him hell, Casey. You ain't seen nothing yet. Bump, bump, baby. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Good luck to him on Saturday in his MMA debut. Thank you very much to Molly McCann. Good luck to her as well. Thank you to Matt Brown. Good luck next week. Thank you to DJ. Good luck to him next week. Thank you to Kevin Holland. You're a hero. And thank you to Ilya Taporia. Good luck next Saturday, this Saturday as well. Thanks to the team. Thanks to the crew. Thanks to all of you. Back on Monday. Stay tight, boys. Stay Peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.